Some of the some of the elves have been uh, have been talking and uh, <laughs> they they're concerned. They're not, concerned. Not me. Some elves. Our, uh, yeah, our friend I mean, Tony. You've been saying some pretty crazy things about like how many presents you're Shana, gonna deliver. Shanna, Shanna, I think what we have is a failure to show appreciation. Hello and welcome to the 250, ladies and gentlemen. It is our unexpected impromptu, this just in, Christmas episode, covering Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, that most festive of movies. How perfect is it? It absolutely is, because we're we're in very high spirits, it turns out. We're also in spirits. Yes, that is what I was saying. Um, But yes, so uh, joining us for this discussion, uh, I'm your host, Darren Mooney. As ever, my co-host, Andrew Quinn, is here. Ho, ho, ho. And we've got a wonderful panel assembled for you. We've got Scan On Reviewer. We've got 250 Guest, Phil Bagnell. How are you, Phil? And we've also got uh, Scan On Podcast host, um, Sin Aaron Journalist, Scan On Reviewer, Jay Coyle. How are you, Jay? Good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, great. He don't do impressions. What do you got? What do you got? We also have James here. Um, And his son. James son. James and his son. James and his son is doing great sterling work on it. If we start rambling, folks, you know why. Uh, But yes, so this is going to be our Christmas episode going out the week before Christmas. We are, of course, discussing Martin Scorsese's three and a half hour, $170 million gangster epic, The Irishman. Never heard of it. Adapted from I Hear You Paint Houses, which is the semi-biographical slash complete historical fiction story of Frank Sheeran, the mobster who claims to have been involved in all of the major criminal enterprises of the second half of the 20th century. This is a film which has a very storied, very long, very interesting development yeah, history. finally Scorsese gets to make a gangster movie. <laughs> I, I've been watching Scorsese movies and it's I've been just watching... just stuck in uh, development hell where it's like always the kind of movie that he wanted to make and people were like, I wonder what a Scorsese... Did you go back to the rom-coms for some people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't see this developing at yeah. all. There's no angle here. Yeah. It's like, go back and make those movies Nobody about Jesuits and seven. Scorsese gangster gangster movie (laughs) and it's like finally we get to see him work with De Niro because I've been watching De Niro movies and Scorsese movies and I've been thinking those are two great tastes they should get together yeah they should really should why 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 have you never had De Niro and Joe Pesci yeah Yeah. this is Joe Pesci I haven't seen him on screen before he's a real great singer great (laughs) (laughs) listen to LaGuardia Gambini he sings just for you Um, but yes Joe Pesci I like to rap I write rap so well. Hello, rap. This is me, Joe. Sorry. Uh, I have a terrible rap taking career. Away the Jemison bottle <laughs> from, from Andrew. Well, my uh, name is Joe Pesci, and I'm here to say. <laughs> but please don't say it. Whatever no. it is. And we would have gotten away I'd with say, it too if it wasn't I'd say for that that really was kids. Joe Pesci. Half of that would have to be bleeped. He had some like terrible uh, wise guy themed rap. No, well, he, did, he had. Yeah. He, I don't know if he had a song, but he had an album which was Vincent Gambini sings for you. Isn't yeah, that it? Exactly. Uh, which is modeled on his character from My Cousin Vinny. 
um, and sung in character at least some of the album, I believe. Oh, yeah, 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 well, the yeah, thing about yeah, Pesci yeah. is, and again, we're probably going to talk about it in a bit more depth. Pesci Did never wants to be an actor. Some people. He's no. a he's he's a very much a reluctant actor. Yes, uh, he's reluctant to everything. I yeah, think. He's, he and I he was he, forced into it by his parents, I believe. His parents wanted him to become an actor, bastard. which is like a really odd really star odd. story. It's very odd that you it's have like, a celebrity going. My parents really wanted me to be an actor. If you ever want, I was like, I want to be a lawyer, mom, and they're like, there's no future in that. If you ever want proof of Pesci's reluctance, have you ever seen his Oscar acceptance speech? Yeah, two words or something. It was like, thank you. He said he, he stepped up and said, "It's an honor and a privilege. Thank you." And off. walked That's off. It. That's it. And I mean, we'll be probably be talking he, about. He wanted to be a basketball player, but his parents <laughs> for some reason. He wanted to be a. Singer. He actually had the. He was a college roommate of uh, Michael Jordan's. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> How history might have oh, been different. Oh, what a world we could have had. That uh, twins remake we never got. Um, but more, more, more seriously though, um, obviously the Irishman is a big deal. It's been something that's kind of been lurking in the background. Um, it began with Robert De Niro reading the book. I hear you paint houses and thinking it would be a great idea to develop. Pesci he took read it to Scorsese, it as well. like in uh, independently, I think. Um, but Pesci, the issue with Pesci was Pesci had to be convinced to do it because uh, obviously he had been in retirement in inverted commas, but not this type of Steven Soderbergh retirement where you actually do more work yeah. than you were when you were active. The actual retirement, where it's like, like Gene Hackman did, yeah, right? actual retirement yeah. and got about your life. Yeah, and you occasionally pop up in kind of films as favors for friends or whatever. You might pop up in like The Good La- Shepherd. And that stuff was like the that. last thing I was going to say. The Good Shepherd, which, which is, is a De Niro's. very underrated. Oh, it is very underrated. Really like directed it. by Robert De Niro. And very old, old school, old style yeah. Hollywood. Mm. Daniel Day Lewis's retirements are like kind of shares. Like, <laughs> like she does a farewell tour like every couple of years. <laughs> a new album coming out, a new yeah. Daniel Day Lewis album coming out. But in terms, catch of- this Daniel Day Lewis movie. It might be the last one he ever makes. Um, but again, and it is it is kind of worth talking about in that sense because there's a very funeral atmosphere about the Irishman this is a film which took a long while to get made it was originally going to be made at Paramount um, Paramount obviously having worked with Scorsese on say films like The Wolf of Wall Street mm-hmm. which was a fortune on that's exactly on the highest grossing Scorsese film I think to that point unadjusted for inflation the wonderful thing about The Wolf of Wall Street is that it arrived at a point in the early 2010s which I'm already nostalgic for where Christmas was marked by the release of a really graphic or rated bizarre movie that my entire family would decamp to so we'd all go and see Django Unchained for Christmas or we all go see Wolf of Wall Street for Christmas and then you know Disney bought Star Wars and it ended up we end up going to see Star Wars for Christmas that was a slightly different experience um but like obviously Wolf of Wall Street had made a lot of money for Paramount they were in the Scorsese game the DiCaprio where oh, you would go uh, I like it a lot um, I am shocked that you did not say that <laughs> I was outfoxed by you um, but yeah so we have um, I didn't leave that one to jangoing but anyway the, the thing is that um, Paramount obviously initially curious about this but what happened in the meantime is two things first of all they fund they, they bankrolled Silence Ooh. which did not perform it didn't cost like blockbuster but blockbuster it didn't make but it didn't make any money I mean but they, you only have to look at the script he must have understood that this that was yeah. the one for him <laughs> yeah. yeah of course it wasn't of the set the days that used to the days when he could do that have disappeared no, there's no such thing as a film for you anymore in that sense I don't yeah. think mm. it, everything has to be a film at yeah. best it's a film for both of us yeah. that's it exactly but we're gonna get like because the the other issue that happened is Paramount and I love this this is what I absolutely love because it's the monster truck argument. It's the <laughs> moment at which Paramount kind of bankrolled or greenlit an $80 million movie about monsters that were also trucks based on the fact that a senior executive's eight-year-old son 
thought that it would make a good movie and it bombed. And who, it beca- who saw turns, that coming? Turns out the whole thing existed in the mind of an eight-year-old child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, that led to a clearing of the house at Paramount, a changing of the guard, and obviously knocked Martin Scorsese's kind of movie off the slate. Mm-hmm. It went round. Um, he took it to kind of auction. Um, at that All time, the new guys were like, Martin, who? <laughs> <laughs> who, who is this Scorsese kid? Uh, but we had this sort of like, he obviously took it round to auction. At that point, its budget was rejected to be $110 million, which was quite extravagant for for what it is which is a kind of a character study gangster film starring Robert De Niro and sort of like it's 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 a CGI oh we're gonna get to that we're not <laughs> oh, there yes, we're, we are. we're not there yet that, like 110 million was before the de-aging technology kicked in um Netflix bought it for 110 million dollars right by the time it was released it had cost 173 million dollars as far which as which is more that, this number is bigger than this number. It's, it's worth noting that it existed as part of like Netflix's interesting slate where every time that they... Obviously, Netflix have not had huge quarterly growth in the past couple of quarters, and so they've grown increasingly anxious. They've taken on... I think they have $13 billion in debt at the moment. Um, and they Isn't keep, the whole point... It's right? going great, right? <laughs> yeah. They're not meant to make money. They're just meant to grow. Yeah. So when they stop growing... Then they're in trouble. It's been cash flow negative for the past five years. They spend $15 billion on content in the past year. How? Um, Can they its monthly content budget is $1.4 billion, apparently. And half a billion dollars was spent on the combination of three movies. And I'm going to hit you with these three movies. One of them is The Irishman, which we talked about already. The other one just got released on Netflix as we're recording this. It's Six Underground. What? (laughs) (laughs) I love love the feels like Netflix spent half a billion dollars on Marriage Story. I can dream. (laughs) Noah Baumbach. It's like it's Scarjo. After seeing Mary's story, I think Six on the Ground might be the better film. I want, I want an, in, an intimate family drama, but set on Mars. Yeah. <laughs> hey, drama directed by Michael Bay. Hey, <laughs> I watched Ad Astra. I got that movie. I, I love the idea that Baumbach is now doing press explaining why he took out the three hundred million dollar robot from the film. He found they just didn't work in the final cut. Um, um but so, yeah, yeah. As we speak, Six Underground has just been released. Um. I'm amazed Michael Bay actually allowed himself to be downsized to like a laptop screen or a cell phone. Well, and and also then the other one is Red Notice, which is another Ryan Reynolds. What? Have you not heard about Red Notice? Dwayne Johnson. um... Oh, this one. Yes. Sounds awful. It does. Is this Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Fairness, like the the thing about the whole Scorsese, like the price surging on the Irishman. Netflix have spent an awful lot of money on almost... In the, at inception stage, terrible films. Mm, like, yeah. like 100 million on Bright, for example. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're... They spent like, to give Scorsese money, at least they're getting a product at the end that might have some sort of prestige or might end up, you know, will be good. bringing people in. And, yeah. and, might and it's going to get good. awards. Like, yeah. Things yeah. like that. And prestige and... Well, I mean, like, this is the Netflix the criteria sort of released down like, the route. Or this is the companion piece to Roma last year where we had a similar Ooh. sort of investment. And Except I know this guys, is good. Yes. Whoa, okay. No, to be fair, guys. Look, just, just to lay it down, Jay, Jay does not like Roma, and I'm not. Well, I'm not far behind. No. I don't like it. <laughs> Very beautiful, though, but yeah, it is pretty, absolutely... but shallow. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, really? but I understand the, the thinking behind but the, it. And the logic yeah, is the same thing. And then it's like that old school idea of studios where you get talented 
able directors in and you bankroll their projects so yeah. they've had Roma they had the Laundromat and High Flying Bird for Soderbergh they've had this for Scorsese and even I mean, the even Bambach like the Meyerowitz yeah. stories and yeah. Like, or I, the King even if you want to go to the Stanley Day yeah. show but, <laughs> but, I mean, but I mean like, but like it's big no. names yeah. big name casts all that kind yeah. of yeah. the two popes yeah that that sort of stuff as well oh, yeah. but no I, I know I know, I know but, I know, the, I know. but listen, in fairness to Netflix like all studios no no studio is batting 100% when they're bankrolling films regardless like it's yeah. not as if God Netflix have bad films it's this no. new revelation like yeah. all studios release great films every year like, yeah. I mean God bless them for taking the chance yeah. Yeah. studios are for like old rich people to uh, spend like spend Launder. their money so yeah. this is for what young this rich people this is for like venture capitalists <laughs> I guess yeah. so greedy rich people but I mean, it, it is worth noting. And again, this is one of the things where I wonder how long this bubble can be maintained, but I don't really care. Because um, it means that I get this movie it's, at the end of it. Because sure. yeah, you don't have any skin in the game. That's it, exactly. You have everything in the upside yeah. and no, no, none in the downside. That's you've, exactly. got Scorsese, you've got De Niro back with Scorsese. You've got Pacino been directed by Scorsese. We're not going to argue. Yeah. Isn't uh, Scorsese's next film being done with a conventional you, studio Universal it's, or Paramount or something I d- probably I d- Paramount I think it's probably Paramount but uh, it, it is a conventional studio I'm guessing, with, it, I'm with, guessing it costs a lot with costs. DiCaprio and, Scar- and De Niro oh maybe not uh, it's is, a serial killer the, film I was uh, going to say is this the, the White City yeah the White City White City one, yeah. Dark Heart or something yeah, that's the devil set. story the H.H. H. Holmes one Ooh, I'm on. Uh, that's oh, been yeah, rumored forever. So but um, no, that's it's starting. To, like uh, they're they've scouted and everything. It's yeah. starting spring next year. Film. Brilliant, so. bring it. And it'll be great to see the two of them together in a Scorsese film, which is interesting because I mean we'll probably talk about this when we talk about like the use of CGI in the film and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Because you could almost argue this would have been the movie to do your Scorsese with DiCaprio and then De Niro. Well, I have an interesting thing on that actually because mm. well, but when we get into oh. it, if you want. Um, Ooh. You skirt around it for well, a yeah, while. Well, while so can't wait. So just in terms of the film's success, though, and this is kind of interesting, is that like Roma, um, it received an exclusive theatrical window, in inverted commas, yes. where it was in cinemas for four weeks. A couple weeks. of weeks. It was four weeks. And this is the, I overlapped with the Netflix release as well, I think. Didn't yeah. that in a couple of cinemas? Um, the IFI had it post-20 seconds. The, the IFI yeah. did. And like, and again, the this, might have as well. And I, I know that you know we sort of we frown on the idea of, oh, look, a popular auteur film is selling out in an art house cinema. I found it very hard I love that I, I actually don't ever okay. give I, I, I'm delighted to see that people are still keen to see these kind of works in a theatrical like I would go to the Lighthouse Assembly regularly shocking news on this podcast about film um, but every time I go there for the first couple of weeks it was open there'd be a sign up on there saying the 6.30 yes. film is, is the Irishman is sold out we my went fa- to see the Irishman there yeah. uh, my favourite we, we couldn't get a seat the uh-huh. first, the opening weekend, you and Phil and I tried to go. We're getting sorry. Sat on the floor. Um, like, on, on the like aisle. Three and a half hours. <laughs> what happened is you had booked a seat, but someone else was sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, oh, sorry, sir. Yeah. Um, we'll just stand here <laughs> yeah, in the doorway. Yeah, um, yeah but we, couldn't, couldn't get a seat. We, we couldn't get a seat, which was great. Um, my favorite, one of my favorite moments was they had a picture of, you know, the... 10 o'clock screening of The Irishman is sold out and Robert De Niro looking vaguely confused as if wondering how late somebody was going to have to stay out in order to attend a 10 <laughs> yeah, o'clock no, screening. Yeah, I'm not going to 10 o'clock screenings of three and a half hour films. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> it's technically also a midnight movie. Um, yeah. But it's, it's worth noting that again, Netflix, even though they released the film in cinema mm. and even though there are lots of reports like this, you hear a lot of anecdotal evidence from people. You have like, you know, I think Donald Clark from the Irish Times is talking about riding in a taxi and a guy talking about taking the missus to see it in the IFI and it being his first trip to the IFI specifically to see the Irishman. Oh, wow. Um, but you have things like, 
Netflix don't actually publish box office no, results. Yeah, so do you that's get the into thing. top 10? That's exactly. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. can you quantify this kind of success in those They don't, terms? though. They you never can't. do. Like, they refuse, they're they're they not do. interested in it. Like, that was the issue with Roma. A lot of, Their metrics is how many people sign up to Netflix that's because exactly. of their film. Fake well, money. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, why would you want to give a... Uh, uh, like uh, a number to it because uh, we're 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 worth like I'm, so I'm, much potential I'm so to, much I'm flashing back to so like much growth I'm flashing back to Jeremy Irons in margin call here it's just money it's <laughs> made I can understand why they don't because just say if Netflix came out and said the Irishman made 25 million in whatever cinemas in whatever country it'd be seen as a failure. somebody would be like yeah the it, whole churn of articles of did yeah. this film is it a success much? is it a disappointment yeah. Yeah. and I mean and yeah. it's, 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 it's apples and oranges as well yeah. because, because they're that's they're a great not, film in fairness yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're not they're not because uh, they're not competing in that way again no, no, no. with like Myself and Andrew talked about Ford v Ferrari or Le Mans 66 in the podcast it being a metaphor for like a studio like Fox looking at Netflix and going, how the hell are they doing what they do? Because they don't have to worry about turning a profit or anything like that. And you have a lot of that resentment there because a lot of the other studios are like, well, we're publishing our results, so why aren't Netflix? They're yeah. Netflix in our studio, though, oh, yeah, in the no, sense that, that like, they produce stuff, obviously, but they're not beholden in the way that studios are. They're not are. changed to the box no. office. No. Yeah. Although it does come back to this idea again of how sustainable is this it's probably not in the long long term but I do no that's it exactly I can't see in five years this happening uh, again. No, I, I can yeah. see it I can, I can see it running another five ten years no problem okay. in, the, in the you know we've refreshed our shirt choice blah 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 we've got some more financing and they'll just keep running it out until eventually somebody somebody stops giving them money yeah, yeah. I um, would have thought it's so. a bit like uh, Annapurna pictures like what? that has just been turning on for so long but Considering that it's all based on Megan Nelson's family's yeah. money, how yeah, long could that how long could that be sustained? And it's worth noting in the case of Annapurna, around about 2012, when they were financing stuff like Zero Dark Thirty, you were getting articles, and again, articles from people who are very invested in the existing model of studio releases, being like, "This is wrong. You shouldn't have rich people paying for movies they want to watch." You should let the market sort it out, and you it was like lots of rich people, not just one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. in in this case, two sons, of, uh, a son and a daughter of Larry Ellison. Yeah, but I mean, the argument was that like she was disrupting the market, and that was therefore giving Annapurna an unfair advantage. I couldn't give a crap as long as she was still making good movies. That's it. As long as she made Zero Dark Thirty, that's a pretty good argument. But then an American hustle, and then then you started caring. Where it is, but there are some people though. Yeah, and they're wrong. Yeah, the idea. It is. Did somebody say it was it was like uh, Weird Al Yankovic did like a Scorsese, Scorsese. movie? It's all, it's, like, was that a Luke comment? It's like, it's like, it was a Luke comment. Like it couldn't be more Scorsese that film if it tried, and yet it's just somehow so less Scorsese for it. I know um, it 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 it, uh, it, um, it presaged uh, Joker by how many years? And 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 hustlers, and I mean, like even if you look at say the Wonder Woman eighty four trailer, you even have the shot from Wolf of Wall Street. What? Was American uh, Hustle meant to be funny? Or was it meant to be serious? I tried I laughing at it, but I couldn't yeah. laugh. It was neither funny nor dramatic. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't I either. I have no idea. No uh, idea what it was trying, but it didn't uh, accomplish either. No, it didn't. By the way, I know this is kind of like a side, uh, like a tangent here, but uh, you were saying the reference to Wolf of Wall Street in the Wonder Woman 84 trailer. What was that again? The moment where like he's the character, the villain who's introduced, steps out of a helicopter in a TV commercial, oh, selling uh, the idea of wealth to the public. I don't know. All I know is all I love that. It's great, but to be honest, ever since watching that, all I all I remember is the use of Blue Monday. But I mean, but unbelievable. But again, I kind, of, I kind of really like that we've reached the point where, like, Scorsese 
and again, for all that he complains about what is and isn't cinema, has kind of permeated culture to the extent that you are getting these big budget imitations. But I of like him. that. And I mean, it's, and again, like, like we it, both like yeah. Hustlers more it's than like, Joker, and, and obviously, and we. But I haven't just, seen Joker. Before. I haven't seen Hustlers, but it has, it has to be better than Joker. Um, Hustlers is great. Hustlers I is really fantastic. Like I quite like. It, actually. I actually have a soft spot for Joker, but again, this is not the podcast for it. No, it is not. But I think the thing worth mentioning. Sorry, to, to cut across. Yeah, go here, ahead. Because I'll forget it otherwise. No, sorry, um, everyone does. <laughs> <laughs> The thing about the imitation thing and the kind of reference and homages and all the rest of it is like, it seems suspiciously easy to a lot of filmmakers what Scorsese does. Yes. And to do it right, what he does, and we can get into that probably more in the, when you get into the technical aspects of The Irishman and various other films, it's really difficult to do. Then things are not there for the sake of it, to be flashy for the sake of it. They're there for a reason. It's, yeah. And you better have the reason or else it's just going to look like, like his a fla- arsehole. Then. His flash is well, there to drive the story and the point. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I... Um, I don't know how much we're going to talk about it now, but I felt like this movie felt like a Scorsese pastiche. Made, <gasps> oh, made, yeah, made by yes. maybe by somebody Alex. else kind of like uh, trying to do the whole Scorsese thing. Okay, we're going to put a pin in this one. Whoa. Who? So, guys, did, did Andrew come at you with a gun or a knife? <laughs> with a knife, you're wrong. <laughs> oh, it's Andrew. Andrew should be running. I'm guessing then. Um, it is interesting. It, it, it is, and I think that, I think there's something to unpack there because I, I actually think like I wouldn't agree with what Andrew's saying there, but I think that the Irishman exists in an interesting cultural context where Scorsese has become and again Scorsese's always been an object and so he's always been everybody's always kind of respected him and venerated him he's always been the great American artist even going back to stuff like Taxi Driver yep. like he's been cited as the future American cinema mm-hmm. but what you see at the moment is you see a level of permutation that goes I would argue even kind of further or deeper than it has before obviously there's always been an influence on popular culture and mass culture and but stuff we're like seeing that. so but much of it we're now. seeing so much of it in such concentration now. it's weird though that there's this kind of like looking back and wanting to make kind of an old-fashioned um scorsese movie and then scorsese coming back and making an old-fashioned scorsese movie and he when does it better than anybody no else. but 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 like one of his most recent movies wolf of wall street is perhaps more mimetic like or yeah. than yeah. than 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 a lot of his kind of a uh, classic Scorsese movie. that the Wolf of Wall Street is as much a gangster film. Yes. Oh, agreed. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. No. And, but I think, but Scorsese it was very much kind of of like it's it, it's time. I oh, think. yeah, yeah. Very yeah much like to me, it, it uh, is of a piece with something like the heady excesses of Casino. That's it. It's it's. I would argue like. You know, the trilogy of gangster films is basically Goodfellas Casino and Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know. I would, to be honest, just looking at the stylistics, there's part of me that wants to go, I'd put those two together, Casino and Wolf of Wall Street. I'd put The Irishman together with something more like Goodfellas. And yet they all have overlapped. I and I think both sides are basically clay, want, are reaching for the for mean streets and saying, no, this is ours. This is our part. I would this nearly is say The Irishman fits with... Um films such as Condon and Silence in a way oh it definitely like, is you know, it's it, more how mournful it is yeah, yes yeah. absolutely and, and, and kind of spirituality and as well wrestling and wrestling with and morality kind of guilt and morality and, yeah, in a way that remorse. I would argue Scorsese hasn't done before in a particular way it's dovetailing yeah, a lot I want to unpack that let's, yeah, yeah. let's put that up let's you make, definitely want to unpack that one too. we're going to have like a special round where, where Darren Dar- 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 creates unofficial Scorsese trilogies Darren loves unofficial trilogies I know I'm a big 
fan of unofficial trilogies. Yes, the real Nolan yeah, trilogy like, is the Prestige, the Dark Knight, and Inception. Oh yeah. There's also Inception, Interstellar, Insomnia. The in trilogy, as it were. It is worth noting, actually, just before we go into the spores and just provide a bit of context in terms of um, The Irishman, right? Um, it's worth noting, while it was screening in New York, uh, tickets for the Belasco oh. Theatre... Uh, were oh. selling between sixty-five and eighty-five dollars a piece during wow. its run. The Teven bastard. Which is, yep, there were ticket scalpers to Scal- eighty-five. Oh. There were ticket scalpers for the Scorsese movie during its theatrical no run. Way. In New York oh, hey, uh, it's, was it on Broadway? John Mulaney and Nick Kroll's version of The Irishman. Um, it is worth noting as well. While Netflix don't give out official ratings, they have given out official ratings for this. They very selectively reveal information. They have claimed that... Um, it was six, they made $65 on one <laughs> yeah, ticket. Yeah, a single ticket. We're but going to be millionaires, lads. <laughs> no, 80, we, uh, tickets cost $85 and then tell us how many tickets they sold. Um, but they, they, did, they did boast that there were 28 million people watched it in its first week of release. Nice. And when they say watched it, they mean getting over 70% of the way through it as well. That's apparently the metric that they use I think that's oh, fair on Netflix because you think it's three yeah. and a half hours long yeah. um, it is worth noting that Nielsen um, bringing themselves slowly and forcefully into the 21st century <laughs> have begun trying to monitor Netflix usage um, they reported that um, it res- it attracted 3.9 unique viewers in the uh, 3.9 million I was going to say 2.9 seemed low yeah 2.9 viewers myself my wife what is a contemporary Nielsen family yeah. Like they're all it's watching. Like the Manson family they're all watching uh, different things. Yeah. On different one of them is in their room family. watching porn. Yeah. Um, but it watched it 3.9 million unique viewers on its first day of release. Nice. 20% of them, and I love this, on its first day of release, one fifth of the audience was men between the ages of 50 and 65. Of course. Um, I'm actually disgusted <laughs> I'm not in the demographic inclusion right now. It should be 40 and 65. I have you know it'd be much as Scorsese <laughs> oh my god that like to be disrespected by the Nielsen's hey, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> Jay it's okay because as the Thanksgiving weekend went on the age dropped oh god and that's where I came in yep. drunk after having turkey after <laughs> five da- after five days the average age was 49 I'm, that's still that's still uh, that's, I'm not that old Aaron, the average but I respect ne- the shade <laughs> the, the average keeps trying to kind of say but you're older then <laughs> yeah. look at this young kid is watching the, the artist <laughs> look at him yeah he's gonna follow her up with Nathan Barley yeah. Yeah. Viewers so I think you should leave Marathon yeah. followed by viewers can't see this but Jay came in on a skateboard with a baseball hat with a t-shirt and everything it's amazing how do you do fellow kids that is a word I haven't heard in a long time Bunga. Uh, I'm bringing it back. It is worth the average. Don't. The average. Yeah, there. It is a slingshot. I'm the seven of. up guy. You know, Fido, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, is, it is worth noting that according to Nielsen, uh, 13 million people watched it in the States in its first weekend, which loosely correlates with Netflix's 28 What's million. What's there an argument about how many what finished it? That's it exactly. The issue with the Nielsen thing was that they said that. 18% of the audiences watched it in its entirety on its first day. Uh, no, yeah. um, so they no, did, that, that's they not did, a measure of anything because. On a rewatch, I had to split it. I split it as well. But, but uh, this my is wife the... got tired watching the first half. Fair. I like I split later. it as well. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. I mean, again, and this it's is... like four days long. <laughs> but well, that's, that's the reason. Wrong with that, I don't think. That's the reason why it's taken us a couple of weeks after the film was released to get this episode recorded. We had to actually watch the movie in order to talk about it. Um, but it is this is this gets at the interesting thing because I mean, you've had 
discussions about like what is cinema and inverted commas we're not going to get into that it's okay but um more... Jeez, there's a podcast isn't I it? know but cinema yeah. but like um, Scorsese <laughs> talking about how he would wish the people wouldn't watch it on their phone and that they wouldn't watch it as a miniseries they're it's... rich though if you just got okay, <laughs> yeah, money for it. shut up Marty we'll watch it on my some people I'll watch, watch it however I want thank you very much but uh, this... crank up my Nintendo Wii but this, <laughs> this, this is the thing though right because yeah. I mean and this is the interesting thing that the push and pull that you have with Scorsese, where as much as I love the man, he has a certain set view, I think, of kind of what cinema is. I mean, he's double down and a triple down. Yes, he has. And I think he's entitled to have that view if he wants. I think he's earned it. No, no, he certainly has. He certainly has. Like, I'm not... I'm not coming for you, Marty. Um, but it's it's more that... Like, hear that, folks? Darren's coming for Marty. Quick, rebel. Blood wait, in the streets. You've seen, like, obviously that thing on Twitter that went viral, which was how to watch The Irishman as a mini-series, yeah, yeah. where you break it into four parts. And this is one of the things that I actually really love about this, and I think is really great about The Irishman being on Netflix, is the fact that it is, by definition more accessible than arguably any Scorsese film had been on release before. It is available to more eyes instantly. And not not only is it available to more eyes instantly, right? It's notable. This got an exclusive four-week release window, right? And I was watching it for the 250 from the moment it was announced. I was well aware that it was going to come in. It was only a question of when it was going to come in. You and all and the people that you pay for Netflix for. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a fair point. But no, no, but I was I was keeping an eye on it. I was kind of aware that this was going to be a movie we we're going to talk about before the end of year. Mm. And it was a question of when it was going to come in. I imagined it would take a week after the cinematic release. Mm. And we waited a week. And I think that like... You spoke to Bob, didn't you? I, and in, in at IMDb, and yeah. he, could, he couldn't get that fixed for me. Um, but the issue, no, the, Bob De Niro. Oh, Bobby. Yeah. Bobby. Bobby. Oh yeah, it's gonna be, big. It's gonna be huge. But anyway, but the the thing is that it didn't come in while it was in its exclusive theatrical window. It ended up the day it was released on Netflix. It was at fifteen thousand votes, and it needs twenty five to get there Minimum. within within five hours. Yeah. Which, by the way, within five hours of its release on Netflix, so literally only an hour and a half after the first person to hit play had stopped watching it, it had accumulated an extra 10,000 votes. Same thing happened with Marriage Story. Marriage Story had an exclusive theatrical window. It amassed a really pale version of 5,000 votes. it does as well. It, doesn't it, um, it kind of stokes interest. Yes. Mm. The theatrical window. And it's like, even if somebody can't get it. A lot of people aren't seeing this in a minute. It's advertising But if you're not in, in the cities yeah. that are showing it, then it kind of creates a little kind of mini advertising all of its own. Yeah. And it, it makes it more urgent to see it as well when it comes out on Netflix yeah, so also. You want your hot takes so, yeah, there. You don't because you're spoil like, it either. Oh, people have been watching it for two or three weeks and I haven't been able to <laughs> yeah. have a chance to see it. I, I really want to see it now. I think and I don't have to wait three months like I would for a Blu-ray. It's yeah. for, for your I missing out. I think it's out. Worth, really yeah. worth mentioning that uh, Richard Brody, who I agree and disagree with almost as much as... Which makes him a great critic, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, he wrote about... Because he saw it at the New York Film Festival and loved it. But he rewatched on Netflix and preferred watching it at home. In terms of, he said he absorbed it differently. He kind of paused it, kind of gave himself a little bit of time as to certain scenes and everything. And, and he, it wrote really interesting me about it, about how he approached film. And and I think this goes at my original point around Netflix and stuff like that. Is that when I was growing up, I watched like John Ford films on rickety TVs that, uh, yeah. that you know, the films probably weren't even put on the thing properly pan and know. scan yeah, yeah, exactly. and like black and white and, like, was you still discover yeah. great cinema yeah. still be, like I mean yeah. the good will out regardless of anything yeah. like I mean stuff yeah. rises to the top because it rises to the top regardless of how you see it I mean, so that kind of stuff never really interests me so and, uh, Marty is wrong in that regard it doesn't not, matter how you see it not, and again I'm wary of like naming and, and inverted commas shaming anybody in the podcast we had a guest earlier today who talked about watching The Irishman and he watched it at work on his phone 
between doing other things and he still loved it. And again, he wouldn't have had necessarily... I wouldn't have done it, but I can appreciate <laughs> it. That, 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 it's a lot to take in. And I love oh, that yeah. listeners are now trying to work out what guests have they had on recently. I am trying to work that out. It's You were you literally talked to them before you left. <laughs> oh, was it then? <laughs> How dare he? The little stuff. Okay, okay, okay. I could see it. I just couldn't imagine you'd get a lot from it, but I, maybe you would. Well, I mean, the person seemed to enjoy it as well. And I mean, it, listen, as long as it works, it works. Like and and it. that's yeah. the thing is that like... You see, and this is, sorry, listeners, we are going to have, again, this is a festive podcast for us as much as for you. We are enjoying some chocolates and, and some high up. spirits. And, and we are liquored up. We are liquored up. But it, it is worth noting. And Even again, Darren is liquored up. I am. I'm having some whiskey. Um, it's I've never quite, seen Darren drink Quite before. the experience. It's not, um, <laughs> it's not, is it a sound that people like? Oh, for ASMR. I don't think it is, yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, no, actually that sounds kind of nice, doesn't it? Kind of soothing. Yeah. But um, what I was going to say was that the uh, the thing about the, the Irishman and its digital release is that it's arguably, and again, I really, this is something that some cinema purists get very sniffy about, and I don't at all, but it's made the Irishman mimetic. Um, so you have things like videos of Al Pacino saying cocksucker for 38 seconds straight. You some people. Cocksucker. That go, little cocksucker. Go, and, and listeners are about to get a full reenactment here. But it, it, it kind of it goes viral. You have like a wonderful gift game from Netflix because it's amazing. We were talking about, I remember having a discussion with somebody online and they were complaining, I'm not going to name them either, but they were complaining about how Claire Denis' um, High Life was not getting a lot of attention and respect when it was released the same weekend as Brie Larson's Unicorn Store. Well, and, all I'll say is listen to my top 10 of the year. Okay, okay, Jay, it's okay. Ignoring any questions of quality about the two films, that's not what I'm getting at. I know, it's just, um, to be absolutely clear. But the argument was that you know Claire Denis was you know an auteur and she was beloved yeah, yeah. by a certain section. Why was she not dominating the conversation in the way that Unicorn? That's it exactly. Netflix. I actually quite like Unicorn Store, but there you go. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, you're the one. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, it's regardless of quality. I, I love The Irishman as well. I, you know, I like Marriage Story more than you. We're going to talk about it soon, so I'm not going to talk Everybody about it. Everybody likes it more than I do. That's a fair point. Um, but also, like, you have these films that are, through the Netflix media engine, being pushed and kind of permeating in ways that they wouldn't otherwise. Arguably, even if they were a studio film. I remember going to see Frozen 2. I was at the multimedia screening of Frozen 2. And standing behind me was a father with his four little girls. And... I had my headphones in and I thought I heard something. I turned the headphones off and I was like, I definitely heard it. It was like... And it said, Daddy? <laughs> the fork, <laughs> Papa? Papa, can you hear me? Do you want to build a snowman? Oh, um, no. Same song. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> you ever Deadpool, uh, Deadpool 2 listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the issue is that... Um, so, But they were quoting from the Irishman, these like... Ten-year-old girl. <laughs> Daddy, when you got a gun, you run. Something like that. But it was watch this. They were asking their father, could they go and see The Irishman? Because they'd seen clips of it being shared online, and it looked great. They actually reenacted a sequence, which was the uh, how late it's appropriate to be for a meeting. <laughs> Four ten-year-old girls. Which is a magnificent scene. It's a great scene. But four ten-year-old girls behind me at a screening of Frozen running through. And the other guy said it was 15. But then they asked the old man. And and the old man said. It's a compromise. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. And like. I will point out as well though. That 
young kids probably could watch it. There's very little in it, yeah. actually. Like the most of the violence is off screen. Oh yeah, no. Uh, there's no sex scenes at all. No, so there's just a there's just a, a metric. <laughs> Some people. So the cops there's a lot of cocksuckers and there's a with, sense without Stephen Graham. <laughs> if I was 12 I'd be all over this you can't, over. you can't put Stephen Graham in a kid's movie <laughs> 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 he's, he's doing Christmas Carol for the BBC of Christmas what? <laughs> no, I'll put it this way I remember after uh, the, the the Christmas after I saw Gone Girl Christmas Day I was drunkenly sitting down flipping through the channels and on CBBC I came across Rosamund Pike reading nursery rhymes and I sat there <laughs> watching it and it's like Annie. I was like she could put a box cutter I don't care I was in heaven um, well, Tom Hardy does it as well he, he does that at New Year's he does the New Year's stories himself and his dog will read oh, the New Year's stories always better reading than he is a journalist than Venom. Well, he's amazing in Venom the moment where he's walking through the streets going and the homeless problem continues to and he pauses to check his notes like any good journalist Get worse. Uh, which is <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like Venom. I, like the first two thirds of Venom are amazingly terrible. But an, anyway, let's let's jump into talking about the Irishman. So before we jump into the spoiler zone, three questions to get us started. I'm going to ask Phil these three questions first. So we're going to start with Phil. Oh, hang on, you're not going to like. We're going to do around the table. Yeah, so oh, you're going to start us off here. Oh, so God. do you think that the Irishman belongs on a list of the 250 greatest movies ever made? I love it, but considering it's a list that probably has a surfeit of Scorsese already. This is the seventh Scorsese film on it. Oh, no. No, no, no. All right, then. Jay. I'm... <coughs> excuse me. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm with Philip. Um, I, we've, I, I've been on this podcast before, and we've asked this question before, and I'm tired and kind of exhausted by myself, given relatively speaking the same answer, but I'm not big on new films in the, uh, in the list. Like I, I think we we've talked about the five year moratorium there on, on many an occasion. We have indeed. Um, I don't include like we the film a decade list coming up, and I don't include films from twenty nineteen on it because I don't think they've had enough time to, to settle down and yeah. settle. Yeah, I'll go twenty eighteen if I've seen a couple of times, but that would be it. Like, what about something like the like if you really loved say the favors. Like is there is, 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 is there is there a one month grace where it's like no, no movies from twenty nineteen no, no, no movies from twenty nineteen unless it's a January movie <laughs> yeah. but no. December twenty eighteen you're in <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no I mean it's relative yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I mean the, you, you did see the favorite in like November I, I think it's, it's yeah. crap but anyway that's a different issues I didn't like it at all but um, <laughs> Jay didn't like movie shocker but I no I, I wouldn't put the Irishman in here I think Scorsese is perhaps my favorite director I was for a long time. But I think nobody should have seven films in yeah. its top 250 films. Exactly. Nobody. No, like, no director should have. It's too many. I did, like, you can pick two or three and say, yeah, fair enough. But come on. Like, I don't think another one. It'll, it'll, it'll probably stay around and drift out. I it, it is drifting yeah, down I significantly would, already. Yeah, it's I already dropped from like 60 places. I mean, the, might, the interesting thing about it is, though, you come back in 10 years' time and we'll see where it lands, where the where CGI settles. will land, where it settles in terms of how people view it. And that's mm. interesting. And that's, that's always more informative and interesting than this. Agreed. In that regard, like... Yeah. And 100%. Yeah. So in the short answer, no. <laughs> Too late. No, long answers are good. I like long yeah. answers. Um, and Andrew, what about yourself? I'm, I get that... I... No. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think it will. Just say what you really think. Yeah. And, don't and the other thing is that, like, um, the, the thing about kind of um, uh, the CGI... Is that now kind of you can look at it and be a bit sniffy, like stuff like stuff like uh, Forrest Gump, 
Like we watch that now and it's kind of like, oh, it's not, that's not great. But you'd see it back then and you'd be like, oh, that's incredible. Mind is blown. Yeah, but, but you're, now, you're, you're, you're no. Some people. But anyway, that's a different Not the CGI, the CGI, not the film. Uh, the CGI. Yeah, they're right. to Yeah, it was. Do you know what the, the big no. mistake they made with Forrest Gump Maybe with yeah. the CGI was... They had really bad voice actors. Mm. Yes, Did for Lyndon B. Johnson and yeah, Kennedy and yeah. stuff like that. They were terrible. They were deliberate though. And also, also the the weird thing they That's did where it almost looked like the mouth was doing that sort of like, um, you know, kind of love that Joker thing for Batman where they superimpose a person's lips right, onto thought, a still I thought it was all deliberate to be kind of a lot like an alternative I, universe. Maybe. But, still, but it doesn't work. Like, I mean, yeah, regardless. But this movie definitely wasn't like deliberate. It, it wasn't meant to look like a Call of Duty cutscene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Well, that sequence in particular. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, and that's a that's a small point, but I <laughs> but I but I but I think um, like it can't be on the two fifty if you've got kind of something like that. Even though I really loved Rogue One and uh, uh, the kind CGI of, Peter Cushing and yeah, Leia in particular, yeah, and 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 I think I had a problem with that. I was like, oh, kind of put somebody else in. Yeah, like, just cast hmm. a new actor in that role. Who's who's well, alive of that age? Stuff. Christopher Lee. Oh no, twenty sixteen was very was very tough for all of us. Yeah, twenty sixteen, all your favorite celebrities are dead 2017 yeah. the ones that survived are sex offenders <laughs> yeah, um, yeah exactly <laughs> um, but yeah. Would, eh? <laughs> but yes but, but no i wouldn't and 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 it does it does seem like a little bit kind of um lazy territory for scorsese to Ooh. to to go over this is like a, I, I, it, I would disagree yeah i suspect that there's probably more to unpack there yeah but i no, like, no, no, I mean, I mean from Jay's point of view. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, but but I I don't I don't know. Kind of like like I feel like I've seen the, the, the this uh, this movie um, uh, before at least twice. Yeah, maybe yeah, three yeah. times, depending then, on whether like, it's part like, of an unofficial the, trilogy. The, yeah, the, this is kind of um, like um, uh, Scorsese making a Scorsese kind of, film. Yeah, yeah. In fairness, though, Hitchcock made the same film pretty yeah. much over and over. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, and and like that. I'd argue there's nothing kind of... I don't think we won't get into it right now. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, just to to signpost it, I would argue that there's something about Scorsese making a Scorsese film with this film that I think distinguishes it in some ways from it it being just another or being, like, an example of the same thing In fairness to Scorsese, I don't think Scorsese has ever really made a gangster film just for being a gangster film. He's not the same one. it for kind of societal and thematic reasons that... Like be fascinating and then repel them in equal measure, and yeah. you always well, because I mean, kind of arguably, it's a subset of his larger fascination with say masculinity. Yeah, I mean, like you, they're, which is they're in all, every film. Like they're, yeah, but I mean, of, of his films in particular, like I mean, they're all a set with say you know Taxi Driver Rachel and Ball, Raging Bull, which obviously is, oh, yeah. is, is a big one. But I mean, even in, even in Silence, there's that stuff there as well, simmering away. Like I mean, I think that you could argue it's a subset of a larger thematic thing. In the same way that like we argue about Nolan yeah. making the same movies over and again. I feel like his his cameo in uh, in Taxi Driver. Oh, as the, the, the creepy the, guy who's yeah, about to have an affair. But and like, and, 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 sorry, this might seem kind of slanderous, but I, 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 I feel like that—that's kind of him, as in that that like he 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 is that sort of like. Um, creepy or into the kind of grubby stuff that 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 isn't really. Well, in fairness, he's had four marriages and nearly died through cocaine. That's so yeah. The seventies were the seventies. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, Scorsese himself will acknowledge that during yeah. the seventies he was not the best person. And he and he said it himself, and he like the only rage made rageable as a kind of punishment. As if I'll make this film as unlikable as possible, so I'll, this is my punishment. I'll never get to work again, etc., etc. What yeah. a pity he made probably the best film of the decade. Yeah. And he he. 
I think he continues to um like actually sorry this is probably unfair for me to to um to be the kind of contrarian on this movie cuz I don't actually like like I I love Scorsese uh movies but they're not my kind of of, of yeah. movies like like I think not fair enough. because they're, they're, this they're, is why we're drafting in Jay as a co-host yeah, and we yeah. do scoring Scorsese <laughs> so next it's, year. it's yeah. like like take take any kind of not 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 that in a panel with Darren and Phil and Jay, people are going to be giving particular <laughs> weight to what I have to say, but do take what I have to say with a pinch of salt. Well, no, but no, I, but it's, I, it's but very interesting because I think you can have a kind of cozy circle of everybody agreeing. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think that does anything. I think if you tease out stuff as to why people don't like him, mean, the loads of people don't like Paul Thomas Anderson films, but loads of people don't like Nolan films, as we've established on many a podcast. <laughs> Like these things I'm happen. Like upsetting I mean, me. Nightmare. <laughs> 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 so bad for Darren. It doesn't work. Out <laughs> and I kept, I kept telling Darren to stand up for himself. <laughs> if Darren's not crying real tears by the end of a podcast, it's a waste of my time. Quite frankly. And this is the sound of Andrew. Hey. Yep, our spirits are oh, high. Oh my, my, my lovely sound. spirits are replenished. I love that sound. Isn't it great? Um, but yes. So uh, okay, and then second question, then Phil. Um, and again, this is the one that, as Andrew noted, has a B in most of these examples. But uh, would this make your own oh, personal 250 film? Put that up to the, to the microphone. To the microphone. Hold on, we're going to hear the sound of uh, Some Sweet Release. Steady on. <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast. No, not yet. Jeez, that's a lot. Stop pouring. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Never thought I'd hear <laughs> Jay say that. No, that's not that much, is it? I'll be grand. Don't worry. Yeah. I'll be back for more than 20 minutes. Right, carried away with the ASMR. Um, but yeah, so Phil, would the Irishman make your own 250? Oh, only time will tell. At the moment, perhaps not. And how would you rank it sort of Scorsese-wise? Oh, it's quite high. Um, But then again, I suppose it kind of speaks to a part of me that enjoys these long, epic uh, tales like Goodfellas, like like Mean Streets, like... uh, Like Casino. Like, this and Goodfellas and Casino are like a trilogy to me. Um, but yeah, I just think it's too, out a little too soon. This maybe comes back to what Jay was saying about recent films. I don't think I'm ready to put it in that kind of company yet. Yet. Yeah, and I might maybe in time to come, but um, mm, tricky one. I'll, I'm gonna say no for right. now. Len, Len, Leonard Maltham, I think, is the same view that there, there is no such thing as an instant classic. Yes. Yeah, agreed, absolutely yeah. agreed yeah. with that. I mean, like, I would be a big proponent of, like, your immediate emotional response to a film being perfectly valid. Oh, but I think that before you declare it a classic, or before I declare it a classic, I'm not going to dictate how and you do it. depends a lot on how you feel. Dictate yeah. it, Darren. I'm not, I'm not, not people enjoy how they enjoy films. People do what they do and they like what people they like. People are listening but... because they want to be told how to feel about movies. Have <laughs> you not watched any election coverage? <laughs> Tell people how they feel. Didn't you watch <laughs> Mad Men? People want to be told what to do so badly that they'll listen to anyone. Darren is your now Lord Master and Controller. He's going to tell you. Oh, can you imagine how horribly indecisive that world would be? People would just starve to death because they'd be like, "Eat what you want." Um, (laughs) But what do we need? It's like, I don't care. Just eat what you want. Go for it. I'm not. I'm not convinced. Jay, pass me those chocolates. Yes. I'm not convinced by this Darren movie. I'm going back to my special K. <laughs> yeah, he's okay. He's no ball of special K. Um, but Jay, what about you? Would it make your own personal? Uh, no, for a similar reason to Philip, I, I would, I wouldn't even like to uh, put it on something like that. I will say though, it's on reflection after watching it a couple of times, it's probably in the way top top half of Scorsese's. Mm. Where it lands, I don't know. But I think, I think 
certainly the the back half of it is as good a filmmaking as he has done. Yes, I'd the already, last half hour is I mean, like, amazing. I, I, I mean, they already did the last hour. hour. Kind of uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew's got his head. Um, I'd say the last ninety minutes or so was uh, yeah. it, it? It hits it. It hits its stride and doesn't stop. Yeah, and 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 it very much on a one way track for many many reasons. Mm. But it. And I mean, how, how will I see it five years now? I don't know. We'll probably like, talk about it, this because I mean, the thing is, really on a one way track. It goes after, (laughs) but I mean that's that's the thing. Yeah, and and it's actually interesting. Like goes off piste. (laughs) I watched it with. We're not the piste at the moment, so. (laughs) Hey, Hey. I watched the I watched it twice with a cinema audience, and I watched it once at home. And it's again that last half hour plays very differently in those two environments, or at least it did for me. Oh, it did Um, for me, except to say, I when I watched it at home, on a rewatch, I was anticipating. Because I'd already seen it, obviously, yeah. um, the kind of back stretch of it. But I found it even sadder and wiser yeah. and weirder. And yeah, I, I felt so. more alone yeah. in a literal which sense, is what which is what it was I mean, without being too specific. Or I mean, too we're all going one way. That's fair. There's nowhere else to go. Like. So you might have known, some people may have known that one character was going to die. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Were they? I was... Um, but um, I remember um, like the the, the the person I was watching was asking, uh, um, is is Frank like uh, going to survive? Because of course he's telling the story. Yeah. But then I thought of like the amount of movies I've seen where the narrator isn't. Uh, oh, it's posthumous. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like American Beauty and what is it? Sunset uh, Boulevard. Uh, yeah, and if, if uh, what is it? A futile and stupid gesture, I think, as well. Does that? Oh yeah. yes. Where it's not even just narration, you actually see the person talking, and it's yeah. like, oh yeah, no, I'm just an actor <laughs> playing an old <laughs> version of this person who's dead. And then along came the Irishman. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and Andrew yourself, I think we know the answer to these, but uh, would it make no, your own personal no, activity? It, it, and it, in terms it, um, of Scorsese movies, um, in terms of Scorsese movies, I would put this below The Departed. I'd put it below. Goodfellas. Careful, that's a that's a hot take at this um, table. She'll fill the um, room. Uh, Siberia over here. Yeah, but uh, like I I I I. Hey Jay, how's your mother? <laughs> I put a, I, I put a bit of Wolf of Wall Street, but I put Wolf of Wall Street quite high. Yeah, I yeah. They, they, like uh, there was kind of because um, there there's there's a real kind of a meanness going through um, uh, Scorsese movies that that. Um, that's you say meanness or meanness? Me- meanness. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Like there's a kind of a cruelty to them. That's interesting. I um, I find him an incredibly humanist filmmaker. No, he'll <laughs> he'll have people kind of laughing and joking, but they're monsters. The like, is, which is which is which is. Scorsese, I don't think he. I think he. he but most of them inter- suffer for being monsters. No, but like a lot of his films, I mean, he, I don't, think, don't doubt that for a second. Though. He has kind of like um, a good kind of tonal balance. As as in as in like it's 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 not like the Joker, where the Joker was a Scorsese movie with no um, laughs, or, no yeah. likeness, laughs, yeah. anything, any redemptive features whatsoever. Yeah, just misery. But 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 I think Scorsese movies just uh, have a real kind of um, uh, cruelty to them okay. um, that that um, uh, that puts me off a little bit. Like compared 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 to others, compared to other directors that are supposedly more um, cold, um, 
Because I don't think he's a cold filmmaker. No, certainly no. not. He's, there's, a, there's always an energy to him. I mean, there is. Arguably, yeah. this is consciously toning that down. Yeah. I think this is, you know, the most sort of unreal. I've used that term over and over again. But, uh, you know, it feels almost like an elegy. You know, yeah. Or a eulogy. Um, it feels very quiet and somber and restrained by the standards of Scorsese's filmmaking, particularly for a film that is three and a half hours Only long. a man of his age could make. Uh, yep. It's one of those kind of late films that you get up so often with I directors that get old and kind of reflect on their career and look at different areas of I don't know I don't want to say responsibility but I think it's apt in terms of how he has portrayed characters and people and stuff and it's its own reckoning with his own legacy as much yes. as it is with the genre he helps this is exactly define. this is exactly I mean, what I think we were talking about when we talking about Andrew talked about this feeling like a Scorsese doing a Scorsese yeah. but it, it feels is, like Scors- it, it, is. But it, mean, it, it, it is but it feels like Scorsese interacting with yes reflecting on himself yeah. like, and yeah. I wonder Pretty like this is a movie that very much kind of shows its age in terms of like the person making it and the people in it. Yes, but I, know. I, I don't How know. How dare I, old people make movies? No, but okay, I, uh, greatest uh, generation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't phrase that another way. I, no, that's what I was doing. I was being up. Uh, you, you've well, updated. Say, it. I've updated. It. I've updated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, some people would say, I'll not say. me, but some people. Arrogant little twerps. <laughs> <laughs> But let the record show that the record show the record show that Phil has neither fought in the Second World War nor is a, a You boomer. don't know that. You don't know that. You don't know I mean, me. You don't know me. The CGI de aging on Phil is phenomenal, ladies and gentlemen. You are General Patton. <laughs> I have to say, I'm not a fan of that work. It needs it needs um, another do over. Yeah. Spiritually, you're a baby. Um, <laughs> But, uh, Spiritually, I'm dead. <laughs> but uh, and then final, final lightning round question. Okay, three and a half hour movie on Netflix. Would you recommend people Isn't watch that it? Sure. And Sorry. it only felt that. Yeah. Um, would you recommend that people watch it? Oh and hell yeah! It's on Netflix. It's readily available. Make no excuses. Just go. And about to say, do you have any restrictions on it? Would you be a watch it in one sitting person? No, no, no. watch it how you like. I've watched it in one sitting in a cinema. I've watched it split over two nights at home. Watch it however you like. Watch but for goodness toilet. sake, just you can watch it with you, your doggy. My point is, you, you can't watch it doggy style. You, <laughs> sorry. Oh God! <laughs> just move out of the way to scream. Just the good part. Yeah. Much, like, sorry, I'm sorry. Much like many a Scorsese movie, yeah. we don't have a female input on this. It yeah. might be for the best. Yeah. I don't there, know. Well, this is very intentional. Where's the police knocking at the door? <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Some people. It's on the back window. Duck. We no, have one, it, of, it, one of our guests sitting in the corner staring at us, judging us. So yeah, okay. should. Yeah. saying nothing. It's so awkwardly trying to sort of make some tiny overture to it being 2019 and a necessity of a female perspective. Oh, we're going to uh, talk yeah, about this yeah. in the... But th- that's, oh, do we have, that's, oh, God, that's why we very problem. intentionally went for an entirely male perspective. Because I'm sure we've never done that before. On this podcast. Absolutely. No. Not last week when it was just yeah. us and Luke. Um, right. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, so no, I, but Jay, what about yourself? Uh, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of uh, Let the record show we're one and a half way through of Jameson bottles. Um, yeah. would, would you recommend that people watch The Irishman? I would. And do I, you uh, think there are any restrictions on how they should no. watch it? Can they watch it on a I'll phone watch or watch it wherever? I always say they're about all films all the time. Um, I mean, I'd watch The Christmas Prince of Royal Baby as well, uh, just to say, because that's great. But, uh, you know. If you have time, fit into Scorsese too. <laughs> you can watch the entire A Christmas trilogy, trilogy. In, in the time you'll watch. The, you could say or argue which is better value for money. I will not judge. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'd absolutely watch it. I mean, 
you get a Scorsese film sitting at home waiting for you. I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a nice thing. It's a different world than the one I grew up in. Yeah. And, 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 it's, and, and it's really interesting. I mean, it is love. My wife really liked it. We, watched, we finished off watching it today and she, had, it, she thought it was really good, but she thought it was too long. No film needs to be that long. There should be a section of Netflix. I, I, I'm, I'm going to recommend um, people watch it as well, but it, like kind of a soft recommend. Wait until they have that one and a half time speed button on Netflix yeah. and then watch it that but way. But what I think is that it's interesting the thing you said about people like breaking it up into four parts or yeah. making it yeah, kind yeah, of like, a uh, yeah. And it gives you a minute and a second that everyone It actually does yeah, literally yeah, down like, actually, yeah. yeah. The thing I find interesting is that in kind of web 2.0, that there's never that that Netflix has no kind of user generated content, yes. so that it's not possible to, to download to someone's actually, playlist. Yeah, but, or a because, fan version of it. Yeah, yeah because it's it's not minutes. possible to do that unless you're going to break the law. Yeah, like to to make kind of like four um, um, edits of it. Yeah, yeah. you have yeah. to recommend. Netflix may well do that. I mean, they well, famously did it with um, the Hateful Eight. Quentin, Quentin Tarantino's Hateful Eight, where he's released that as a mini series on um, Netflix as well yeah. in terms of experimenting. Right. With so that's not user. No, that no, that's Tarantino editing his own. I suspect Scorsese wouldn't be too interested say, in that. I'd right. like to say that would be against the brand of what they're trying to do with also, these films. Although they did try with Bandersnatch, yeah, they've tried the... The thing with Scorsese is, though, is he's always res- resisted. He's had a lot of calls over the years for director's cuts and longer versions because it's always like there's a four and a half hour version of Gangs of New York or something. Yeah. And he said, we never see it. It's like, no, we made the film we made. That's the film you get. Like, yeah. yeah. He's zero interest in... Like, Tinkering yeah, in the yeah, George Lucas thing. And... He makes his film and puts it out there. That's the film we made. Yeah. You might get a deleted scene or two maybe on a Blu-ray, but that'll yeah. be it. You won't, you won't, the film is the film you want it's to make. Finished it's finished now. It's finished. It's yeah, done. It's I kind of like that. I find that quite refreshing. I, Final Cut's not exhaust me. But it I feels, like the film, it you know. feels appropriate for the Irishman that. about like the director's cut. Yeah. 12 copies, 12 versions <sighs> of like the, the Blade Runner and stuff like that. Exhaust me. Like, exhaust like, it, and it, 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 it feeds into this thing of like, well, this is my movie. Make it's like. Some people. No, the movie, the movie belonged to the kind of, it's a creative committee the, the like you don't make it on your own 12 versions some people and the apocalypse now stuff exhausts me exhausts unsurprisingly Darren adopts the policy of you like what you like and you watch what you watch and uh, yeah, it's great that you have the freedom to do this it's great that if artists don't if artists want to lock it down in the way Scorsese locks down his films that's great Darren it's also, the fence is starting to sag it's Get also off. it's <laughs> also great if also artists pointy yeah. Depends, I mean, and sharp you got to line up you very go, you carefully go, you do, you do. but um, it's also if, if artists like say Ridley Scott and I know Jay we would artists argue it's a lesser like Scott, Scott. Okay, <laughs> if artists uh, artists but if people like Ridley Scott stop like say okay I'm not like Blade Runner I would argue that like I the really final like cut is much better than the version that was released in cinemas and I would argue that getting to see that is worth doing as well Hi. I also to be yeah. honest to be honest I don't mind and this is really you weird to be honest that, I know I know but this is the thing where like you know. Fairs, you weren't honest earlier. But I mean, no, no. But I mean, people. To tell I, the it's truth. been it's been crazy. You know, it's sometimes comes across that I may be overly cynical about things like you know fandoms and, no. and people online you? and no. people online who, who obsess about particular things that they enjoy. And I mean, that people, is people post a lot about Star Wars online, don't they? Yeah, Karen? they certainly do. Oh, trust me, I know this. Um, but and you, they like, care. you like broad churches? I do, I do. And he likes broad yeah. churches, which we need to burn down. Um, well, the first season's great, but um, my point no. is, my point is more that, like, while I do have issues with the direction that certain strains of fandom have gone, particularly in recent years, with ownership and kind of sense of entitlement, I actually really like the idea of creative fandom as well. I like the idea of things like Topher Grace 
taking a film and editing it for himself and producing it's his own version that. of these. And like, sort it's of over. Yeah, he does yes. all that. I no. edit an exercise. Yeah, uh, do, making, what, to see what making, make, making Raiders of the Lost Ark as a silent film. Like, I'm a I big... I have no issues with that. Like, that's two okay. different things of okay. Ark. Okay. okay, okay. Well, I apologize for com- no, complaining. No, no. I'm not but a fan of... It's that Scorsese has an issue with it. Yeah, and that you don't have a problem with him having that I don't have a problem with Scorsese being like, this is my film. I also don't have a problem with Jay sitting down with an editing. Just the basic thing is Darren doesn't have a problem with anything um, yeah um, except being honest clearly <laughs> <laughs> thanks Jay that's um, right um, someone uh, could molest you well that's absolutely fine you would apologise at the end honest, I didn't quite enjoy it but, <laughs> but, 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 but pe- nice legs. people <laughs> like what they like <laughs> <laughs> and on that oh note my God. we're going to segue spoiler zone spoiler zone quick into the spoiler zone in the spoilers. Spoilers zone. Oh, geez, stop singing. Oh, fine. I am sitting in a room full of some people. An idiot. <laughs> you dumb love. Some people. You know what you did? You take Johnny York's kid. You put him on as a general organizer, pay 36 grand at the same time. Oh, some people. This is going to Bobcat Goldthwait. Move on, <laughs> move on. Um, all right. Locals! Ow, ow. So, yes. Don't die in Philip, it's not working. Very important how that you do the entire be? thing, no yeah, matter yeah, how... Uh, unrelated how... to the topic <laughs> it is. Um, so, Jay. No, no matter how much it hurts you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> everything hurts. Go on. I'm Jay. gonna have no throat by the end of this. What is... The Irishman about for you. Well, it's it's that old uh, that old uh, death's uh, icy hand on the shoulder, isn't it? Yeah. It's um, it's coming for us all, and uh, there's a there's a remarkable thing in the Irishman that I really like, and I'm amazed it hasn't really been done before, or maybe it has, and I just missed it. Which is where it announces everybody's deaths on screen. Yes. You know, Johnny yeah. Boy shot 12 times in the head in his kitchen in 1985. Sally Bug shot three times in the face. Yeah. 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 And it's like, you know, and it's like. Kind of old age, like. Yeah, one guy, like, by everyone And it's actually because of what you're expecting, it works yeah. so well as a joke, right? <laughs> Even though it's not a joke, yeah. but it's, you know, the thing. Like, um, I like that. And I like the fact that Scorsese knows he may have maybe one, two films left in him. Possibly. Like, I mean, he's not getting younger. He's no, not. this certainly feels like the last De Niro Scorsese. It, it felt like, like, it, was a, it, it felt like a, a, a good boy in a lot of ways. Yeah. You've got Keitel, you've got Pesci, you've got... Keitel does not. Welcome to What's her name? The woman that plays Jimmy Hoffa's wife, who was the... She did a Welcome Walker, I think. She was the... In Goodfellas, she was the one that had to go back for our hat. Remember, oh, she was flying all the drugs from yes. uh, things. So, yeah, that's her. Yeah, that's wow. her. Wow. Um, and we have some great Scorsese shared universe. Yeah, there's, there, no, there is. Welcome back, Joel played Justin yes, Hoffa. Yes, and she's very good in it. Um, so there's a lot of kind of saying goodbye, I guess. I think it's probably the best way of the, I'll never get a cast together like this again because they're all going to die soon, probably. <laughs> but or at various points. Like, I mean, this is... This is a cast reckoning with their own mortality. This yeah. is a film reckoning with its mortality. And a, a director, director reckoning, yeah. re- reckoning with 
one one of um, one of Frankie Sheehan's uh, daughters, not Peggy, but one of them was played by a de-aged Lorraine Bracco. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> but I really wish you were. No, don't we all? I, I rewatched Goodfellas. That's where they spent all the CGI they, money. If they de-aged her and also like did a cat's thing. <laughs> oh, oh, That's oh no. That's a fan fiction version. Yeah. Do, we want, do we want to talk a little bit about the special effects actually, the de-aged? Aging, I right? think yes. that's the first thing that everybody talks about. Because that, that's that's sort of been the big conversation point around it. The idea that this might be the future of Hollywood. Uh, the idea that on so- the on the evidence of this film. No. Well, I mean, the idea that not only is this happening, but you also have Gemini Man with Will Smith, where they now have a computer-generated server version of Will Smith locked up on a computer somewhere. This the end game thing, where you know this final sequence with Chris Evans—that's not makeup; that's computer-generated CGI imagery on his face. Yeah. Uh, but even things like the upcoming uh, Finding Jack, which I am amazed at, combining two of the hottest trends in modern Hollywood. On one hand, the CGI resurrection of icon James Dean. On the oh. other hand, a heartwarming story about a dog who just needs a good home bring wow. them to, have you not heard about this I've heard about it it's not just get James Franco <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly or did he get <laughs> Dave get Dave Franco but, get Dave Franco but yeah. I mean but the, the argument is that like and again this is the thing where you have the idea outside the Irishman that stardom is becoming an intellectual property that it's not about you know an actual actor this, it's about owning the rights to but this smacks to me of the similar kind of conversation we had like back say 2001 when what was it Final Fantasy The Spirits Within came out and it was this entirely CGI project. And people thought, oh, we're CGing actors now. Is this the future and of George cinema? George Lucas talked about it as a whole yeah. film's being made. Because but, he was uh, making the Star Wars yeah, prequel CGI trilogy at the time. films, like entirely actors. There'll be no actors. It'll be just all well, like, I mean, computer generated. And I mean, we're, we're saying that as if like, well, that never came to pass. But it's like Avatar pushes us a little bit closer. You know, Skycap the world. <laughs> I know, stop, look, stop, I, know I, know, I know, but you can't discount no, what was the biggest movie of all time. That may be, but besides the fact, oh, but besides the fact that it, I don't know the like of that movie, cats. But everybody I, saw that movie. I've never had a conversation with like. There's no cultural footprint. I saw it. I never have talked about it from that day until this. Nobody cares, and it's not very good. You just used that papyrus font. But the thing is, like, besides the fact that they're not very good films. It's, there's no human interest in those kinds of characters. And no matter how um, good the CG gets, it's just not going to arrest people. You don't want Phil, it to get too Animated good, no. films Phil, would argue against Phil, that. I'm about to say, well, first of all, animated great. films, but also like the biggest... The big, teeth. Yeah, the, the teeth are the scariest thing about Sonic. Oh, yeah, not the, the fact big, that some people... The hedgehog don't. is alive. It looks a little bit better. It does look a little bit better. Trailer. They gave him hair... Why would they give him hair? Um, sorry, give it's him like, hair. It's like when you watch the trailer for Cats and you're like, why does Taylor Swift can't have breasts? Why is Idris Elba what cat sexy? What do you mean? What's breasts? Oh, As a cat. She's a cat. Listen, cats you tell us my poster on my like wall. Human bre- like human breasts. Cats have nipples. Why have nipples? Kenny Miller. Bring it back to bring it back to Rob De Niro. Why have nipples, Craig? Taylor Swift. Do you want me? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing Jesus Taylor Christ, Swift. Let's keep this on track in a in a cat's. Movie. I think Taylor Swift but, cat needs to be spayed. Anyway. Okay, but anyway, in, in my, the context my, of CGI, I, I, I've got something on this. I okay. I, I, I want to yeah. get out of it. Yeah. Right. Go. Yes. I. You have an actual point. Go I do actually have an actual point. Amazing. I would have been quite skeptical of this film for quite a long time before we saw anything. I'm very nervous about it. And even when the, the trailer first released, yes, yes, and well. yeah, exactly that. Right, I, I had that, and I, and I, up until literally I saw it, and even a little bit after, I'm mean, gonna get into that as well. 
I was worried and I had the conversation with people so why not cast young actors as the young De Niro, the young Pacino, blah, 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 and how are they going to do that and why are they going to do that? In fairness to Scorsese and regardless of what you think about the film or whether worth you or not, he is telling a story in, a, in such a way that having young actors to some degree that wouldn't really work as far as I see it because he's telling the story of a kind of a very distressed old man's reminiscences that may be made up or may be true and maybe just to hold the attention of somebody and the versions of himself that he remembers are laughably bad kind of older men who always look older in the film like yeah. they, and Scorsese obviously said this is how we're telling the story so what right, do we need to do with that with that intention oh, I, yeah, know, I, I, I think, think it was because he's like too smart not to beating up the grocery I know, I mean, oh yeah well, know, they, they, they had ocean coats in fact there's just two things in that like there's one in, in terms of what I was talking about, in terms of reminiscing all that, too, I actually think it's a sly nod to the Godfather's uh, James Caan oh, mispunching up. Yeah. <laughs> that misses by about a mile. Or, and, so, uh, or something like, say, Goodfellas, wow. when uh, Adriana stuff and the guy's facing. Yeah. It's so blatant. Are, are we really like giving that much credit? This is like. Well, Scorsese's like no fool. Like. Film buffs will see that kind of. Well, like, like, we'll think of that, that James Caan. But like, anybody watching the movie, this on Netflix. Anybody, anybody seeing that is like, that was rubbish. It, like that, it is, that, but, I, but yeah. whether it's intentionally Sorry. rubbish or not. I think it's intentional yeah. because what, what I would suggest... No, just to, let me let me finish. <laughs> what, right. what, I'm what I would this. suggest is it would have been very, very easy to get a, a body stunt double to do with more energy. And even to map his face. It would have been very easy to do. And, he, and it wasn't as if she, like money was an issue around this at time. <laughs> they literally could have done anything you want in this regard. The fact that it's told literally from the first scene is where like he's sitting in the, yeah. in the, in the chair, chair thinking it back and the kind of nervousness around how he cuts. Even like when he, like you, you don't, when you cut to young Rob De Niro in this, it's not young Rob De Niro, taxi driver. Do you, do you know yeah. what I mean? It's it was a very different Rob- person. Very, it's just older. Your just memory, like you're, you can't remember being young at a certain age. You don't remember you, whether you're even young. Yeah. But like you couldn't 70. hold, you couldn't hold up this young De Niro next to De Niro in Taxi Drive and go, "That's the same guy." No, because it's clearly not. No, it's an old man's thought of what a young guy but looks you, like. But you've the touched south. on something there, which was what made this stand out to me is the fact that unlike films that will be compared to, like Goodfellas or Casino, from the start we see exactly who this story, what point of view the story is being told from. It's being told from the point of view of not just Robert De Niro's character, but Robert De Niro's character as a very, very old man. And we see him... A desperately shamed old man. Yeah, and he is looking back over this life that he's ruining. Yeah. And it's the only point of view, it's the only point of view we're ever going to be allowed in this entire film. And the film nails that down to such a point that even the CG looks unconvincing yes. because it's tarnished Whoa. by his own mortality and his Whoa. own failure. No, hang on a second. <laughs> I, I think there's something... Are you, are you ready for a third or, take on top of this, Andy? Whether it works or not, that's fine. It does, the, the issue is not... I, listen, I think the CGI... This is just our interpretation. The CGI could be better. I'm not arguing with that. It's fine, but it's... not good, we know. So kind of... I'll add an extra one on top of that. Let's go for a three of a kind. I, I know I sometimes give credit to kind of filmmakers and say like kind of uh, that bit maybe didn't work. I but tend I to give credit to smarter filmmakers to, yeah. to, with enough money to cover the mistakes if you need to. There's, there's no reason for X amount well, of things it's to also, work. It's also it's also 
Your man's wife, wife, like he had to, the grocer had to go home and like explain that. It's like, what happened to your hand? It's like, that fella with early onset, like arthritis, you know, the guy who's young, but he like moves like an old person. And it's like, oh, that poor old man. Well, what were you, were you defending him? Was can he I just, being mugged? Can I just make a point though? We had a conversation myself, I think I had a return in a while back, about Destroyer. Yeah, uh, the, the and the way that uh, the and way the way that people run and, and walk and the, the weight she, of yeah. history on their shoulders, yeah. and I think this is another example of that. Almost think, like dragging herself. Yeah, like, like a there's, a, there's, through a, through there's a foot chase oh. scene in Destroyer that right. two of the slowest people running. And very <laughs> game, and it lasts about two or three minutes. And it's great. And he's st- it's brilliant because it's a actually yeah. some people chase foot chase scenes with work, and b the weight of story on particularly Kidman's character, but on everyone's get the guilt and whatever happened fifteen years before or previously. The thematic weight of the film, of what it's going for, the, how heavy things weigh on people, literally slows them down. They're like they're running through soup. And I, I think... Ooh, I what think, a lovely image. And I think the Irishman is getting at... Some, and that's why Scorsese is pitching the story in that way. And yeah. what I would, I would kind of add to that, my own sort of take on the weird de-aging thing, is then why it kind of works for me better than, say, casting Leonardo DiCaprio as the young Frank and having a cut somewhere... First of all, you do get a weird cut where people age. First of all, you see that other actors, like, for example, um, the uh, Dominic Lombardzo, who plays Fat Tony Salvatore. Yeah, who was the um, Herc in uh, The Wire. In The yes. Wire. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Dominic Lombardozzi, good to have you back. He's actually aged. Really? Yeah, 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 he's actually aged through makeup. And yeah, yeah. Bobby Cannavale as well. Yeah, yeah. It's the older through... shot of him when his hair is masked when he's turned into Chaz Palamandari. It's remarkable. He's Bronxdale, Charles yeah. Palmer, but, like. but even, even that, like, you have... So that's, like, Scorsese's aware of other ways of doing yes, this. Yes, he is. You also have, like, the cut. And actually, like, I wonder if... Like, maybe this is just me watching the film odd. But the first time you see Anna Paquin playing, um, sort of, the, the Peggy as an adult, it's almost a surprise cut. It's like he realises she's there... But the oh, surprise... then she walks into the room that's and, it, but... and he's eaten and he looks yeah. at her. Yeah, and he's but... surprised she's aged that quickly. That's it, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's and like that's... she was a kid five minutes ago. Yeah. And that, that's kind of another way that you age actors in movies. And part of me wonders if by contrasting Frank and Jimmy, and I mean maybe Ross as well in this way, first of all, you have Jimmy who, spoiler alert, in his opening scene is described as having disappeared. And the movie's going to circle round back to that point. We, de- we trust you. But he remains frozen in time as a result of that. But Frank himself, who... And this is interesting, and I think that this might segue into a kind of a discussion about the themes of the movie. Frank is an interesting character largely because he is primarily an empty vessel. He yeah. has no moral autonomy or, or ambition or, or agency or anything like that. He is just entirely dependent he's, on what people tell him to do. He's a static object. Yeah. He's a like, and, and that's, that's exactly like he's stony just, face kind of. But yeah. it, and it's brilliant the, the, the amount of shots of him driving, yeah. like just yeah, head on, head on. But he looks like he's not even thinking. Yeah, he's just, just kind of going along. But yeah. it's even I, like he's been described as, and again, we'll talk about like the factual accuracy and in inverted commas of yes. the film later on. But he has been described as the Forrest Gump of American crime, which I quite like. But he's such step into but, all sorts of political but it, it gives that sense of him as like a constant through line through a turbulent era and like again reacting to I'm willing, I'm willing to admit I'm willing to throw my hands up and say I maybe I'm giving the movie too much credit but I, I think that using the CGI in that way to preserve or maintain the consistency of De Niro Pacino and arguably Russ as well who is above it all or kind of separate from it all maybe fits that thematic purpose the idea is that Peggy 
is moving through her life and changing and that Frank isn't at all aware of that, isn't aware of the impact that he's having or how she's growing or how she's changing until it's too late to do anything about it. And by keeping him, while he does obviously age and de-age through CGI, keeping him that sort of stony-faced kind of computer-generated, almost uncanny. Is he keeping himself as... Um, the same kind of director. Even, it's 2019, <laughs> but I've just aged myself with with like uh, what's computers. What's and 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 I uh, like like I don't I don't I don't have to kind of like give this job to somebody yeah. who wants to make a Scorsese movie. Yeah. I can do it myself. Well, I just do it really slowly. But that was the issue with Joker, wasn't it? That he didn't like he originally he was executive producer. Yeah, he was talking to him directly. Yeah, yeah, and he was like, nope, no, I'm just going to move on and actually do a, a me movie as opposed. I to think him. it says a lot about Scorsese feeling that he has to direct some of this stuff because I've seen a couple of films lately where he has been executive producer, and I just think you know what. I'd rather he just I mean, you direct. didn't love The Snowman? No, the I did not though, love The Snowman. Did, uh, Would you did believe? executive produce things like um, Madeline's Madeline and stuff. Yeah. He's very active in terms of promoting talent and stuff, and stuff yeah. like yeah, that, yeah. which is good. But again, like I saw Joker and I saw The Snowman. I just thought, can I have The Irishman now, the please? The Snowman is exceptionally bad for <laughs> Oh, me. And the worst part is... It, is it turns like, out, listeners, we don't want to build a snowman. We want to tear one down. But the worst part is it's not even out and out bad. It's actually quite stylishly shot. Yeah. It looks good. It's just absolute nonsense yeah. and edited to shreds. The funny uh, thing, wasn't it the snowman at the time people said, oh, uh, it just shows such a double standard. Michael Fassbender has made like a number of kind of, and yet he flops. continues to make movies. He's made a lot of double Some people. He's, have made he's on the Naomi Watts like run of double Some people. To be quite honest, like, <laughs> if they had the same agent, I would not be surprised. I, th- I think it's more that he got to continue making them for several years. I mean, yeah. his last... His last good one is arguably Macbeth, maybe, at a push. Yeah, not bad. you can argue that I, if you want to. Okay, fine. His last truly great one is probably Shame. Then. Which it was what? 12 years Five years ago? Uh, no, no. Shame is seven years ago. Jesus. Um, but anyway, no, but I mean, back to the point about... Well, the I think Snowman actually did hurt him. Yes, eventually. Because but that's coming off the back of like Assassin's Creed. Well, Mr. Police! The two X-Men movies. <laughs> I gave you all the clues! But that's, that, that again is coming off the back of stuff like Assassin's Creed, off the back of the two... Life um, Between Oceans. Apocalypse. Yeah, that. Uh, I actually didn't yeah. mind Life Between Oceans until it... Really? It does take a very sharp turn. Yes, it does. Um, oh, I love those. the other Lighthouse movie of yeah, the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, back onto the de-aging thing. What's kind of interesting about the de-aging thing is that... De Niro apparently refused to wear dots on his face. That was the one condition the actors had. So you have to get, yes. you have to get especially adapted yeah, cameras. They refused to wear the little green dots that they would use to model. Because he said he couldn't act with them. Because he said he couldn't act with them on. Oh, so they sounds came... great. <laughs> but sometimes you just have to draw them on. Did he do three cameras? That's it. They used did... three cameras with an intuition. These with... actors sound insufferable. I Sorry, was, I was uh, little ASMR here. I was listening to Joe Pesci. Talk about like how like Singing. they they no that that they that they kind of had to kind of act off each other a bit and like improvise somewhat and get kind of like a little bit and he was saying um yeah and I was I was like um he was uh, going off and saying cocksucker this and like how dare they and but uh, um um he told Al Pacino they had to kind of you probably know the scene that I'm talking about it's the yeah. testimonial for Frank yeah. we're yeah. at the back of the room yes um, yeah. but uh, Al Pacino was so, uh, like Joe Pesci told him don't do it at me because Joe Pesci's problem was that if if Al Pacino started shouting at him and keep in mind <laughs> there are actors in a movie that Joe Pesci would would break character and, and no no that, that he would start going yeah. 
You love some people. <laughs> and he would let out the real Joe Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it's like like he was given the note by Joe Pesci to to. To not do it at him. Not do it at him to do it out. Well, lads, if you're going to start complaining about actors, this is pretty much every film. All of this kind of stuff goes on, like, in and terms behind of scenes. notes, yeah. in terms of performance, in terms of you react to people. Don't watch films, then. It's just films. But it, it, I don't know. And the, the, the thing about Bob De Niro saying, no, I can't have, like, uh, green spots in my face. What's interesting though is that like they actually do model his so they model his face. They film with three cameras, mm-hmm. the master camera, which is Does the one. Does it just that... happen when you give someone an assistant? <laughs> they just think the <laughs> yeah, switch. Yeah, it's it like is. bang. It's yeah. like no, I'm not going to do certain things. <laughs> I don't know why I'm not going to do that. Thing. Sorry, he's probably yeah. earned the right yeah. to say. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, but that's the thing. It's just like they kind of like um, I've earned the right to say some people. You, so um, I'm just. I'm not going to say, say some people. Well, what's interesting? Would you like to know what apparently the secret of a great Robert De Niro performance is according to the people who modeled his face? Loads of money. I don't know. <laughs> um, so cynical. Um, it's apparently the fact that he can move his eyebrows in different directions at the same time to create an uncanny effect. According to, These are according to the visual effects artists who model his face. And apparently when they pointed this out to him, his response was, oh, I do that then. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I think it's worth pointing out, actually, and... Um, after having almost two decades of some people air performances that he's exceptional in this particular rewatch he, yeah he, because of the character he is he doesn't get the scenes that your Pesci's Pacino's etc get uh, he's, as you, we said like he's a kind of blank slate and I guess kind of agreeable to do literally anything for anybody he's a dog's yeah. body essentially he's yeah. a soldier he's a soldier he's in hundreds yeah, yeah, yeah. of movies where he's kind of Pacino has been in kind of tens of movies. Yeah. Although to be fair, and again, like it's kind of interesting because you see that becoming part of the narrative of the movie as well, the redemptive narrative of yeah. those two actors. And you have them actually oh, answering I'm... questions on the press circuit about why they make terrible movies. I love that Bob De Niro, Robert De Niro kind of shrugs it off. He's like, yeah, yeah I don't know. I'm not do movies. Money. But Pacino's like, Pacino kind of leans full tilt into the interview kind of process, which is oh, just BS I... as much as you can. It's like, I look at a script and I say... If I'm in it, can I add a star? Can I take something that's dog crap and make it actually kind of okay? <laughs> Sorry, that's that was very. That was, uh, that's more Jack Nicholson. That was that. more Jack. Apologies for that. It was the, something. Anyway. <laughs> it's the same uh, where De Niro um, phones uh, Jimmy Hoffa's wife. Yes, which is uh, mm. which. It's as good a bit of acting from De Niro as I've seen in about twenty-five years. Agreed. It's a remarkable taking you back to the mid nineties. But right? it, yeah, it's a, the casino heat double yeah. header, I guess, is yeah. kind of where he would have been the last we've seen him being utilized in that way. Um, and he does remarkable stuff with almost saying nothing, which is I think it's actually you really for, difficult I to think do. It's because, funny, dude. because of all that time that's passed and all the rubbish he's made, we've forgotten how they can do that. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's a matter of motivation because this is um, this is De Niro's um, revenge movie. Because mm. he he was in uh, uh, Godfather Part Two and was was Al Pacino's father, and then Al Pacino kills him in heat. And it's like, how could you? No, sorry. <laughs> um, and and then he finally gets to uh, gets to kind of Kid. turn turn the yeah. tables. And spoiler, like, yeah, I mean, we are in the spoiler. Spoilers for all. The film literally spoils that within the first two and a half minutes. The shot when he's talking to the camera and he's saying, 
I thought house painters painted houses. And you see a flash of the back of somebody's yeah. head with a gun. And then and a splash. Splattering against the wallpaper. That's him killing Jimmy Hoffa. And the thing is, well, like, get that... Um, oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. And you get the Nero doing that kind of stuff. And it's like... Holy Some shit. people. You forgot he did this kind of yeah. stuff uh, and did it really well. That he was violent and he was and a threat. And it's silent. A, it's a strange thing. Like, and it, like his... his Bert Nerdy style existence with Pacino was probably <laughs> highlighted in the film. Yeah. <laughs> the pajamas in bed. That's remarkable. It's, a, it's kind of like a sitcom almost. It's like, like, it's it's a, like vicious but more violent. Yeah, um, yeah. It's amazing. Like it's like sitting there discussing all sorts of yeah, just love it. The, Pacino the, the in the nightgown. Yeah. It's great. Oh, I love it. I'd happily watch that film just constantly. Like it is. It's it's like an almost kind of hangout sort of film, yeah. which mm. makes it kind of a nice counterpoint to something like Little Women, which is also a hangout film, but about as opposed to young women as opposed to old men. But um, and I think the thing, the best thing about the film for me, um, and what really makes it, and this is Andrew might disagree with this, depending on his experience of it, <laughs> is that the. Thomas Schoolmaker's editing is incredible. The pacing in that film, in terms of a three, like three and a half hour films are really difficult to do. Like to, to get it to the point where people are like not banging that off the wall yeah. with a not make get it to end. the point or get to the, whatever you're yeah. doing. There's a grace with it, the editing, that's really, really beautiful. It flows in the most gentle kind of way and, and drifts by in. No, I agree it, with and that. And it uses yeah. its length remarkably well. Like, yes, I mean, my, one of my yeah. favorites. Andrew. Oh, Andrew! For some people, say, Andrew, I need more whiskey after that. <laughs> but in terms of, so like, to pick an, never going to see Andrew's elephant trick. <laughs> to pick an example, um, the sequence in which they're driving Jimmy Hoffa to his execution, which plays out over what feels like about yes. twenty minutes. Right? And those three establishing shots. That's, that's it. Them. You have like the establishing shots. The play Jimmy Hoffa has to wait at the red cow morning for like forty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> While they play out the scene over and over again. But you have like, because it's allowed to play out to the extent that it is, you get to know the route. You get to yes. measure it. So you yeah. know exactly yeah, how it. far away yeah. he is. So, and it's the same camera angles. It's the same positions, the same, you know, sort of like establishing shots in rhythm. It's over the bridge. Yes. It's turning the corner. That and shot, do you know the, the high shot where yeah. the corner? Oh, yeah, from the, from the, the corner. But what I really found tremendous and just I was watching it say and kind of marveling at it is that you get that tree shot Kind of, it's three. I think it's three shots. Car going that way. Car going that way. Car yeah. going that way. Nothing has changed, and everything has changed within yeah. that. Like yeah. of what's happened in the time space. They're time using span. your familiarity yeah. of what, what you've seen like, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like the tension is just up. Again, the like Thelma's probably one of the best editors there's yeah. probably ever been, and, and this is ex- ex- exceptional. Yeah. And the thing about it. her is, she works almost exclusively with Scorsese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched a video on YouTube not so long ago where she uh, discussed her actual method about how they see whether something's working or not. Yeah. Which is, she says basically that once they've got, they've nailed down a cut, she's like, okay, we need to show this to some people. And Marty's like, okay, get in anybody, get in, like, right, we're in the screening theatre here. Get the janitor in, just see, see how it plays out. Um, get a like, janitor or some other old person. Just anybody, <laughs> anybody off the street, basically. Like, they're, it's clear that, like, what you're saying about how, they use the shots that you know against you. Yes. Like, they wouldn't do that if they didn't feel that doing that again, using <laughs> the sa- similar or same shots again, didn't have some kind of power to it. And, and, and the trust in cinematic language yeah. that you yeah. can get it. Like. And, and the, the audience is understanding. And yes, they've so tested exactly. that with 
Well, I mean, whoever. This is, a, this is a thing similar to how, like, I mean, for all people criticize Nolan's action sequences for being incoherent, the way in which they test those is they show them to random people and make sure, and then literally quiz them afterwards, which is the definition of a Nolan action sequence. Oh, really there will, is, yeah, there yeah. will be a test after this yeah, action yeah. sequence <laughs> to determine how much you enjoyed it. But uh, it is, it's kind of... Or, like, what happened? Yeah, that's exactly... I've, I feel like you could ask... Because I, I I haven't seen one of the Transformer movies. Yes. I've seen Michael Mann... Sorry, not Michael Mann. Michael Bay movies that yes. I've enjoyed. Like yeah. some of his early... The Rock stuff. is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His early funny stuff. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Even the but, or whatever, but, but um, Have you seen like, his milk commercial? I, I saw Transformers in like the window of uh, one of these like television shops. Because that's like the kind of movie that you'd... you'd Showcase because it's bright and colourful and yeah, movement. And I couldn't figure out what was happening. Yeah. Like, what, what, which of these, these robots or what? And there, it just seems to be a whole load of, like, it's really kind of, yeah. But, it, yeah. To, just to, visual noise. Yeah. But in this movie, they, um, you definitely can figure out what's happening during the... <laughs> <laughs> it's nice and slow and steady. It's nice and, and slow. And sort of You're not going to miss what, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, now, what's happening. In terms of using the audience's familiarity against them, this and this is kind of something I want to talk about with regards to... Andrew's comment. We're going to unpack. We're in Darren's We're unpacking, in unpacking territory. But Andrew's little comment about... Uh, sorry, that was very condescending. Andrew's comment about uh, Scorsese making a Scorsese movie and making a Scorsese-style movie. I find it interesting how much of The Irishman... And it's a, it is a very slow movie. It's a very somber movie. It's a very serious movie in some respects. It's also hilarious. But well, it's, it's very like... It I, is oh, a, I, f- I felt like we're meant to react to it the way Frank Sheehan reacts to like the events of the movie. It's supposed <laughs> to be like stony face, kind of like, uh-huh. Just going to shrug and absorb <laughs> yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. uh, internalize it. Yeah. And pick up those important... Is that life, not what the what it works like the for filmmaker me. was? I don't know. Th- that no, is certainly important. not. Okay. I, did, I didn't make <laughs> notes during... I was giving him credit. <laughs> <laughs> when, when I was saying we're meant to be bored by I, I love oh, the oh, oh, and, and oh, no, he's trying to kind of push it beyond kind of like the point oh we're getting Tarkovsky-esque yeah. so, yeah, yeah. there's a point it's where like you're bored I, no I think what you mean is Andrew's taking the piss now uh, <laughs> but uh, I love the idea that Andrew was sitting down taking notes during Frank Sheehan's guide to a good hit job where it's like <laughs> so I want two guns and I want to go in I might need to go to the bathroom first because okay well that stuff is great because it captures and again, this is maybe the conversation that you were talking about that Scorsese's having with himself, right? Because But even the, what pre- prefaces that scene is the scene where he's picking out the guns. Yes. Which is also referenced to the taxi driver scene. That's right. Where he, where he gets the guns. guns. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, um, and there's that kind of... Uh, like, and it's the Nero so, again being aware of his younger self in yeah, that kind yeah. of yeah. sense, but you know? It's weird, though, because it's <laughs> like... Um, and the 22 is is um, is a bit too high a caliber. You know, 45 is a bit too, too loud. loud. Capsule here, two blocks so away. So he's like, I wonder what calorie he's going to go for. <laughs> Probably something between 22 and, so, and 45. But again, it's a long way from back in Taxi Driver when, you know, you hold up any handgun you like. It's like, it's a sweet old gun. It's good luck. Also, but, 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 right, like, and I think the thing conversation in terms of even when the, the, the shooting happens in the Umberto Clam House, yeah. it, it feels re- uh, like the Godfather, like the... The, when he's into shoots a lot yes, though, right? yeah, exactly, like, right? the entire film exists and again this is the thing where it's like it's it's an aesthetic that I would describe as like poppy remixing I, I'd associate it with things like say Greta Gerwig's Little Women ironically enough which keep coming up but even say films like the Into the Spider-Verse or even the work of Stephen Moffat where it assumes that your audience is very literate it assumes your audience has an understanding of how these films work and a grounding in fairness Scorsese's films generally tend to do that I, as, a, as a thing yeah but yeah. I mean but I think 
like even denser like this is much denser than usual and it, it's kind of that thing and it, it reminds me interesting i'm talking about scorsese's collaborators it's something paul schrader wrote for the guardian a couple of years ago where schrader argued that like and it's interesting because this is a netflix film um schrader argued that when he was first writing films you would assume that audiences had consumed maybe two thousand hours of movies in their lives by 20 years later, you assume an audience has consumed 20,000 hours of media in their lives. And, and media is interesting as opposed to movies. Not movies, yeah, just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. storytelling, yeah, yeah, how yeah, stories yeah, yeah. work. People and don't continue to... Well, like, I, aside from, like, present company accepted, <laughs> like, most people don't have the ah, time to watch... My wife would watch a lot of TV. But, yeah. but, I, don't, I don't even mean... But even, like, things like... to me. It's ironic, because we were talking to, again, one of our guests from earlier today, and she was talking about how... Or I was talking to her, actually, I don't think you were there I yet. I wouldn't watch but, nearly as many movies as I do. If, if it wasn't for the podcast. But, okay, but, like... Do we even care about movies actually? <laughs> Why are you <laughs> here? Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Friendship. Yeah, whoa, whoa. Aww. Easy, guys. Aww. Um, Merry Christmas, one um, and all. But anyway. Yeah, it was like, Darren asked me, and I was like, oh, That was quiet that weekend. I was like, <laughs> I don't, this was your idea. I don't know what to say, Darren. I, 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 I'm honored. I'm, I'm, I'm honored that you're asking me. He's it's like, here. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Just say he'll do it. <laughs> but Aaron's got a great ass. <laughs> and so who's who's going to be there? And it's going to be some I people hear, I don't like. Um, I hear you watch movies. <laughs> but, but <laughs> And he also makes movies too, but we don't talk about those. But no, more... Oh, goodness. Th- <laughs> That's like a reference to nothing. <laughs> more to the point... No, it's the carpentry. I do my own carpentry too. Ah, I hear you yeah. do carpentry. Uh, uh, no, well, well, this is the thing. I hear you paint houses. According to Sheehan, was killing the slang for you're killing assassinations. Blood would splatter back on you, and it'd be covered in red, and it'd be like red paint. I do my own carpentry. Painting houses wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting splatters of red paint. Um, I also do my own carpentry. Was that you take care of the body afterwards? Mm. You dispose and clean up after yourself. That's apparently what it meant. But. Back to what I was saying about the consumption of media. It's not, and, and Jay was right, it's not movies, it's media. Like, I mean, we were talking about, I was talking to one and of our guests. Ironically, Netflix is, that's, yeah, that's exactly sort of, yeah. Like, I was talking to one of the guests earlier who was talking about how she has a brother who doesn't watch movies or play video games. He watches videos of people talking about movies or playing through video I'm games. I'm too old for that. No, 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 I'm but too I, old for that. that gives you the idea of how oh, yeah, yeah. literacy how works. Change, and how, yeah. And, like, the thing about The Irishman is that while The Irishman is, and again, in inverted commas, a dad movie in the style of Ford versus Ferrari and that it's about mobsters and it's very slow-paced and it's full of actors that you will recognize, it is also watching it an incredibly dense meta and self-aware piece of work that, while not winking to the audience in a gurning sense, exists in a context of its other work. And, I mean, you're right, you mentioned that shooting is obviously, you know, the Godfather. Stuff like the shot of Pacino at the boathouse is, like, the Godfather, too. It's like the Godfather. Yeah, the leaving of the door open, evoking the end of the original Godfather with Kay and the female judgment therein. The baptism scenes, which happened twice in the first half of the film. Joe Pesci's closing lines in this movie being, don't laugh, don't laugh referencing his most famous sequence in The Godfather which is So You Think I'm Funny Good the God sequence God. in which sorry Goodfellas apologies <laughs> but the sequence Funny How Funny How but the sequence in which you know he directs um, Frank Sheeran to drop the guns or to pick up the guns from a kind of a smelting plant or an industrial factory off quote a ferry named Ferry oh yeah who, was, ferry, who he played JFK who he played yes. in JFK yes. to give an example yeah there's the, a lot of JFK in here the fact, like, in, the fact that you know the story of the Tangiers is the background story for yes, Casino yes. the fact the story of Crazy Eddie exists in the context of that line from Goodfellas this was before Crazy Eddie and then you've got the Watergate stuff the guy with the 
the big yeah. ears like yeah. they would that's, uh, that's, that's Ed Harris's character yeah, yeah. from uh, JFK and yeah. then again like, but the idea that all of these exist you know, not obviously in, in the context yes. of history which they do but they exist in the context of kind of like the of films cinema, of Scorsese of cinema and yeah. culture I yeah. think that's it and, and in particular like Scorsese's kind of use of culture as well and even like you could argue to, to more meta things like that gun picking out sequence which evokes Taxi Driver but things like the casting of Joe Pesci who's primarily known thanks to obviously Goodfellas as being yeah, as being allowed even, obnoxious even, uh, force of nature he's, yeah. su- he's surprised yeah. that he's he has this bad relationship with Peggy and he lays out a whole load of guns on the bed <laughs> and like, I, let me just I really like that there's a tragedy in that yeah. like, he can't get the kids he to can't like understand him. and yeah, Pacino does it effortlessly as often. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's you like get ice cream, special ice cream. It's like someone explaining to uh, Scorsese why why they maybe don't care for his movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't you get it, Dad? Like, don't, don't you get it, Martin? Like, like you, the world's you just, moved on. Yeah, you just keep making these these don't really violent have, movies. I think, think it's upset a, us. I think it's actually a good point, though, nice. because, I mean, I think Scorsese making a film in Netflix is surprisingly radical in a lot of ways in terms of um, as Andrew or sorry as Tara pointed out earlier on that the eyes I love the are in, yeah. you know the yeah yeah sorry it's a, you know Bert and Ernie of a podcast, podcast. Yeah. but uh, yeah. Yeah. which one of us is hot they're both in pajamas by <laughs> yeah. the way uh, uh, you can, I'm not commenting for them but um, you know you made the point about how many people Darren watch it hit Netflix yeah. you know it hits Netflix people watch it yeah like and it's gifable, yeah, and it people is. are sharing gifts online. And I'm sharing all... it with you guys yeah. in the chat. And, and this is good. Like, I mean, this is this is a good thing. Like, yeah. Scorsese will go on and do whatever movies he goes on with. People will watch his movies historically, or he won't. Yeah, his place in history is short. Nobody's worried yeah. about Scorsese. I mean, he he's fine. His films could take a bit of a hit if somebody wants to have a criticize yeah. at them. Right? He's like he's his, his yeah. reputation is. He made stellar. Taxi Driver. What he's already assured a place in. No, what I'm saying is that he's done. If he's, younger, he's, he's like what there. happens if is if you're young and hungry, I mean, coming. Some people are young, and like when I was a kid, present company. Excuse. There used to be TV movies on TV, like older movies and stuff like. And constantly in the 80s, you show a lot of kind of uh, classical films on Saturday mornings and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. It's a, probably Westerns less always. Yeah, and stuff like that. Gangster films and farces, and you know. Yeah, with Jim Robinson. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And Marx Brothers and all that kind of stuff. And you watch on that and. But if you didn't watch that, you wouldn't know Jack about films. Like, I was in the 80s. Yeah. I couldn't tell you it was 1945. Yeah. Like, I, I I didn't like Casablanca the first time I saw it, for, for example. Like, I know it already. And but, look at us now. But the point is that you can't... Some people. On the new generation, not yeah. knowing what Taxi Driver is, if you yeah. haven't seen Taxi Driver. Like, yeah. you know, they may or may not get to it. That's, so that, he, that's it's absolutely fine. So like. it's kind of like he's reacting to that, saying, okay, you don't like Taxi Driver. Well, here it is in the modern context, and I'm hoping you might have watched it. But no, no. That's the thing is that like all of that stuff that we were talking about exists, I would argue, in a sense of and Jay alluded to this earlier, and again, we've gone through the Darren unpacking. Okay, we've unpacked Andrew's Scorsese making a Scorsese film. We're now gonna unpack Scorsese grappling with the legacy of Scorsese. Yes. Because one of the most consistent criticisms of Scorsese, and I'm not entirely sure I agree with it. Um, but I think that there's something to it. I don't again, I don't agree, but I think there is maybe something to it, is that Scorsese's films fall into that kind of like uh, is it is Goddard trap of like it is impossible to uh, 
show something without glamorizing it where it's you have Goddard. this it's got it where you have it's this a, it's, it's war it's like, or Truffaut it's a, and anti-war about, no it's Truffaut and war where he basically yeah. said if you make an anti-war movie it's automatically a pro-war movie because if you have to show an act of war you're automatically glamorized but, but so you have this conversation that has happened we around definitely don't I, nobody has glamorized um, kind of the, the mob glamorized the more mob. than uh, more than Scorsese oh, excuse me Jane, Jane yeah. is being very quiet here whether he intended to or not I think you the, the interesting thing, if you watch Goodfellas, and this uh, it's a good start. And I have, opinion, I rewatched right? it just last week. There's a there's a line in Goodfellas which I find especially revealing, and particularly around this conversation, yeah. is where he says, uh, "You know when he's parking cars for them all that age, or whatever." Like ever since I've been on yeah. But but he but he says though, he's like, you know, how can you go back to school and uh, put your hand up to the flag and praise good government bullshit? Some people. After that, like, <laughs> and like the, the the reason that line apparently is the reason why he didn't win Best Picture ahead of. Uh, oh. That's what it was because it was seen as anti-American. Interesting. And what's, what, and what's interesting about Scorsese, and this is where you're coming from, yeah. I think, and Scorsese is very interested in this if you watch a lot of his documentaries like Italian-American and stuff like that. Scorsese is a big on the immigrant experience, be it Irish, be it Italian, and, and your place in American society and what you had to do to earn that place. And then obviously in, in Italian sense, it's like, uh, you know, and he explains in The Goodfellas, like, you know, that's all it is, you know, your private protection for somebody that can't go to the cops. That's like he explains it right off his voiceover, explains it really succinctly and simply. Mm. All he's doing is providing a service that you can't go to the cops for something, you come to us. Mm. And it's this kind of carving out your own place in American society yeah. as gangsters do. Yeah, it's like like um, Jimmy and uh, Henry in Goodfellas. They are like, they're so excited when like Tommy, Joe Pace, yeah, yeah, getting they're, they're, made. They're because because they some people put them yeah, in yeah, They yeah. can't be made because yeah. they're not they're pure Italian They're trying to back to the home. Back to Sicily. Yeah. But they, but Tommy can. Now, of course, it ends up that yeah. they just get yeah. whacked. But like, I they're think, so excited because nobody could touch but, them because one of them is now. But, but like, I mean, if you extend okay. this, the Goodfellas question and that anti-Americanism, which I think is a little unfair, but I, I know exactly the way that argument is made. And you look at something like Wolf of Wall Street, where the, there's a moment where the uh, Caprio's character, uh, George Bell, gets goes to jail. And he's like, then he's like, for a minute there, oh, I, I forgot, forgot I was rich. rich. <laughs> and it cuts on playing tennis. Yeah. And this this kind of thing that if you're an immigrant and you see rich people getting away with X while you scrabble around in the dirt, then why wouldn't somebody become a gangster yeah. and carve out their own bit? But that, that, like, I mean, I think that we will probably, like, because we're planning to next year go through Scorsese's films on the 250. If Jay I, which is I'm available looking forward to it, I absolutely I'm really, I'm, when We'll be Jay and it'll be a circular kind of panel of guests. We're hoping to have... When you say we, you say yourself and Jay. You're watching this. <laughs> You're watching <laughs> this is as much your project as his. It's You're saying Paul. You can't go now because the film's three hours long. It's, 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 up and it's, <laughs> technically, this is the longest Scorsese film, so we're grand. Yeah, yeah. It's all Everything easier. else is no more than three hours, ten minutes. Yeah, it's all easy. But like... Is well, this I think, another thing that was my idea. Yeah, the podcast was your idea. But, it, but sorry, then, in terms of the context of glamorizing, well, that, that's exactly that, like I mean, I, yeah. I watched I watched Wolf Wall Street come out. I saw it rememberably at a ten AM press show in the, the Ice Sense and I'm in the Oh dear goodness, which is a lot at that time that in the morning, right? But the the interesting thing about Wolf Wall Street, and I, and I think you can extend this to, for certainly from my view, to Mean Streets, Goodfellas, etc., etc. And I think Mean Streets gets forgotten as well, which is yeah. another point we'll come back to later on in terms of uh, gangster films, but. The interesting about Wolf Wall Street and that kind of rich lifestyle and everything. If you watch 10 minutes of Wolf Wall Street, it looks like the most hellish existence on oh, Earth. Oh, I hate Like, the people, people like, no, but even their supposed enjoyment 
And Scorsese alludes this with those kind of, you know, those kind of cuts where, you know, they're in the office and they've hit targets and they bring in the party and all the girls come in. Oh, you have the shot of the woman who's crying. Yeah, and 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 the music warps and stuff like that. Like, it looks like hell on earth. Like these, like Scorsese is saying, these are the people that we vote for. These are the people that represent a certain strata of society. This is what we aim for. Are horrifying Quaaludes are great, Jay. You know that they're <laughs> Which great. Is but you can't get them That's anymore. why Andrew has already you, put some in your Jameson. You know they're great because Finally, they cost has. so much. Yeah. But yeah. you see, this is the thing. That scene, and then because we talk about Scorsese history, because you see something like, say, Hugo, which is obviously a bit the Melies and stuff yeah. like that. Mm. But then you look at that, which is probably one of the great silent cinema s- sequences, a physical comedy sequence, where he crawls into the car. <laughs> like, if you know your film history about how yeah. actors it's work. Chaplin. It's Chaplin. Cha- yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. Like, this, it's always there. But yeah. in, I'm in no doubt that Scorsese is repelled and disgusted yes. by every oh, character he's ever created in the gangster genre. And they all, to all intents and purposes, meet bad ends. Yeah. And even I mean, Ray Liotta, who wins in inverted commas and good talks dance. about how horrible it is yeah, to live like a schmuck. Just like a ketchup you know, and a like skinny, a schmuck, yeah. Yeah, yeah. living like, like a schmuck. Like, like, like he wins only because he survives. But like, no, but like whatever is not that anybody was, survives. Like Scarface is on the face of it a cautionary tale. <laughs> yeah. But it's Oliver also Stone does like not have a poster the, uh, on yeah. every yeah. like dorm. college boy's yeah. dorm room. Was it? Is it yeah. uh, Trainwreck, which opens with Amy Sh- Amy Schumer waking up and going, "Please don't be a, fa- a, a, a Scarface poster on the wall." <laughs> <laughs> it's a great joke. It's guys. a great joke. It is a great joke. Yeah, yeah. And like, this is the thing where I, I forgot about that. I split again, Darren on the fence. I split the difference between the two of you. I agree entirely with everything Jay's saying, and I think it's very. I think there's a strong morality to all of Scorsese. I think there is, um, and I think, it, I think it's a very Catholic morality as no, well. It is, it is, but, a very much. But I'm, I'm but not also, saying his intention is to do it. I'm okay. just saying by the very nature of what the, he does, the very okay. nature well, of creating anything, you'll, people will latch on to a certain thing. About I don't it. even think it's it's the nature of what he does. I think it's the nature of how people consume media. You're always going to get people who look at a film. That is fast paced, edited, and anti heroes are that, yeah, something that people are, going are fascinated. They latch love them. What I want to do to bring it back to is we're going to talk about all of those films over the next year. So I don't want to get too much into the nitty gritty of them. Um, But in terms of this film and what I think this film does in terms of taking that Scorsese doing Scorsese thing that Andrew mentioned. Hold on. Hold on. Takes that Scorsese thing that Andrew mentioned and sucks out all of the energy and vigor and romance, like it, it's the energy, sh- and you could say dynamism. It's, it, it it's is the, a spiritual sequel. Yeah. to it's like we showed you Goodfellas. We showed you Mean Streets is youthful. Yeah. De Niro bouncing down yeah. the street, yeah. full of energy and vim, piss and vinegar, and all the rest of it. Right? Like at the, you, yeah, like at the end of Goodfellas, you get Henry Hill at the end, living life like a schnook, but he's still in like what his mid to late forties. He still has a bit of a yeah. life left. This is the at the end of this film. These guys are dead. Yeah, they and are something dead. And the end goes on you, forty you, minutes, which I love. Yeah, you, you age De Niro in Goodfellas, and that like, why didn't he just do what he did? Because De Niro's too old. You can't, you can't do that. He's like he's seventy-five. Why not? He can't bounce about anymore. I think he played, 20, he played twenty-nine. I think in the original point of Goodfellas when he comes in, Jimmy Conway was giving hundred dollars. Yeah, I never believed that for no, sure. No, no, but it worked in the sense of it was a small uh, contained scene. Apparently, that's that's how they tested the CGI. Yes, process. they did. They yeah. recreated that yes, scene. Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah and that did. was apparently when Scorsese signed off on it. Yeah, I've yeah. done it and stuff like Catch Me If You Can. There's no CGI with um, Chris with, Walken, uh, Chris or Walken yeah. in that. No. I will say, and in it works perfectly that, well. We should approach the CGI. What I would say, and I, as I said earlier, I, I was massively apprehensive. And there I are certain moments 
uh, particularly the first hour, where it, which I had a bit of trouble with when I watched it in cinema. Yeah. Uh, it smooths over and rewatch actually. Um, I like the because I was expecting. No, it's more about the slightly uncanny valley. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Pesci okay. moves his head a lot in. Um, <laughs> In, you know when he meets at the truck where yeah. he fixes the car. That's yeah. the most egregious shot. Yes, the isn't thing. it? Right? Oh. And it's, it's like it, they look when plastic. It, it's like moving. deep fake yeah, sort yeah. of stuff. And like but once you get weirdly, once you get about fifty minutes, sixty minutes in, it's <laughs> the, yeah, it, it starts to fade into the background. It really is. To my mind, anyway. To be honest, yeah, I think yeah, the, yeah, I no, think the thing that does it, being honest, I think the thing that does it is the arrival of Pacino. Like, well, which I, is a jolt to the film. I oh, say. Uh, like, well, although no, no, no. I would argue Gino is magnificent. If we're, we're going to jump onto this, yes, just sorry. quickly in defense of the first hour, rewatching it, what I really love is the first hour. And this is the thing you talk about with silence, right? So, yes. and Scorsese and this existing, because everyone's all like, oh, it's a Scorsese mob movie. It exists yeah. in the context of films like Goodfellas Casino, which it absolutely does, yeah. as we've discussed. But it also, you mentioned Kundun, for example, but yeah. even things like silence, where. Scorsese is a hugely Catholic filmmaker. And again, I don't say there's anybody with a particular knowledge of like, you know, Catholic theology. I mean, just in terms of somebody who was raised Catholic and thus felt really guilty about absolutely everything. But the sense in which the first hour of The Irishman is given over to effectively allegories. It's parables for the movie that you're about to watch. So, for example, you have him when he's working the trucks, stealing from the trucks, stealing from the trucks a little bit until one time absolutely everything is gone, which is like, oh, by the way, this is Did you not movie. feel this was light? Yeah, this is... <laughs> but it's no, great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and shrugging his shoulder and being yeah. like, not my problem, yeah, I did yeah, yeah. my job. But like, that that's the movie in a nutshell. It's a man who keeps taking and taking and taking and until... Bigger and bigger also, can we just a little shout out for Ray Romano's uh, little... Oh, scene. He's terrific, isn't he? Like, he's been, like, he was very good in Bordeaux Empire. I know... What's it Um... Vinyl. Did that vinyl. Yeah, I haven't seen one episode. But he's, <laughs> but he's actually really good. Like, he's actually a fine actor. Yeah. Yeah. I am uh, here to defend you. Yeah. yeah. That bit when he has to, so he's trying to actually get a, so? Yeah. So, you want to know if I did it? Yeah, I believe, yeah, he, I, did. I believe he was quite good. I haven't seen him, but I believe he was quite good in uh, what was the Kumail Nanjiani? The Big Sick. The He's big sick. really yeah. great yeah. in that. Yeah. So, it's what are your thoughts on uh, 9/11? Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's great. It's There's great. a TV show called Men of a Certain Age, which is supposed to be terrific. In yeah. it. I leave it, but, but he, I, he's I, really fine. I've heard him talk about acting as well. He, yeah, he he really kind of like like it's not what you you'd a, a expect he doesn't take any of it for granted yeah. he yeah. works like really Quite, hard yeah. on the whole kind of process of he's it. also getting great reviews for a new indie uh paddleton him yes and, that's uh, a Mark Netflix Duplass. Netflix, uh, yes I indeed oh, okay. i want to point out as well that this might be the last film we'll see we were talking about harvey Cattell and pesci and all yeah. that but also the last film and scorsese is magnificent at this of those big italian faces in yeah. supporting cast, you know, the yeah. like Frank Congello who uh, did whatever, and he sits in the audience and he's telling you, you can't do this, you yes. know. If and you, you know, yeah. there's, there's like five or six of them throughout the film. Yeah. And it's like, you remember the promise from Goodfellas and from her, yeah. and the guy that's playing the singer and the guy that's sitting there. The, the guy who's playing the singer, yeah. do you remember at the at the uh, do uh, for Frank? Yeah. It's Steve Van Zandt. I mean, he's, song, obviously, you know, he's obviously not singing that song. Yeah, yeah. But I it's still wondering, wondering, like, who had... Because uh, I was looking at the credits. It's like, Sylvan Van Tan? Who did he play? Yeah, he plays yeah. the singer at uh, so Frank's faces, dedication. Like, great faces, like great Italian characters. If, if he were still with us, Frank Vincent would have been Oh, he would absolutely oh, be. Oh, with whispers, the other whispers. The other whispers. One of my favourite bits of it. And not only does it go too well once, that then he has another meeting straight after. He's like, no, the other whispers. I really like it. 
it's like for all it's a serious film about mortality, oh, it's, it's always really hilarious. It's like, I love the bit where, where it's like I'm a little concerned, and it pauses. And it's like whenever anybody, anybody tells you they're a little concerned, they're a lot concerned. They're very. If anybody tells you they're a lot concerned, they're really concerned. And if anybody tells you, yeah, and like that, actually, yeah, yeah. that should be laboured. But the fact that it works, but I he's think, so aware yeah. of how yeah. you can play with language in that regard. Like. And also, who's very aware of this is uh, Stephen Zalian. The screenwriter. Yeah, it's a great script. Well, uh, Zillian, I mean, he has, uh, like, Zillian won his uh, Oscar for Ginger's List. Yeah, so yeah. he knows how to adapt a novel. He also did uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo for Fincher. He, I love, which is uh, another really long but very good film. Yeah, I so love a great. few scenes later where he's kind of fessing up to it. And it's like, um, and, and do you know who owns? Uh, <laughs> oh, ca- you know the and, answer. It's just been so drawn out. But yeah, it's, it's the, like, the wordplay. Do you, do, you, do you know who owns Cadillac Linen? It's like, no, I... I don't know. It's Some like, too broad, sorry. I, no, it's, 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 it's yeah. I do. And it's I, like, who? I do. And it's like, who who, who, who owns it? No, it's like, <laughs> I, don't, no I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is great. But I, and it's, it's worth noting again that the way in which like that, that first hour kind of lays out everything. So you have like, the idea of the truck, the maintenance, like the first conversation between Ross and him is about like truck maintenance, which again is how Scorsese views morality. As far as Scorsese is concerned, because again, we talk about this idea of him as an empty vessel or a void, completely lacking agency, I think is how Jay described it. But but it's more that, like, for Scorsese, the act of being a good person is constant maintenance. It's moral hygiene. It's like that truck. It's when Russ talks about the truck. It's you have to fix the cap or else it'll just go on you again. Mm. And it's the same. And he does get it fixed. He does get it fixed, but only but because he, he was told yeah, to. But he, but he, but he, <laughs> but Ross liked him because somebody listens to him. Yeah. He did it because, yeah. because he's a good soldier. Yeah, that's it exactly. And again, the, the kind of metaphor that yeah, plays yeah, throughout, yeah. like his experiences during the war. The and guys again, digging their own graves. Like, why would they dig their own graves? Like, and, and maybe because they, they think he might get away. Like, and also no. because that's exactly what Frank is doing for the yes, entire yeah. course of the film: yeah, yeah. is digging his own grave yeah. and no, wondering that, what happens. That at is the what end. Jimmy is doing the entire. That's because it's Frank was looking at these people and it's like I could never understand why they would um like dig their own grave. It's 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 Jimmy who digs his own grave. Oh he does, he absolutely yeah. but only in yeah. the sense that but he thinks he's more powerful than then he actually turns out to but be yeah. in, in fact like, no, if we can kill the president, you do you not think we can kill the president of a union? Germans are, are are kind of like um uh, f- f- finally someone is kind of as seen that we can be a bit useful around here but like no but even in terms of it being like Frank it's, yeah you're right it's not literally Frank in the way it's literally Hoffa but it's it, more in the sense but, but he is though well, in the he's sense never you're right. to die but <laughs> once you, <laughs> once you shoot no, no. German soldiers into their own grave your moral compass but that, that's is a, gone and, and all you're doing is slowly Kind of towards and, it, and even, exactly. even after that, they, they never did anything wrong except be Nazis. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying you shouldn't yeah. do it or whatever. Like, or even dirt. Listen, if there's any for the point alive. of doubt, I would kill Nazis tomorrow. <laughs> if you want to line me one up. Uh, okay, okay listeners um, but no it, it's more <laughs> you're going to say I can't condone killing that yes you can Darren you can condone it you can it's, it's okay people like what they like isn't that right Darren there's only Hitler burger for you on your uh, well, out there well we were just having a couple of whiskeys the next thing you know we're invading Czechoslovakia but anyway, my, my point is more that from Frank's point of view you have the scene at the end when he's talking to the daughter who's not Peggy yes. and he's he's sitting there and he's going 
Why why won't you guys It's talk a to remarkable me? scene yeah, actually. It's like, actually. What, what's cuz her eyes are crying yeah. and cuz she knows there's nothing he can do. Yeah. And, and he never knew and he never cared. Yeah. And he, because he's been digging that yeah. particular He's been grave. half yeah. and he half ass of it like you know um uh, is I, there I, I just trying to protect do? you cuz yeah. uh, I didn't want you to bad people in the world uh, not thinking of themselves <laughs> yeah. like well, like that he's murdered people left right and centre right. like again this is the land script is so full of these wonderfully yes, ironic sentiments yeah. like there's the moment where when he's giving Hoffa when you know when he's Hoffa's given him his acceptance, spe- acceptance speech he stands up and he says I'm always right behind you Jimmy and you're yeah. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> also uh, just a shout out um, since you mentioned her uh, that's a daughter that's a daughter Dolores uh, played by Mara in Ireland she crops up in uh, a lot of stuff you see her in things like Hell or High Water, uh, Rachel Getting Married, uh, Revolutionary Road. She's great. Also, another of his daughters is played by India Nenga, who we will know from Treme. Oh yeah, yeah. Jesus, that's it's a it's a deep bench to cast them. Absolutely. And while we're burning through two fifty tropes, there is a literal push westward, Andrew. Wow. Hey-o. The entire premise of the movie going is the Ohio. drive going to yeah. Detroit. It's like a literal push. I like when he made the map with the, the, yeah. the magnifying glass. I yes. love and, and, and it's, it's such a nice little detail at the mark. So, and, and the great and thing is that that's the only choice that he makes. Because yeah. like it's like the, the road is all a metaphor throughout, because it's literally like the title, even though it's the Irishman, it's I like, hear you paint houses is the title of the film. And I love how it was put on screen, I'd say. You the is like accusatory. And, yeah. and then the, 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 yeah, you, the you in you're, the centre. You're taking, you should take responsibility yeah. for this. It's also so senior, like the whole scene of him kind <laughs> oh, of like drawing the, 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 oh, yeah. the little line yeah. through, the, oh, yeah. through the map. You expect, you, you couldn't and have it. circles the point when he gets <laughs> yeah. to the Yeah. It's a little detail. Where Detroit is. You could have a scene of him cutting, you could have a scene of him cutting out coupons. Same tone. But yeah. again, you the roads is kind of this idea of the metaphor for life as well, and the idea that you know he never chooses the roads to be driving. He's a driver for all his life, but he's not actually choosing. This is the one time he picks the route. This is the one time he picks the route, and even then, that is overwritten by Ross when he's like, "Oh, by the way, we're taking a trip. You're that, going to that an airport." Plane journey, I find yeah. the whole sequence is desperately be weird, and like you know, he's saying, oh, "No, we're not going. The wives are staying here. We're going." Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we've done all we can for him, yeah. Yeah, which just, is the, the, that, the, the, the phrase he uses, uh, Russ. What I noticed, and this is interesting because I noticed this the first time I watched it. The second time I watched it, I was like, I'm pretty sure it's there. And the third time I actually froze it to be absolutely sure. The moment where Russ says, we need to put you into this thing. There's mm. nothing more you can do. The camera is over Russ's shoulder. And there's a moment where De Niro turns to the camera looking directly at it over Russ's shoulder. Yeah, it's like, if, he, it's like he's looking at the audience going, help me! Or like he's looking at us like he's looking at Peggy, waiting for that moral judgment to come. And then after a second, he turns back to Scorsese's Russ. Scorsese's very good at audience yeah. moral judgment, so you, you oh, know, yeah. saying the Wolf Wall Street would be another... Example that. Kind of Sell me this pen. And I will make just note of one little kind of... Another particular pop culture bit in terms of... Because we started off this conversation about... Um, what, what was, what's the film about to you, etc., etc., yeah. and the kind of dying of the light and all that kind of stuff. At one point, they're in the town and they get out of the car and the shoe this is playing in the cinema across the way, which is John Wayne's final film where he had cancer when he was dying oh, when yeah. he made it. And this is very much the, the dying artist kind of film, yes. that wintry kind of, you know, we're not in autumn anymore, we're into winter. Yeah. You know, this is 
And like we know, when, we know there's a new Scorsese film coming, but we don't know how many of them there are. They're, they're, we're in a finite amount. Yeah. I like suspect. we're down, we're well down on single digits. Here. Like Scorsese <laughs> is saying to De Niro, "Okay, so the movie starts. You're in a retirement home. It's the last days of your life. It's like uh, Scorsese. I'm, I'm not actually that old. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I'm trying to tell you, you are. I'm trying to tell my own story through you. <laughs> yeah. um, they actually digit the age. They actually digit the age him up for that sequence. Why? He was in a Bronx Tale as well. Like the amount of movies he himself has been in, where, where he plays people of different ages. I, I was like. amazed at that because it's like obviously you look at the younger stuff, and because this is interesting because it's, it's the Captain America thing in Endgame. Because I didn't realize that was CGI; I thought that was makeup. I thought it's, so too. It's easier to age somebody. Oh, of course, it's because it's okay. you're just slapping, you're not smoothing. Yeah. Your, yeah, you're adding wrinkles. Yeah, it's easier to add than to take away in that regard. Because um, yeah, so that all that stuff is CGI. A lot of that stuff is CGI. I'm actually amazed. The yeah. thing about De Niro is uh, actually. Easier to age people just generally than just it is wait, to make them just younger. Just talking about Star Wars, and like some people. Like, I try and, and I try and uh, pretend I have enthusiasm here, but to be honest, I'm just aging here listening to you. Some people. Like, like, don't don't believe any of those face cream things. They can't make you. Any I love the idea that like I bathed in moisturizer <laughs> for this the morning. last forty minutes of the Irishman. Scorsese adopted the radical approach of waiting twenty years between takes. <laughs> <laughs> But I do like uh, De Niro's performance and one particular thing I liked about it is that every time he was under pressure, Frank, every time he was kind of under pressure to do something he didn't want to do, he can't get the words out. Yes. Mm. Which I and which is a very obviously a very particular choice in terms of character kind of thing. Yeah. And on the phone call, uh, when he's told to do what it is and you know, it is what it is, yeah. which is one of the great kind no of uh, it's a magnificent thing. Like yeah, tell 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 Jimmy it is what it is. Yeah. The finality of that is yeah. the most time I noticed that actually was right at the end in that scene where you talk about where Sheeran is talking to his daughter. Yes. And she and she says and like, like, oh, What were you protecting us from? And he's like, oh, and he's like oh, he can't get out of you because he because he, he knows it's all but, bollocks. Like. But this is the thing, and again, this is I really like that talk about this sooner or later. This is the part that Andrew described as Scorsese's slight nod to the fact it's now 2019 with the women characters and the big discussion that there's been around the amount of lines that Anna Paquin, Paquin has. Yeah. And again, Paquin herself has come out and kind of spoken about how she doesn't like being drawn into that debate. She's very glad to be a part of it. She thinks her character is important. And in the discussion she Scorsese, is. I think she is as well. And it's interesting that I would argue, and again, this is probably, again, as you described, this is a, a podcast that is very consciously four Irish men talking about the Irishman. Yeah. So I understand I don't have the authority to be the final word on this. But for me... what I, I, I'll, I'll take the authority to okay. be the final word. Hey. Well, what, what I found interesting was that juxtaposition where the men in the Irishman talk a lot. They talk a lot and they talk around in circles. And there's that wonderful sequence where you have the game of Chinese whispers with Jimmy Hoffa, where it's like, somebody should tell Jimmy that. Yeah, yeah. And then you have, well, somebody should tell them that yeah. and the background and Frank is like, always the yeah. kind of messenger and, but nobody's saying anything, anything it's yeah. all vague and it's yeah. all abstract why doesn't but, why doesn't but, 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 guy. Yeah. but I mean but like you have these men who if they actually said what they were thinking the movie would last about why you know the movie would be 90 minutes long at a push but Tony, you have the Tony the wo- Tony what Tony yeah. which Tony they're, they're, they're all called Tony, Tony. Yeah. oh who's gonna be there Tony Tony, 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 and Tony. The contrast with that is that you have uh, the character Peggy, who, despite the fact she doesn't have much dialogue, she arguably has one says, line. says she more. Uh, two kind of two statements. Yes. In one say, one say. Yeah. But can I? I just yeah, like to get yeah. this because I, I, I've been thinking about this quite a lot in the last few yeah. weeks. So, you know, it's an interesting conversation. I 
absolutely understand what Scorsese is going for here. Yeah. And I think he largely succeeds. And Pacman is a fine, fine actor and does great work here in terms of those kind of uh, moral judgments. Because she, she is basically the conscience. Looking the down thing. at the con- Yeah, exactly that. That's fine. And, 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 I, and I absolutely agree. And I think that being done here, I think what Scorsese has said, what Pacman is saying in terms of the, the role and everything, that's all right. However, I do think it's a fair question for somebody yes. to ask it, to say, granted, but women in a lot of films, not just Scorsese yeah. films, or not whatever, like, have been reduced to these roles, haranguing sisters, daughters, wives, all that kind of stuff. And I think I think it's a fair question to ask whether she should have got more to do. And like I mean, even if she does what's done well, I don't think Scorsese's been bad. And I, I, he's had really great women characters in this film. Past. It's not, what are you, what are it's you doing not, dressed like a gangster? Yeah. Or like like <laughs> yeah. and, and that's kind yeah, of yeah. like what are you doing killing people? Yeah, exactly. um, it's, 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 it's a good it's question. It's much more subtle than why. Why do you do it? The, the like, na- nagging. I, I think. I, I think they're. I think they're nagging. both. That's not. No, no, no. no I don't no. think she is either. But, but that's I'm saying her... I think they're. I think both. No, I understand. We used to have, we used to have a, a nuanced like, argument, and I, I think there's both it's arguments the are equally valid. Like, yeah, no, I think it's like it's fair to raise these questions. I think it is. I think it's absolutely fair. And Ashley, as I said, we're four Irish men. I might make a point. Ashley Carrick, who's really, really good film critic and programmer in New York from England, made really, uh, 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 shared an article around racism and kind of re- black representation in Scorsese films, which I think, is, and I read it, and it's something I never really thought about because it doesn't, it's not it doesn't my radar, up. I guess. Like. And, but I think it, it raised some really interesting questions about how, how, he uses, how people of colour are used yeah. in Scorsese films, or not. Raging Bull, for in, example, yeah, yeah, or, and obviously Taxi uh, Driver as well. Or Goodfellas as well, in terms of, okay. that, but my point, I, like, I, I don't, I don't think think get me wrong. I don't think that much about women either. No, but maybe he doesn't. But he, he has made films with like oh, uh, right. Alison Livingston Moore or something. Age of Innocence. Sharon Stone in uh, Casino. Casino is one like of the I, great I, I don't think he's without that. But I, I think he, I think Scorsese would rather do a film about what properly he knows. and not try to be too inclusive. Of Some people. Put up and make an absolute arse of himself. It's the argument. That, right? he, the argument he puts out. I think of this is. Um, it's like where around the time when he was moved to do Schindler's List. Yes. And he switched with Spielberg to do Cape Fear. Because as he said, I'm a Catholic Italian-American. Spielberg's, Spielberg's Jewish. I could have made Schindler's List. He could have made Goodfellas. They'd be good films. But they wouldn't be Goodfellas and Schindler's List. Yeah. Unless we bought our but own experiences It, it is them. also worth noting in that sense that like Scorsese does generally do good work supporting uh, filmmakers. From he does. He mentioned Madeline's Madeline, which is produced by him as well. Yeah. And in terms of international distribution as well. Didn't he executive produce The Souvenir as well, I think? Yes. I believe uh, he did. Yes, he did. And he's big on, he's big kind of supporter of John Hogg and something. That's all fine. Yeah. And But I'm not, but I'm saying is... Oh, no, it's a fair... Scorsese is... Yeah, Scorsese, there should be criticism. He's strong enough to take criticism. And there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, you might be wrong here at certain points, and you might be a little colorblind, or you might be a little whatever. Like that's fine to argue it, as long as you argue it. I suppose people are allowed to make movies. Coming good points, as opposed to coming in on a high horse, just because. No, no, but uh, like I think Scorsese, it's a little more complex than that. that. I'm not saying that's what's been done here. No, I don't think it is. I think, but it's what some people could. It's what some people could do. In this day and age, what some people do. What I've seen happen, and what I find interesting, is a lot. A lot of women have argued the point that erasure in film in that regard is a is a bigger thing than a Scorsese film specifically yeah but it does contribute to it 
Well, also the, even the, even if the, also the reasons are sound, also that, I think that's a fair argument. That's also about, that conversation. Oh, sorry. Do you want to go? No, yeah. I was going to say the other thing about Scorsese is like he chooses to set his movies in these really kind of like um, uh, patriarchal kind of decades. No, he does, where, and, where, and, where, and he's where, very critical of male some people, Housery and all the rest. Well, of I mean, like Raging Bull is an indo- again. This is similar to the stuff we talked about with Nolan and Inception, where despite the fact you may argue about his use of women characters, his examination of masculinity is not exactly kind of glamorous or flattering no, and, I and, think it, it's it's yeah, and, and also it's yeah, horrifying people like, and, and also his use of women in inception is very self-reflective in that he's yeah. questioning his own use of the trope of the dead yes. wife yeah very clearly but I mean like yes and then Scorsese's doing that as well like you have like people that the press around it describes it as you know sort of a movie about toxic masculinity about this idea of what happens sorry this movie this movie and, and most of his movies and a lot of his movies as well I'd argue as well where they have this kind of idea of machismo and the idea that men behaving in this way well, is damaging I, and I hurtful don't, I don't think and it is I don't oh, think absolutely. No, yeah, no, 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 I, Scorsese as well I wasn't being a radical no 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 but Scorsese is very clear that he finds men's destructive tendencies appalling yeah. and that, that that's all they have because they can't talk about it yeah and, and again, this literally just, can't talk about that it. That goes literally to his whole career. I right? think it fascinates him, and that he. Like, oh, well, it absolutely does. It repels yeah, and fascinates him. He's drawn him. to it. Yeah, no, he is. Yeah. And That's he what comes himself, across. He, in no, his he tells himself he's yeah. repelled and fascinated by equally. Well, like I mean, it's going to be fascinating anyway because they're men who are surrounded by power and money. Like yeah. it's always it's these I, kind of vices that draw people in like anyway. The, his, his repulsion to it, to me anyway, doesn't really come across as much as his fascination. Oh, I, I think it does. I think, I I think, think it does. I think I, it feels like Scorsese is a kind of a um, a small guy who would like to be a, sort of a tough guy. I think like, there's an element to that. I know I think, exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I, don't, again, I, don't, I wouldn't dismiss that completely. But yeah. what I will say is, though, I think he's repulsed by male behaviour in certain ways that. And it spills into all his films. Like literally every film has a almost a male kind of somebody that can't get get to a position by any other means other than kind it, of it, smashing out in yeah. something. Like and the damage that that and the causes. damage that the ripple effects that cause across. Like any male, area. any main male character in any of his films is going to be defined to some extent by some kind of pettiness or narcissism yeah. or and narcissism is exactly it. Like and I think they are absolutely right. They'll also be defined by having lots of money and yeah, lots they, of women. Power, and, lots of money is no good in the end. Though. That's the, I think that's the but like, point, like that's the point of the Irishman. Yeah. At the end of the day, Sheeran achieved all these things. He got to be a part of history. Also, he got to. But he he's to, alone. He had to argue down the price of a coffin, mm. like you know, because With action Bronson, action, action Bronson, Bronson yeah. from seven and a half grand to six grand, and then he had to pick out his little mausoleum thing because yeah. it's not as final as the grave. He does that because he knows he's an old person. No, but, <laughs> but, he, has, but he, he also no has to, to do, do it. it. He also has no one else that will yeah. do it you for him. You have that shot of the orderly sitting outside yeah, yeah, with a cigarette, talking, yeah. just waiting. Frank, your lawyer died. They're all dead. Like they're literally all dead, and he still can't talk. Which is at once quite funny and it's so unbelievably tragic. tragic. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and that's that's the kind of wonderful thing about the ending is that it is so pathetic. That final shot. Do you know what I love in a film? When the final shot, when you're watching a film and you go, "That should be the final shot," and it becomes the final shot. You know when you're watching a film, you go, "That should be the final shot," and it goes another fifteen minutes. I hate that. But you know, you hear something that yeah. just feels perfect, yeah. and that felt perfect, and, and it ended just at that point. And what absolutely booked our barked for me was and a, a typical Scorsese trope: the use of the soundtrack, the uh, still the night, which still feels the night. different every time it's used. Uh, two three, three times, yeah, yeah. yeah. The wedding, there, the, the opening of kind of tracking scene, which is almost like it yeah. goes from establishing to joyous to unbearably tragic. Yeah. 
No, I think it's the same version. It's the same one each time. Mm. Also, yeah, don't do the same version. And it the, feels also so the very slow down. I might point out that the Coco Banner appears in the film as well. Yes, oh, yeah. 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 and John Rickles plays himself yeah, 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 as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's an opening long take in the style of Coco yeah, okay. except in a nursing home. Don Rickles doesn't play himself. No, Don Rickles doesn't Don play himself. Rickles himself. Is dead. dead. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Don Rickles appears. Because that'd be tricky. The character appears. Sorry, but no, I agree. This is the thing. Uh, isn't he played in a movie by uh, uh, Norton? Um, uh, Jim Norton? The fact machine? Is he uh, Ed Ron Ed the fact machine? No, no, no. I, th- I, think I love that if it was Ed, Ed Norton. Norton with Tourette's. Is it <laughs> no. Jim, Jim Norton, who's another kind of a comedian who yeah. might do sort of kind of, uh, maybe sort of insult sort of. One of my favourite Scorsese things uh, I've ever uh, seen. Jim Norton film. plays Don Rickles. Yes. Uh, where in Goodfellas, where they do the tracking shot through the Coco Man. Yeah. And he gets to the table and he set it up because yeah. he gets the table that's run because you know. Yeah. You know. Well, it's a glamorous long Yeah, it is. But what I love about it and what's be- almost arguably better in some ways than that, and, and it took me about seven or eight watches to actually tweak how great it is, is that you sit down and uh, she's like, you know, what do you do? I make construction. I was like, <laughs> I was like, and, and, uh, and she's like, what do you do in construction? It's like, he's like, and, and it's beautifully done right now. says, I'm a union delegate. And then, boom, boom. The comedian starts. Up. It's actually <laughs> half of the union delegate. It's such a some people nonsense of an answer that it actually gets its own drum roll for comedy, Brilliant. which is glorious, it's absolutely like, glorious. Oh, I, I believe that's, that's what, what, we, alone that's what just, we call a, sh- a, a grace note, and I think that deserves what children refer to as a chef's kiss. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, and it and it's very much how I just watched. I just rewatched Goodfellas last week. You're making me want to rewatch it again I, right I, now. I, I I have TCM right, so every it's time I'm yes. drunk. Yeah. Uh, 11 o'clock and good I was like, where I'll watch you again, sitting yeah. here, and I'm usually lights eating and drinking whiskey. Why can't you just, why can't, it's like, why, I've seen it like 50 times. Like, Why can't you just say every time you come home? This is now an intervention, not a podcast, we which brought, I, I love you all, but I'm going to get out the window now. Drag us kind of forcefully back to the yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. What you're I think is, is interesting is the way in which Scorsese largely strips out anything resembling glamour from the life. You, and that's it's the thing about the like, if no, It's a dumb work people. that exists. It has a, and, and this is the thing where you mentioned, again, the labour of yeah. Like you have Frank almost as a blue collar kind of criminal, but not even him, the people around him. He the introducing the only one not on the take is <laughs> Like he's true. supposed to take those envelopes full of money. Yeah. He's a bit where I'd do a favour for Russell and you never get paid. And it's like, like well, there's, the bit, you know what, there's a bit where he's initially elected as head of the local uh, Teamsters. Uh, and, he and he goes to meet somebody yeah. and uh, no, no, I don't need that. they offer him a, an envelope. He said, no, I don't need that. I'm just here to say hello. Do you know what I'd love if you need anything. I love that he calls Russell Russ. Yes. It's that, that fatherly, uh, and Russell calls him kid, yeah. even though he's like 16. <laughs> but there's this weird, lovely father-son dynamic that's that Frank really needs somebody to yes. kind of look after him because he can't look after himself. Well, I mean, that, that's the which thing. is his, the essence of it. Well, he's a granddad. We were talking about like masculinity and stuff like that and the idea of how much is kind of learned because you also have like... He learns from Bill Buffanala, the character played by um, Ray Romano. Yes. And where you have the um, you have the sequence where Ray Romano did you take him it? through. Did you take like if they can prove it, they're just going to ask for names. Would you feel comfortable giving them names? Absolutely not. Literally, then we got nothing to worry about. He, he literally replays that scene himself when he, he does when he's talking when he, the thing. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And you have a sense that like he has. This is the thing where you're talking about men and needing a father figure and how you learn. It's the idea that you absorb all of this passively. Yeah. That you know, and you're not even given information that you care about. Yeah. You're, you're, you're yeah. almost given it by rote. Yeah, that it, like he doesn't learn. That's the way it, he never it, questions it. it. No, yeah. he doesn't because it's 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 spewed back out yeah. in a very specific 
weirdly uh, unfeeling way. Because yeah. that's the way you teach kind of idiots. You know, by, <laughs> but he, by, but he by, kind of is an by, idiot. By no, he is. He yeah. is. Like, he's, um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a hostage to history like, yeah. In, yeah. in lots of ways. Like, that, that, that Forrest Gump comment is very... No, it is. Forrest Gump's very out. But you mean like he survives He survives trying to blow up the Cadillac laundry by virtue of arguably being so dumb. That sequence where he meets with Angelo plays very much like, you're right, this guy was too stupid to have done it. <laughs> so it's like, it's too stupid to kill him. I would have liked to see more Harvey Cotella. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Well, another, I mean, another scene or two of Harvey would have been lovely. Well, you know that um, the character he played, uh, Angela Bruno, was known as the docile Don. Uh, um, he oh, was nice. Yes, he was apparently the nicest organised crime head that uh, Philadelphia ever had. I suspect if I was an organised crime head, that's what I'd be known as. Yeah. The well, until he was... <laughs> Before I was shot the head outside but, but the a Harlem nightclub. Three the, times over. Yeah. The reason yeah. why he died in a car bomb outside his home was because he refused to bring heroin into the city, apparently. But, oh, um, so his sub- nice. His but that was a very old school guy. Yeah. Stuff. The Godfather gets at that about yeah. the drugs and stuff. Like, you know, the family's meat yeah. and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And, and the Turk and... and yeah. Sort of yeah, but um, which I thought was kind of an interesting thing. I also did like the Tony Jack, loved by everybody, died in his sleep of natural causes. Right. It's yeah. actually, it's because it sets up with so many people dying. Yeah. It's such a brilliant visual joke. Like. Yeah. It's yeah. glorious. And even, even the bit that happens with, uh, was it uh, Sally Bugs, yeah. where Sally Bugs shot three times in the face and you assume that because all the other deaths that you've seen are off screen, you you're not going to see it. it. And then you see him getting also, shot. Also, Sally Bugs stuff up. about the fish is incredible. Oh, what the, the f- Some people. Do you not know, know a haddock is salmon? Do you not know what a fish is? What do you neglect? Oh, some people. And then Jesse Plemons actually makes a really good Alec. He's like, oh, well, I was, ordered, I was getting it for somebody else. Like, well, that makes more sense in the story. And it just goes on and on. The but again, again, and that's another really? metaphor for Frank's situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you didn't I, ask what kind of fish. They're always literally sleeping the fish is like. I realised in retrospect when on the WhatsApp, Phil asked what kind of whiskey it's <laughs> meant to be saying I don't know it's, it's just like, whiskey it's what like, it's a, what's that some people you know whiskey about whiskey a, a do you want to know what is amazing about that sequence right what's really amazing and this is probably a nice segue to talk about the use of history in the film right so much right? so much of the um, so much of the Irishman is based on history that is quote unquote suspect um, it's all bollocks okay, it's what yes. it is oh, but, yes but yeah, do you want to know what's, you know what's amazing about the fish scene? Go on. Fish scene is actually verified by the FBI. No. Chucky O'Brien Brian did actually have a fish in the back. This makes me do, really do, happy. Do, do, me too. Uh, do you want to know? I can tell you. I can tell you what fish it was. What I can was tell it? you exactly what fish. Trout. I can tell you more than Rainbow trout. Mother. Some people. And trout. It was a um. Whatever. snapper. That's I'll take the best. Come on, Darren very confidently says, "I can tell you what kind of fish it was." It's Didn't a forty-it's a forty-pound salmon, but is pound the right measure for a salmon? Yeah, that'd be right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was a forty-pound salmon. Some people, some people. So there, you know, no, we solved the uh, great. Did you go into a shop and ask for it? Like, how do you yeah. not know what fish it is? What the? F- some people do you know about fish. <laughs> what do you know? Yeah, Jim's like, what do you know? About? Have you ever caught a fish? No. Well, then, what are you talking about? Then? <laughs> It's amazing. It, it's a great We're scene. loving the fish scene. But that's the point. It yeah, puts yeah. you on such an edge. Because it's like we're just gonna go. You know, as long as the scene continues, Hoffa's not gonna die. Also, the, is, do you know what's really interesting about it? I think initially at the start, that you know, the DR Sally Boats and uh, Frank are oh, the in the back seat. And once uh, Frank insists in the back seat, so you think somebody's gonna get whacked. Because you've seen Goodfellas, right? Yeah. When Maury also, you've seen Sally Bugs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sally Bugs choking yeah. him out. Well, you, do you remember Maury when he's like, I never thought he'd never shut up. And he gets some people in the back of the head. I never thought he'd shut up. Some people. Some people. But like, 
once uh, Frank Sheeran sits in the back seat, you you're, you're familiar with Scorsese films. Yeah. He's going to murder somebody in front of him, and this is really interesting. And this is what we were talking about earlier on about this Scorsese shared history, yeah. almost like that. You know, scenes play out because you've seen enough films, you know exactly what it's subverting your expectations. It is exactly and I really very like slimy. I really like and, that. and even in this film, and again, this is a small thing that I love. It's the bit where you get the kind of Scorsese murder montage with Tony Pro, where you get the kind of more energetic one, where your man changes the radio station to the slow music and then gets and garotted. Then it and your man changes it back to the kind of poppy stuff as you go back to the montage. Worth mentioning, actually, Tony, uh, Stephen... Stephen Graham. Graham. It's brilliant. But he, so, he has, so he's good. He's an interesting... He's a, an interview in The Guardian today, uh, which is really good, and talking about how, like, you know, the, the improvisation around it with Scorsese, yes. with De Niro and Pacino, and like that... It, it was like he's compared them to Shane Meadows like they're very similar directors and they they have a script but they like to play around with it and see what comes out and stuff like that and it's really fascinating well to be fair if ever there was a small script director fantastic oh he is but just to so, make one point he's so good but just to make one yeah. point there like you're saying about directors who take influence on Scorsese one who clearly has Shane albeit is. a very small scale is Shane Meadows no, I mean, for goodness sake, he made one from... Le Duncan Scorsese. Le Duncan Scorsese. Scorsese. That's my name. And now, don't get me wrong, Le Duncan Scorsese is not very good, although it's worth it for... It's fascinating, it's but it's worth not it, great. It's worth it for Paddy Constantine going... Yeah. Some people. can see Christ. Uh, but... <laughs> so good. Do you want to know, um, again, another detail that will probably make you very happy about yes. that scene oh. with Stephen Graham? Um, that sequence where they're having the argument about how late you can be for Traffic. a meeting. What happened was that was I think that was one of Graham's first days on set and he was like um, you know Bobby De Niro was there who was one of the great acting legends and he wasn't saying anything in the scene so I threw it out to him in the middle of the scene just improvised I was like so what do you think Frank and De Niro improvises back 12 and a half um, oh, some people which is great I gotta also love... he's obviously working an acting muscle hasn't he yeah. worked in like 20 years you don't keep a man waiting the only time you do is when you want to say something when you want to say some people and again you have that theme of saying something without actually saying anything which is yeah they never actually get around they dance around for ages and then oh. suddenly Pacino and Graham have each other on the goddamn floor it's so good though because he's like oh I'm I'm what what is it? I'm I'm beneath you. He's like definitely. The whole cinema erupted. No, I want you to apologize. What I gotta apologize for? <laughs> for the you people. Well, what do you gotta? Well, I apologize for that. Do you apologize for being late? It's, but it's not, it's not it's not even that. It's the bit where he goes. Oh. I apologize for you people, you greasy wop. Double down spectacularly. It's a remarkable scene. And the light in the round windows yeah. it I think Priscilla Page on Twitter did literally put about four or five different uh, screenshots of that scene and the light that comes in and how it like illuminates various start- like for, it's incredible. Like for a lot of people it's their favourite scene in the entire film. Like as soon as Graham as Tony Pro. Well, this was the in. one the ten-year-old girls in the queue behind me were reenacting. But like, as soon as I he walks in in those shorts, you just think this is going to end. You dress in badly. suit Miami. I dress in suit everywhere. Yeah. It's going to end badly, but it's going to end hilarious. Let me ask a question though. That's an interesting question though. Favorite scene in the movie. Oh, there's a. T- Sorry, I'm being presenter all of a sudden. I, I this no, it's, it's, a, it's a good call. It's a good call. It's an interesting I, question. I, I'll jump in straight straight away. Favorite scene. I don't know. Funniest scene is the. I didn't even see you there. 
That was not directed at you. You dumb motherfucker. You can call everybody else a dumb motherfucker. But I'm not. Yeah, that, that's a great scene. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm afraid you beat me to that. Is also my favorite scene, just because. Jesus, yeah. The, again, it's that what you're saying earlier about the whole Bert and Ernie bickering between the two, which is also remarkable. Well, yeah, I mean, it also helps that you know Bert is based on De Niro. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> really? Well, look at him. Bert is evil. <laughs> Bert's great. No, but like Bert in this is Pacino. Ernie no, Bert in this is, <laughs> is, is De Niro <laughs> because he's the more stoic of the two. I think we're getting lost <laughs> in the fighter scenario. Well, that's call, your favorite scene, but well, do you want to nominate Ernie. Do you want to nominate another one? Uh, oh, another one. Uh, I'm also going to go with I'm gonna go with the Tony Pro scene, the meeting, because... You can't name the two scenes that other... Okay, Why not? It's fine. I'm not, it's my favourite scene. Okay, third favourite yeah. scene then. Let's oh get something God. fresh. Go on. Uh, the entire uh, presentation to Frank, the meeting with everybody. That's, that's a sustained sequence. Of well, I mean, it's massive. The <laughs> yeah. size of the no, Everybody is there. Yeah. And they're dancing there's, around. There's a lot of stuff you're seeing through people. You don't yeah. see the conversations. You, there's a get lot of glimpses. And again, like you're watching well, you Peggy see, watching other cinematic people. language again. Yeah. It's like... You know, some a decision has been made. Yeah. Like that shot where Peggy's watching files. them sitting phones. around Ross. They won't touch me. Like where she's watching Tony, uh, Fat Tony, sitting around Ross. And it's just they're talking and you know exactly what they're talking about. She knows exactly what they're talking I mean, about. By like, the way, um, ha- like Hoffa was right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, they'll never kill me because if I they... Got files, I got photos. Yeah, because if they, if they did, it would be the end of it. Yeah. And they're so he was so right, yeah. but you like they they also it, the like they, they it's kind of set up like Jimmy is the one who's delusional, and of course we can kill him. But what what what's actually the case is like of course you shouldn't kill him, <laughs> like don't do that. <laughs> but the, you can uh, kill him, but yeah, you should. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Jimmy scene. is right when he says you can't. Yeah. Well, uh, no, maybe you shouldn't. I'm not saying it's my favorite scene. But it was a remarkable scene when they're in the prison later, when we're into the wintry sequence where Russ like. We loved Jimmy, didn't we? Yeah. He's a good guy. Good family. Good family, good people. And then it's like, yeah, yeah but I chose good. me and you. Some people. Yeah. And he says three times, some people. And then it's a little pause, like, some people. Almost like you're convincing yourself. <laughs> oh, right. Do you yeah. know? And because yeah. he's dipping, this the good grape juice. Yeah. You know, this is, we're not in wine and uh, wine and bread. The, the, yeah. Yeah. the Catholic shithole yeah. prison yeah. and stuff like that you get delivered in. But like, and it's really tremendously sad. It's like a, one of those kind of reprises that are dreadfully kind of it's an Long. echo. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like a eulogy for... Well, that's it, because it, it's like, obviously referencing yeah. the scene where they were sitting down talking about, like, World War II, dipping bread and wine again at the yeah. start in a much more lavish environment in their they're pride. very good about kind of weird food things like that. Like the, the well, that's a Scorsese And movie. also the, the hot dogs brewed and uh, fried in, in beer. beer. Can, can like, I really ask? weird, idiosyncratic stuff like that, well, which that's, I really that's like. What's your favourite Scorsese food? food? No, I was going to ask, like, oh, okay. this is something as a tea... It's got to be the Goodfellas. As a teetotaler, right? Oh, that's, that's the flavor. He goes one way, you guys the other. You're not a teetotaler. I know, because I just had a glass of whiskey. I can't call it. one onion, just... As... As somebody who doesn't drink, apart from the glass of whiskey that I've just had, I wonder if, right... This movie's all about kind of, you know, hypocrisy and stuff like that and kind of the contrast between what people say and what people do and what so people... you say you're a teetotaler. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and, and yet I... Some people. Some people. And then, and then, yet I'm knocking back Jameson's like nobody's business. You've had, you've one, had one. You've had one Jameson. You've had, had one. Tiny right now Jay is about to pour me my fifth. Um, but I'm, as somebody who doesn't drink that much, I'm wondering 
if the movie is, because the movie is very keen on stressing the idea of hypocrisy and irony, whether dramatic or literal. So you have things like, you know, you have Hoffa complaining about Tony Pro and insisting that he's different from Tony Pro, even though he's maybe not really. It's like, oh, I get to keep my pension because I'm in here for fun. That's a great scene. But yeah, but, it's yeah. Like, but even, even things really, like... Even after he explains it, it doesn't quite make yeah, sense. But even the bit where he's like, and he's coming up and he's harassing people, threatening people. Now, I understand you got to threaten people sometimes, but you can't do it all the time. And you have that sort There's of so stuff. much etiquette, like yeah. which is a really wonderful thing. But it, like within a certain, but it's etiquette, of, but it's also hypocrisy. Oh, that's bollocks! Like, and, but it's etiquette within their own kind of brain framework. Like, and with, like, that's yeah. what I'm wondering with the chili dogs, right? Yeah. Do the chili dogs count as an example of hypocrisy on the part of Jimmy Hoffa because he makes such a big deal of not drinking? Of yeah, and not only not like being but judging the vodka and the watermelon, which he doesn't eat. Yeah. See, with, you guys really like watermelon. Oh yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> you want some, Jimmy? No. No, no, no. I don't like watermelon. First he thing, probably likes it because the only it's the closest he'll get to alcohol, even though a lot of it would have been evaporated. He probably, I, I suspect nobody told him. That's what uh, I'm yeah. That really was a suggestion as well. He probably got a laugh out of the fact that he enjoyed them so much. Yeah. Just going back to the favourite scene, Sorry, I, yeah. I have to say, my favourite scene is it's kind of it's a twofer in the sense that one connects the other. It's uh, when he get he gets back from killing Jimmy and it's on the TV. Uh, Frank and he's sitting in the in the house and uh, like and the wife asks like, have you called Joe I was like oh, okay, I'm going to do it and then Peggy asks him, why haven't you why no she doesn't she doesn't go so far she doesn't ask her like, yeah, he's like, why he's like, and he's asked, he's like, what do you mean he's like why haven't you he's like I'm going to do it now and he gets himself a fresh drink and everything yeah. and he sits in the bedroom and that honestly it's the best acting De Niro's done in about 30 years and notably at the end of the film it's the only thing he actually regrets he's such a moral vacuum yeah, that he doesn't it. and like it's, it's really gr- like it's it's darkly comic the sequence with the priest where the priest is like the, priest oh, the phone is, call it just looks like it's Alzheimer's yeah. or something like, he doesn't know what he's thinking about but, like yeah yeah but not even that the bit where the priest is like trying to say like so you um, so you don't have no remorse no remorse it's yeah. like uh, and it, like even the FBI agents are like come on Frank they got a family like think yeah. of your family wouldn't you like your family now and he kind of shrugs it off and the priest is like so you don't feel bad about what he like, did and it's like no and he's like and like you can tell the priest is like i really want to get through to him so like i want what, a confession but what about the families frank yeah. don't you feel bad about the families and frank's it's response is frank's response is i didn't know the families yeah. as if to say like, oh we knew one family yeah, yeah. and it's, it's that's the question is that he's like um what kind of man makes that phone call? And I love that he is so. The, the phone call is an yeah. astonishing scene. It, like, it's it is. absolutely astonishing. And it's just a one camera shot on, on the head on. Yeah. And, and he, he, again, he has this babbling kind of thing. It's not stutter because it's not. No. It's not we're it's not, just, not, North, the we're not in Northern Territory, which I, you know, we're not. The, you know, and you know what I mean. You're referring to Motherless Brooklyn, we are. which is. Despite its best efforts, is not great. Have you seen Mother's Book? I saw it at the weekend. Oh, nice. Sorry, it's, it's got a lot going for it, but it's just I'm earnest. Is what I hear. It's extremely. <laughs> it's extremely. Right. I had a friend of mine that left it after half an hour. Ernest goes to Brooklyn. Ernest goes to Mother's Book. That's fantastic. Yeah. Zing. Uh, and it's right. great that you can tell that you know um, Norton's been wanting to make this since 1999 because the the lead ro- the romantic lead is 20 years younger than him. Mm. Anyway, so yes. Um, but yeah that phone call it, he sits there and he's like he's trying to be nice but he can't he's trying to be consoling but he can't because he knows, he knows what he truth. is he knows and, what he and did. She, she does most of the talking yeah. uh, Joe is it Joe's wife? it's Joe's uh, wife that he's like ah, I'm, I'm, you, know, uh, you know you know, people go missing all the time and they fake their own kidnapping yeah. and all, all sorts of outlandish weirdness that anything. comes out like anything just to 
because he knows what the actual reality is yeah. but nothing else anything else possible because anything else gives a possibility that he's still alive and so on yeah. it's horrible it's a horrible scene yeah. but it's really some people brilliant uh, but it wouldn't work if it wasn't for De Niro and, and again that's what I'm saying De Niro in some ways the MVP in the film like he doesn't have the roles that everybody else has and I don't get me wrong I think Pacino's the best thing he's done in a long time I think Pesci's great. great Pesci's great but De Niro is doing something very difficult. I think it's he's, a very difficult yeah, role. He's holding the film together yes, as a lead who he's in actually scene, doesn't have not have a lot of moral He's in practical machine. I think you're actually right. Yeah. And I think he's terrific. I think he's... And it's like... I remember just the De Niro I grew up with. Like, I yeah. idolised when I was a teen. Mm. Like, you know, when you first find a film. You know, you know exactly. I'm so like, happy for you to yeah, yeah, say and that. The one last go-around... Which I was terrified of that I thought it was going to be horrible, yeah. like in terms of the, the aging and all the rest of it. Has it it's weird to think after, like, in the past 20 years, there was a time when I, as a person who loved film, was like, the Nero is the best actor out there, or in the conversation. And, he was, the best and I think he was. I think he absolutely was. And it's kind of, but it's strange that, like, in the 20 years since, you know, 19, the late 90s. Since you, you come, kids grew up. Yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah. Could, I could say that to a kid today, and they'd be like, the guy from Dirty Grandpa? Um. <laughs> Yeah, the guy uh, from the Fockers movies. Yeah, the best guy first film of that is probably the best thing he's done. Yes, the guy, the guy from that uh, commercial about the bakeries, yeah. Greg's. Um, it's a Greg's, not Greg's. No, no, but anyway, sorry. The guy from the Dunkachinos commercial. You're going <laughs> to put the entire thing in, aren't you? No, no, I'm not. No, you wouldn't <laughs> you do would, that, would you? I would, you would never, never do, do that. Never do that. I think that's very fair, though. I think and. Listen, some people you described as a not me. You described as a dad film here, and I think that's absolutely correct. And I'll, I'll, I'll subscribe myself to that in the sense that I like so I'm a, I'm a uh, well, you're I'm, young, I'm by next yeah. yeah, but I'm yeah, not a project Scorsese fan, right? So this kind of stuff is is relative captive to me. I like a, a, a kind of uh, epic and trying to do something, but I, I do think beyond that, beyond the old some people like me talking about it. I think there's something there for people. I think there's oh, yeah. there's a lot of really interesting things going on, mm. regardless of whether you think maybe that it's a bit too long I, or whatever. The I've had to it. talk my family down from this being the Christmas movie, despite the fact this is probably my movie of the year, because I'm like, there's no way you're watching a three and a half hour gangster epic on Christmas night. Um, I could see this playing very good. This is the kind of I movie I could curl actually, up really. on a couch full of food and drink and watch this. I'm going to watch it over Christmas it's again. Like, oh, I might do as well. That music, what's that music what? kicks in and that, that tracking shot? Like, I'm in. And, and Scorsese's very smart. And, but, very he, but he's well. very good at that. He knows how to go into a film. And that's a really rare skill. Like, I mean, like it doesn't exist. Like as soon as you hear those opening strains of uh, in the still of the night, it's it's up there with I thought I'd go from rags to riches. Yeah. You're in. Like, yeah, but, it's, 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 but it, it's very like it it it's 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 too Scorsese. <laughs> like like you can't. I know. Like, you actually Scorsese. know where you're getting. Like, I know you've, al- get. you've already done that, Scorsese. I finally <laughs> agree with you. Yeah. I, I, I agree as well, yeah, but yeah. I am delighted to get it one like, last time. Like I enjoyed it, you know. But I was kind of. As, Did you as, know? But <laughs> no, I'm starting to wonder. But as well, I was like, but this isn't inspired. You're just doing stuff that you already. <laughs> I, I, but I, he does I it so well, disagree. and he's the yeah. only person you who can do it because I mean. it's him. I don't think it's a retread in the way you're talking about. Yeah, I think he's using that to do something. I think you can you can take something and get something new over. But there was not getting something new over. I completely agree with you. It's a familiar style with a new stance. But anyway, to bring us back, Andrew, what your favorite scene? Um, I'd probably say the end credits. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. It's no, 
like I, 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 I like the movie fine, but it did. Um, I'm surprised that you would pick Joker as your family as your movie. Family your movie. favorite scene? No, process, okay. process my, fa- my favorite uh, scene. Thanks for dropping me in there. Probably, probably the late um, uh, scene when Stephen Graham's in the shorts, and uh, it's a remarkable scene. It, it yeah. really is. All right. Um, just very quickly, do you want to talk about history and the films? Like, since the fact that no. all of this well, is yes. all of this is made up. Like the fact that yeah. um, well, it's it, it, it's it, bollocks. It's, but the thing is, it's a bit like um, JFK in that it in it, another film which is patently bollocks, but at the same time, it interweaves into what we actually also know the is best history. editing of a film. Oh, can, yeah. can, can we also mention like that? No, please mention very Hoffa, long. Uh, Danny DeVito's Hoffa, which I think is worth. It's a final film. Uh, Nicholson is very good in it, yeah. and it's a David Mamet. But that's great. why I was doing a Jack Nicholson impression earlier. I think you'll find. Sorry, uh, yeah, of course, that was too subtle. <laughs> there, uh, um, I mean, we're talking about history. I think, I think the one thing that's going to astonish the Irishman is, is that we're no longer going to refer to the disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa. We're going to refer to the murder. Of Jimmy Hoffa. Like it's clear he's, yeah. he was killed. Like, but regardless, I know. And it was clear he was killed. But it's for like a long time. the mystery, even though that this could be absolutely patently rubbish. Who cares? It overrides. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Is that, like, there were a lot Wasn't of articles he found in in Bruce Almighty, like in, in, the, <laughs> in, the, in the in the Jimmy Hoffa shared universe. Oh, I will say though, look, uh, I, like I was watching uh, an old Robin Williams uh, stand up bit. Is this show in the Met? And there's one point where he goes up to like a prop trunk and uh, he opens up and goes, "Mr. Hoffa, five minutes." Uh, it's like it, it's one of those things that has it's an indelible life in American culture like. yeah but I feel like this might actually put an end to that yeah well, well yeah there's a definitive point in it like yeah definitely I will say I, though that uh, you know I'll go back to this though I there's there's riches here oh yeah and I think even if even if you think it's long which I can hear arguments for yeah. even if you think it's Scorsese remixing which Andrew is kind of into that which I can hear arguments for also and like I'm not saying I don't know how good it is in the context of only time give me will a tell. few years to think about it and a few rewatches. But I do think there's re- there's riches here. I think there's a filmmaker working at a at a furious pace and a, and despite the pace of the film, where I think at kind of getting at something or trying to get at something really interesting and profound. Well, it's it's a great sort of a um, it's an almost kind of an unrequited or unconsummated. Um, um, affair between like um, Frank and uh, no and uh, and and Jimmy. I would say it's like the first in, in, introduction is like so. Uh, I I like, hear you paint houses. I hear you paint houses. Where would you paint my house? And then goes to paint your wagon. I actually meant I literally want you to paint my some people. By the way. I'd have to get to know you. First. <laughs> I thought you did it first. Yeah, like, <laughs> maybe, maybe like over 20, 30 Maybe pay defense. Yeah. To, to give an example of how full of crap Sheehan might have been, it's been suggested that that I hear you paint houses isn't actually mob slang that any gangster anywhere has ever no. used. Oh, but but in fairness, though, they would say that, though. Did they but ever have a gangster slang? As a gangster slang. We did... Uh, I don't lots... think anybody doubts Sheeran was in somewhere in the mix of it. Like, 
But we, like we did lock, stock, and two smoking barrows, and we had our our own. Uh, That's not like con- two con- uh, we, Yes, it was. Yes, yeah, yes, it was. Yes. Some people. Sick. We we had our own cockney consultant Jeez. who confirmed that all of the slang was, was complete actually, nonsense. Actually, yeah. I'd love that to be a cockney consultant. I could do yeah. that. Um, <laughs> what a job! But I'm, I, 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 cockney consultant. I think si- similar to that. I don't. I, I I suspect that like a lot of this slang isn't actually slang. Just just like yeah. you were saying, but, like. But, I, and, and, and I imagine really in, no, but even in the film, I don't think Jimmy Hoff has a clue what they're talking about all the time. <laughs> yeah. but, that, like, but that's the thing; and somebody points out, like, I don't, I, the like, I, I like, think his life could have been saved. Fitz is the under- some people, anyway. Some people, like Fitz, God, what a what an enemy to go up against. What an enemy to go up against, even though he's absolutely nothing in the film. Nothing. It's brilliant. But um, no, just in terms, oh, and also in terms of that sort of like, just in terms of kind of the use of language, it's notable that kind of, again, an example of how full of crap Sheeran is. Um, even Sheeran. if, Sheeran. 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 Sheeran, yeah. Grand. So in, Sorry. like, even if Sheeran did use the term, I hear you paint houses, and it was specific to, uh, you know, regions of Pennsylvania. Hoffa. Which it It's the fact that Hoffa, yeah, Hoffa introduces himself on the phone. And in the book, according to Sheeran, it's Hoffa who first says, so I hear you paint houses. I tried to read the book, because I'm Twenty percent into it, it's like that. We, you know the sto- do you know the story behind the book? This is kind of one of those great kind of Not journalistic. Really, um, it's like these people who make movies have bad taste in books. <laughs> well, they read these things like Mario Puzo's Godfather, <laughs> and I hear you. As long as you make good film, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, Jaws, no, yeah. No, but like, like they they seem to really like these bad books. <laughs> well, it's like nobody will be complaining if we mess this one up. Basically, seems to be right. the argument. But the thing about um, it was written by I think it's Charles Brandt. Charles, Brand. Charles yeah. Brandt is his name. He was a lawyer, but but he was actually uh, working sort of as a, he was consoling Frank in the final years of his life. And so basically kind of wormed his way in. It's been suggested that Sheeran's motivation for writing it may actually have been, ironically enough, given the context well, of the film. He didn't write it. No, okay, dictating it. Yeah. Um, his, his sort of motivation for dictating it might have been to reconcile with his daughters or to allow his daughters to have the royalty income that would come from it. And obviously, which, is fair. which is interesting. Yeah, and so that would have encouraged him. It all went to Action Bronson, though. <laughs> On the budget, that was where our big sort of... But that's interesting, though, because, again, we're into American... Uh, and this, this, I think this really where it comes down to, I'd say. You're into American truth or American... Uh, well, fiction. The sort of like mythology. Yeah, and, yeah. Mythology, exactly that. And I think this is, this is a really interesting point though because mythology is a huge part. This feels like a kind of a first cousin of, say, James Elroy's Alley Confidential which's always been talked about as a HBO series. Or yeah. That kind of, you know... An almost who fictional history. Kennedy, yeah. The alternative history of the American... Yeah. I mean, the Irish. Irishman who in The Irishman may as well just be Kennedy, he says, yeah, yeah, pushing yeah, a stretcher. Because yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. Kennedy is referred to as the Irishman. The yeah, Italians yeah, yeah, got yeah. the Irishman yeah. elected. Yeah. Um, and there's a sense in which the film... Which is, in probable terms, true. I've read that in many accounts of different things that yeah. Chicago stuffed the ballot. Like, Do you know... Kennedy. Well, yeah, yeah there, were, there were investigations in Illinois, actually. There yeah, were actual that, investigations. For, it, it's, um, it's probably, that's one of the things that's probably true. They got Kennedy elected. Illinois who? <laughs> Illinois, those uh, Nixon voters. Come on, feel the Illinois. Um, but, uh, <laughs> and, and kind of like in terms of kind of mythology, it's worth noting that uh, Scorsese actually put a hard no on one particular boast. Because again, Sheeran claims to have been involved in the Bay of Pigs. He claims to have been involved in the assassination of Jimmy Hoffa. He claims to have been involved in all these kind of big events. But Scorsese put the Knicks on one. And he put the Knicks on it before he even read the book. He faked the moon landing. 
Yeah, the, <laughs> he was Kubrick driving. Would be very angry. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was driving all of that moon dirt up yeah, to Stanley yeah, yeah. Kubrick. No, the thing that he nixed was the assassination. Apparently, he claims to have delivered the three rifles to a man named Oswald. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> and uh, apparently, oh, I actually thought you were going to go to Sir Han Sir Han route for, uh, <laughs> for Robert Kennedy. Yeah, either would work. Which well, is remarkable that, that It's actually remarkable that uh, Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy weren't uh, in the kind of background in the mix. And uh, as a kind well, of. Mer- well, like Kennedy was there. Uh, actually, uh, I was shocked to find that uh, Robert Kennedy, I didn't recognize him, was played by Jack Houston. Yeah. Yes, he was. There's, there's again, a, the boardwalk on yeah. Empire. Alumni, like Bobby like, Cannavale's in yeah, there as yeah, well. Yeah, Stephen Grimes as well. Yeah, who played out the ball. Oh, Capone in yeah. that as well. And, that's and tremendously like, so. There's so a like, lot of boardwalk Empire kind of alumni. Why, why is Scorsese taken in by this kind of Walter Mitty story? I don't it's think not, he's taken it's in. Not at all. I think it's just because like, it's, it's, he's talking about American myth making and it's, how uh, it's they do that. It's been pointed out, right? So Scorsese has done his based on a true story gangster films, which are Casino and which are Goodfellas, which are based on novels by Nicholas Pelagi. Both who of those, also get who else gets mentioned in yeah. the, the credits for this one? Oh. But he's he like he's a proper journalist who has done oh, research yeah, yeah, and yeah, fact yeah. checking. He's rigorous, like he's, he's rigorous. Like he's not. He doesn't belong in the same category as Charles Brand. No, even doesn't. if you in think Pileggi yeah. is on this one for yeah. probably for fact checking. Yeah, but, yeah, but like. what's interesting about the Irishman is the Irishman never contains a based on or inspired by no, or true story or facts account. It just says uh, based on. Scorsese is propagate at all. I like Scorsese is well aware of what he's peddling. De Niro is a bit more of a question mark based on some of his interviews um, because well, De Niro is anti vax as well. As to well. be fair, he plays the guy. He's yeah. going to side with them a little. But um, like uh, Scorsese, is, I, I think. Did you say De Niro's anti vax He's come out, hasn't he? That means we've got to go to the fact machine and check that. Some people. They, we're going to go to the fact machine and check Jesus, Bobby. In your old age, that's where you're going to fucking Rob go. Schneider and now this? Martin <laughs> <laughs> Scorsese. Right, I think that's a, a very interesting point with Aaron, though. I think it's a... Uh, Scorsese is a myth-maker, like, in terms of, like, yeah. how film works and how film works um, alongside history and all the rest of it. We should come back from the fact machine because this actually does need verification before we possibly defame an actor. Yes, um, Robert F. Kennedy. Again, this sounds like an Irishman style conspiracy theory, but Robert F. Kennedy, um, who's a fervent uh, vaccine fearmonger, arrived in Washington, D.C. back in 2017. Robert F. Kennedy. With Robert so F. Kennedy Jr. Robert De Niro. No, no, with actor Robert De Niro to hold a press conference expressing concern about the safety of vaccines. I think De Niro might have come. Come around. Did something later. Okay, cool. that. I to, don't know to that. back away from uh, it. I don't know. Okay. You, you can cut it from the podcast. <laughs> Lesson if you want. He, I, I look forward to you editing this one. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Yeah. But I will say, Darren, well, I, Jimmy I, I, Hoffa, I think you're right, though. Jimmy Hoffa died from like, <laughs> a vaccine. <laughs> He took a vaccine and died from autism. Uh, well, do you want to know? Um, was, was the official? Do you want to know what the actual, like, official kind of line on the disappearance, or sorry, on the disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa? The closest thing that the FBI that made him disappear. <laughs> That's in order to like uh, to yeah. promote his account of the film. Um, they reckoned that Hoffa was taken to a secluded location, knocked unconscious, put in a trunk of a car, taken to Central Sanita- Sanitation, a mafia operator waste facility in an industrial area of Detroit. They speculated loud machinery was activated. Hoffa was shot in the dead in the head. His body was dumped in a high-intensity industrial incinerator. In this scenario, his body became part of the ozone layer shortly afterwards. No body, no evidence. And conveniently enough, Central Sanitation burned to the ground around the time FBI agents huh, began no. snooping around. I will say, though, in fairness of to the film, uh, there's a few things around the, the killing. One, it's off screen. Apart is, from turn, that quick shot that you see at the yeah, start. Yeah, but in 
Yeah. In the actual, the, when the, you watch the actual it. Point, yeah. right? Yeah. The, the shot is... He's, he's, he's framed he's frame he's in the drawer. Wall. Yeah. It's in the little uh, angle. And what I really love about the scene, and I love incidental details, of course, he's very good in them. Uh, De Niro stands up to leave and whatever. Then he comes back, puts the gun in his, in his body, and then leaves. Because he knew that he, you know, the gun has to be left somewhere. Like, yeah. But he puts it on his body and very reverently. Yeah. Really sadly, kind of quietly, and then leaves the, the house. And I, I, I like, I love instant details that it feels more, it adds more to the It feels scene. more human. Yeah, yeah, it like does. This. It feels like some a character would do that because he's, you know, conflicted. Um, and I found that really interesting. And fascinating and weird. And then you see the body being dis- disintegrated. And, and it's as simple as that. Phil has left the room, but that's okay. Cause well, we see that like where the body is being uh, put into a box whilst uh, De Niro is uh, picking out his kind of mausoleum yeah. uh, space. Box. And how yeah. permanent it is in the contrast you have between the two yeah, because, you know, if you go into, if you get cremated, it's final. If you get buried in the ground, it's final. Yeah. But if you're in a building, it's not final. Yeah, as if he's going to wake up and kind of walk out. He, to be clear, Andrew... Robert, I'm sorry, Frank Sheeran did die in 2003. It's okay. He's not actually immortal, despite what the film's ending may have led you to yeah. believe. Um, in terms of just the it film... It never says that. The <laughs> I, I, I know, but Andrew's no, like... Uh, the Andrew... the, it's a dead man walking film from yeah. the minute one. Man. Well, you, d- you did say earlier on that he never dies. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's sitting there willing Frank he's, to... He's dead literally in the first place. Well, inside, yes. Also, and, and Andrew mentioned earlier on in terms of like uh, films that... People are narrating from the grave in terms of right. Sunset Boulevard and wherever. Like, and he's absolutely right. But I, I would add this film to it. Like, he's a dead man walking yeah. and narration. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think he's alive in, 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 the, in that sense. Like, no. There's he, that wonderful moment where it starts to narrate inside his head and then he starts talking to the camera. Yeah, yeah. It, which, but it comes between them. Yeah. And this is what Scorsese saw. Some people. Great in terms of uh, voiceovers and stuff. Like, that it can come between them. It can go from voiceover to somebody talking to you in a yeah. second. Yeah, it's but like you know what you're discard, saying. You know the, the Caprio scene in Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, it's a white yeah. Ferrari. It's like the Don Johnson. Oh, and then it just cuts to and the, 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 the Ferrari change color. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a remarkable use of voiceover. Also, I just like how you mentioned uh, about uh, Danny DeVito's Hoffa, and you said like, hey, maybe Danny DeVito. It's a fine film. Yeah, but I also just like. I hear you paint houses. No, I'm the trash man. <laughs> um, Shout out to all the It's Always Sunny fans. I, oh. I'm not, but uh, yeah. Oh, you're wrong. Before before we go, actually, just I want to do. I want one more. Are excuse. we still here? I want to do. No, amazing, one, isn't it? One more excuse we're, we're for still a re- recording. Yeah, we're a, still not as long as the movie. For a, do- a dodgy Al Pacino, Jimmy Hoffa thing, because I got a oh, quote. Come on, I'm I got a quote it. from just his. Take your time. <laughs> got a quote from his memoir about why he thought Bobby Kennedy was after, or Booby Kennedy, as he as he kind of. I, I love Booby Kennedy. The Booby Kennedy, but like. Hoffa's kind of and it's great that it kind of captures it in the film because you can almost you can hear Pacino reading this um, hey, do you want me to read it in my horrible Pacino voice okay so the situation are, are we saying that Darren can't do it I, I think you're going to rise to the challenge when all the pressure well, is Darren, on okay go on Darren okay. prove me wrong so in so basically in his memoir they were at a dinner party together and Robert Kennedy challenged Hoffa oh to Mr. An, Hoffa Mr. Hoffa Mr. Hoffa Mr. Hoffa Mr. Hoffa Mr. Hoffa to an arm, re- I don't. Okay, no, I can't do this. To an arm <laughs> wrestling match, um, and so my ribs. His arm wrestling contra- contest. So apparently, Hoffa, you know, accepted. I couldn't believe it was serious, but he stood up, loosened his necktie, took off his jacket, and rolled up his sleeve like taking candy from a baby. I flicked his arm over and cracked his knuckles onto the top of the table. It was strictly no contest, and he knew it. But he had to try again. Same result. 
He just got up, his face red, his fire, rolled down his sleeve, put on his jacket, and walked out of the room. He didn't even stay for dinner. I'm damn certain in my heart that Robert F. Kennedy became my mortal enemy that night. That's, that's really beautiful. Thank you. That's a little well, well done, terrible well impression. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's interesting. Hoo-ah. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, I kind of love the idea that it, like, it fits no, so... It, by the way, I should say, like, I, I'm almost certain my impression is worse. <laughs> but that, I'm almost certain that it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and that's it's just mine, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Philip and Darren seems to have to floor on this one. <laughs> I think um, so. Yeah. Um, do you want to try any any Pacino or any Pesci impressions before we go on? No, but like one of the things I like about the use of history is though, right? So you have this idea of men who have shaped history. You have this idea of Sheeran as a man who has like bent history. He's technically been in the shadows for every major event, but it doesn't matter. At the can end I, of things, it's just can gone. I just say though, I think what Scorsese is doing, in my opinion, yeah. is that he's debunking that nonsense like a little bit. That they're they're they're, they're yeah. peripheral figures, but they're. Yeah. They 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 uh, beat themselves up. Yeah, like like there's, they're, uh, there's nothing accidental in the fact that he's uh, chosen the story of somebody who is quite who has been acknowledged as being quite a big bull. Some people. yeah, exactly. And I think this film is about kind of American myth making. Oh, you audience are that in on that though. But that's not his fault though. We, it's up to them to find it out. Yeah, exactly. Like that's not Scorsese's problem. Like mm. audiences should figure out what they figure out. Like any film that's released. It's the same. You have the same. I mean, we think Oliver right? Stone taught that all of that was. <laughs> well, to be fair, yeah, I think uh, Oliver Stone entirely believed JFK. Certainly does. Yeah, yeah, but yeah but it, 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 it isn't. Way, it but isn't but obvious from <laughs> watching the Irishman. You understand, the Irishman is an enigma wrapped in a riddle. Um, well, I would argue that the Irishman is a really interesting myth-making exercise yes. about how America portrays itself and sees itself. Yeah, mm. and I mean, there's, there's this interesting argument about the idea of it as a blue-collar kind of film because it's one of the rare it, movies. It is though. That, Tackles like reds the, and maybe the the Hoffa film by like, Danny DeVito that actually looks because like, again reds is mad. solidarity but, yeah well you tend to like solidarity don't get me wrong I'll show solidarity all day long oh well I know that I'm your man these, but, yeah the, these movies about the grand sweep of history tend to ignore the impact that the Teamsters had yes. on kind of and the American unions had yes. on kind of building the idea of America yes. as it exists today and the fact that like those casinos that were so glamorous and glorious in casino were built using the money from the Teamster yes. Pension Fund of these guys who were driving trucks. Some people. Yeah. Uh, America sort of paved yeah, over. Yeah. But again, that, that gets at the That's thing. American and history in this, its own self. This is what Andrew was saying about the fact that Hoffa was right. The fact that like without him, those mobsters would all be lost yeah, to casino history. addressed that. Yeah. Yeah. All this, like, yeah. like you know, you know, you know, barman used to know your name. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, yeah. the, the, Back when the mobs ran things. Then, before you know, capitalism. But, but the best thing about casino was the last line. like, yeah. And that's that. And that's that. And that's that. It is what it is, I guess. And, but it, indeed, Scorsese, there are some people great about kind of uh, putting a, a final point on it. Yeah. Of like, and that's that. Yeah. And it, it that's really right, though. It's like you can do, you can, you can, or you can't Tell do something. Tell me this like, time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, I mean, that's the really Scorsese movie. They always come with great final lines, you know. What's you know, that thing that Jay described as the final scene and being the that, right final and scene? And now we all get yeah. to live our lives exactly. like snooks. Yeah. And, and it's, it's I, like... Look, I, don't, I don't know what to say about the Irishman except to say I, I'd be interested to look at it five years from now to see where it lands because I think there's a lot of lessons that I think there's a lot of weird kind of... Uh, it has the potential to age very, very well. Or very, very badly depending on the, the, Interesting. the, the so, digital... Uh, do you think that like, so technology forward, would technology be it's the, the thing that would... What might happen and that, no, it could be wrong because I'm always wrong about these things well, what could happen in 10 years from now that people realise you can't do the, the digital thing and they'll go to the old Oh, and it becomes a novelty and a dead end. It becomes the old thing of actually just doing makeup, which is yeah. great. And then all of a sudden, the, the Irishman might look like a weird novelty event. 
a dead well, end, like a dead end. Yeah, As long as it's the only major one, it might be the only one that can get away with it. But it doesn't matter. I think it's really good regardless. They'll realize that they can't do it through CG, so they'll make photorealistic androids. And clones. They'll start cloning. We're growing our own. They're all going to die soon. But yeah, when they're doing Gemini Man, they'll make an actual clone. Well, I mean, this is the thing where you're acting as if, like, the end game of all this isn't Hollywood having a data bank where they can get exactly. Marlon Brand I mean, like where they can reduce yeah. the actors like, down to I'm always being property. I've always been a big Some Hollywood people. fan and, and, <laughs> I'll, and I will continue to do that like I love Scorsese's trying to play it like yeah. uh, I don't like I mean Jeremy Man I'm not going to see Jeremy Man <laughs> Ang Lee has been shortchanged by a digital thing for, for a few years now and he hasn't made a good film in a decade I like Life of Pi I do it's okay I think it's, it's, that's the best I can say. About it's it. yeah, it, it's, it's the best thing he's done in the decade, which yeah. is not much saying much. Perhaps not. And Whoa. this is this is a dangerous territory about directors that give them budgets for. Oh, the folly! Uh, well, this is your fear of the passion project, where like I mean, you yeah, 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 yeah. Where, like the, the oh, two yeah. scary, oh, yeah. two scariest words for you in yes, filmmaking are passion projects. Yes, because. And, <laughs> and I mean, like it's fun that we're talking about that, that with this movie. Where more it's, often than not, the trust turn out badly. Yeah, well, the, the indulgence or whatever, the kind of like I mean, the Gangs lack of New York is one, like, and well, and Silence is another, and I well, think Silence is a, it's a different one because Silence, I think, is a kind of lower budget, weird one that you can get a, you, you in the old days you used to get away with as one for you. Yeah, uh, I mean, there aren't very many movies like like I haven't seen Silence, but but from everything I've heard, it, from everything I've heard about, can I be honest? It's I, the kind of movie that. Uh, wouldn't but like that they don't really make much I'm, actually, I I'm, I'm, I'm not, not a big Scorsese fan yeah. I need to go back to see whether I'm I'm not a big fan of it welcome to have something where it's kind of like a story about these Jesuits oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. I'm not yeah. a big fan of it but it's one film that I were always keen to hear people's opinions on because there are people out there who absolutely love it there are it's, it's, it and, and it shocks me to be honest, you, I don't think that this and would be as good as it was without silence. Being honest, like I think that there's a lot of that's that. A, in there. That's an interesting point. Agreed. Yeah. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not too cream with that. Which is not is, a bad one yeah. to wrap it all up in. Like in, 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 a, like in the, a candy cane kind of. Uh, way. Like it does really feel like that Scorsese. Heaven help us, because it does scream of mortality. But it feels like he's getting a lot of these passion projects out of the way. Silence, The Irishman. Uh, the new one with uh, I hope he doesn't do the Frank Sinatra oh well, that, that, that would be a that disaster. was where the, the aging thing was first suggested because yes, he, he, yeah. he mentioned Tom Hanks as somebody Hugh Grant does yeah. oh, and, no, 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 and no. then it was kind of like it was suggested for that and he's like no I'm not actually doing the Sinatra film next but I I'm don't interested. mind the producer thing of saying it's like sorry you excellent do the way the fuck yeah. you can yeah. And it's good for Scorsese, I think. Like, I yeah. think it's a really good. Well, I mean, it, it's good to have those two extremes. Like, it's good to have like. Both. I think Scorsese is a really interesting director to get a limit uh, on or to it, put a box in. Also, it's really interesting to see him with mm, so much money that he can do. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> really, he wants. Yeah, like, it's interesting to talk about as we have just done. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't be a I mean, big you, fan of that as a. Well, I mean, a general rule. you could argue this is Scorsese's end game. Like this is like Scorsese's version of Please don't of compare him to the Russell Brothers. Okay, uh, okay, okay. Darren, sorry, I apologize. I'm just trying to build bridges. I'm trying to like. Oh, yeah. No, we, we're okay to not build bridges. But okay, that. maybe Andrew will side with me on this. Like, there's an argument in which you know, for Scorsese, this is the big budget kind of no, like culmination. He had this of Gangs in New York. Okay, yeah, this is Wolf Wall Street. This, okay. and, and yeah, there's a lot of times. But like people are keen to put that on certain directors also, and come to certain yeah, because exactly. it fits a narrative template. I think it's worth pointing out that Scorsese has never really had a problem with budget. Like 
he's got money for everything like this is probably the biggest one where people have gone oh he's got this massive but he had to go to Netflix to get it when did he not have money to make his films yeah he's always had he's Scorsese it's not that hard for him to get at least certain amount of money like good directors will get budgets eventually somewhere alright I think we're about wrapping up is there anything else no I've had a lot of whiskey I'm very tired (laughs) I think it's 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 um... well no (laughs) (laughs) alright that's I think that's a good I think, sign. I think we're okay. Uh, part of Jay's mic just slipped I, down and fell off. It's a, we'll let it. I rocked the mic. You rocked the uh, mic, right? I did. Uh, um, but is there anything else you want to talk about? With no, with I, my Keith? my last point of it okay. is, and then this is literally my last point of it. Um, I think it's a, a a really interesting film. I think I I really like it. It's a four star film. How it'll garner as the years go by is going to be absolutely fascinating I can't wait to find out um, but I think he's doing something really interesting he's 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 anachronistic like he's he's a filmmaker that's not he's going against a trend I guess in some ways he's he's working in films in the way that people don't work in films anymore yeah. in general, he's the last probably the last hurrah but like but it's, it's worth noting that's, that's, that's good budgets like, it, uh, but it's worth noting that like that element of the Irishman is kind of juxtaposed with things like he's still experimenting with oh no like, of course and like you know his other Netflix documentary this year he's the last point. person who can who's able to do all those things I can be, like, I mean, can be it, both things to both people like a complete nonsense like, like I mean we all like say that but it, I'm, I'm sure like if, but, if people people like to say oh this is the end of an era but, but even the brain everything is the end of an era but even in the has an end of an era this isn't like some kind of Scorsese's la- he's the last filmmaker of that Spielberg is, Spielberg is a rarefied era right? you can't include him Spielberg can make anything he wants because Spielberg played the game from but it's like, that, it's like the uh, yeah. the uh, the brats the, whole, the old school brats yeah but it's, it's, so it's, it's, it's only Scorsese that's allowed yeah. to have budgets beyond Spielberg like Coppola has well largely because Coppola he's the only one who's responsible with dolls with the big yeah. head no I'm talking about the old school the Hollywood brats <laughs> ah. the, the brat pack so okay. we're talking about the like so like Jay said you love your brats that's your own problem I, I, don't know why this I love that Andrew started an argument and Andrew has completely thrown my point in the toilet so let me claim it back so like Spielberg like Jay says is in a, a realm of his own Scorsese Spielberg is in uh, Kubrick or uh, Nolan yeah he can do what the some people your, but like your, your, your point my um, point is owns a pork store in California and needs to get a ticket to Australia a ticket to could you do that could you so arrange you know, it Scorsese is doing I'm more I'm than kidding. Coppola is inclined to do than De Palma seems able to or get budget to do yeah yeah so like as long as he's able to do he's the last director of that generation of the new Hollywood direction and like he's still to do and he's still shaking it up all the time. I mean, this I year alone, like he's had this. Man could make a movie that's more. Nobody will give him the budget for that. Not after Black. Not, not, no, a, no, not no, anymore. No. no. Probably, probably, so. probably not, Whoa. Probably not <laughs> the budget. But does Michael Mann need the, the same budget necessarily? Uh, if you can make films like, 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 like Miami Vice, like Miami Vice costs cost quite a bit of money, and it did it made it back and a little bit. Yeah. Some people. Sorry, so something I chose. Sorry. But anyway, regardless of this, let's wrap this. Okay. Okay, I, I would kind of sit on the fence between the two. I think that I am... I'm shocked with her. I know. I can acknowledge that I am sad at the passing or the idea of the movement of these characters I'm pretty fine with the passing, but, I would have to say. Yeah, yeah, but, it's, it's, know, but it's, it's also nice, but it's I, nice I, I, to get I, I, the celebration of it. No, and sure, I also agree with Andrew that like everything on, like, everything is always dying and I'd being reborn. Everything new, is always... New directors strange. get some Mooney Yeah, as well. that's exactly. And then like... Some Mooney. New Moon. Everybody wants some Mooney. 
Everybody wants some new Mooney. Um, all right, then. So you like what they like. They do indeed. They and do. like change is good and evolution yeah. is good. And it's also nice to celebrate what we have already. And so there's enough for everybody. It's a wide table. We can do this and we can talk about Parasite. We can talk about Ford versus Ferrari. And we can talk about Caper now. Yeah, why not it's, do that? No, we're not going to do that yeah, now. Yeah. No, we're, we're about wrapping up. Unless there's anything else anybody wants to say. Anything else that's jumping out at people about the Irishman. Nah, anything else good. that use. You Whoa! What do you mean, you people? Some, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some people, Andrew. I love not the, me. I love but some the, people. I love the word of uh, the use of use um, in this movie. Why? Why O U S E? Oh, one particularly subtle detail that I quite liked: the ring. Oh yeah, that the ring that uh, and again only three people, have this only ring. Three people in the world have this ring. Well, two two things about the ring. First and of all, one of them is Irish. Yeah, first of all, the thing about the ring is that it has its own explainer video on YouTube, which is one of those great the Irishman intersecting with modern pop culture. See, I never, I never look at these things. That's but it's great I, that I it's... made the mistake of of watching these things. Sometimes I saw this thing. It was I like the history of Mandalorians, <laughs> and I have no intention of ever I watching don't know what they Mandalorians. Are. I don't want to know yeah. them. Right. But it's like a Star Wars. Thing. I hope you all do. And then about like twelve minutes later, I'm like, why am I watching this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and why are there three hours left? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but, but like, okay, well, that's one thing about it is that I love that like the Irishman has that sort of like Star Wars excessive level YouTube fandom going on for it yeah. the second thing that oh, I uh, yeah there's a guy history buffs who, who does like the um, casino oh the and season he'll, he'll talk good. For, about, for about we're getting off the topic minutes. here like let's not get into Star Wars no okay. that's a different <laughs> when no, he's talking no, about no, casino no, he's talking about casino oh sorry, sorry not no. the casino in Star Wars that's the right, casino in casino the sequence of Star um, Wars that's all we're getting into. But, and the other Let's thing... Let's not get into that. The other thing... The other thing But the other thing that I love about the ring is that, like... The ring? The, the ring, up. The ring from the Irishman, oh, sorry, yeah, as opposed to the casino from yeah. Casino. Um, but the, the other thing that I love is that despite the fact how much is given to that ring and how much importance that Ross lays in that ring and how much it clearly means to the Frank. The watch means more to him. The watch as well. Well, the watch is the thing that you see because that's the passage of time, but he still also puts on the ring. The first time that you see one of those rings is... And it's not the exact same ring, but it's a similar pinky ring in a similar sort of style. Is on the man who is bringing Ross his coffee, which illustrates just exactly how much that actually means in the grand does, scheme of things. Brigol, don't you see it in the early? Doesn't Frank obviously it's a flash, oh yeah no no I mean yeah chronologically yeah he puts it on with the thing with the, uh, the reverence that yeah. deserves it's like something you'd say to a kid. It's like something you'd say to a child though. Yeah, it's kind of so important. That's what I kind of love about it. That's exactly at that point. And it, it yeah. happens again when Ross is wearing the little pin about the League of Italian Americans and Crazy Joe comes you over. Don't believe it's like, that stuff, you do you actually believe that but, stuff. But, but, and it's the idea that we invest in that mythology. But what Russ says to him is like, uh, great to see you, kid. It's, it's that kind of uh, infantilization, like, yeah. of. Um, you know, you're not you're not an adult. Really. Yeah. I'll, I'll cuddle you in the way yeah. that mm. you need to be to get what I but, need to get. But it. the idea is that Ross, Ross, a monster. Ross, yeah, Ross, Ross, some people. Ross is a monster, and he's like a, he's a great Joe Pesci monster. It yeah. happens to be quiet. And like that sequence with Crazy Joe is amazing because they're talking about Crazy Joe's hit, and he's like, "Who could do that in front of his kids and his family?" Yeah. I mean, at least when they shot JFK. Jackie was there, but the kids weren't. Yeah. Who could do that? And then in the same scene, he orders Frank to go into the restaurant in front of your man's wife yeah. and kids. And Frank literally says, and he says it. He literally says so yeah. then you see it. The important thing is the kids have it. to be there to see yeah. it. You need to make the point that this is wrong. But this is the <laughs> by doing the same thing. Yeah. But this is the point though. Yeah. That, 
this is the ultimate thing about Scorsese films are anachronism in, in terms of how uh, characters are like you have to you can't confuse characters with direction yeah like, and the, like they're all terrible people but the film knows they're, they're terrible towards people. the abyss yeah like they're they're all nobody gets at them like we got the good grape juice and the yeah. hands shaking when they're picking up some people like, the bulls there's, there's, yeah the throwing of bulls and there's that. nothing good here there's nothing good for any of them like and it never has been but they just pretend there is because this is the life you lead and whatever they're all terrible people living terrible lives under uh, paranoia and they might be killed and you and every uh, sorry just Hoffa's wife when she Joe, almost yeah. starts the car yeah oh and, then, and you have the suspension it's because it stops it it stops the voice stops the music dead and stops the music as well. some people brilliant thing as well like, yeah. it's great at that yeah. it's like uh, some people no voiceovers but it stops being a comedy never bit. know when they try to copy yeah. it how and why like and she stops and thinks and lets it sit for a minute and then she shakes her hands like a really shaky hand towards the start of the car it's remarkable stuff like yeah. that's that that's history in terms of Scorsese yeah. it's history in terms of mafia it's history in terms of American mythology it's really interesting oh by the way it's worth knowing that Ross um, it's argued that Ross again and I hear you can't paint houses so take this with a grain of salt that Ross had final script approval on The Godfather and he was responsible for getting and this is a wonderful touch I love this life imitating art thing that Ross was responsible for getting the actor playing Johnny Fontaine, the role of Johnny Fontaine. Huh. Um, <laughs> delightfully Which is meta. a double blow. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is fantastic. Um, but yeah, no, and I think that there is something, Jay's right there, just about how meaningless all this is. So like the, the way... It that is you meaningless point, though, is Like the, the, the ring doesn't mean anything. It's just... The, that's it, yeah. The, the pin doesn't mean anything. None of and it means anything. The, the swath and the influence he's had over his history. dead. Nope. Like it, yeah, it, it literally specifies at the end where the nurse doesn't understand... Doesn't who Jimmy Hoffa is. Who yeah. Jimmy Hoffa is. Yeah. Who didn't... Who would know who Jimmy Hoffa is? It's Ozymandias. In the real world. It's, yeah, it is. It's look on my, you know, it's Nobody too, gives you some people. Or knows or cares. And nobody knows who Frank uh, Sheeran is, yeah. which is probably the point of the book. Yeah. Like, that, I'll tell them all who Frank Sheeran is. Yeah. And yet, because so much time some passed, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But none of it matters. It, what the only thing that matters is your family hates you. And that's essentially a Scorsese thing, which again, yeah. Which I come back well, to in the much. end, all that matters is, yeah, you're alone. It's very, very good at doing like you're, you're a terrible person. So great. But he does it very he's, simple. Uh, like, he does it very. You have movies that aren't great. You go. After after hours. After yeah. hours is quite something. It's amazing. I go with Hugo. Hugo's great. Hugo's, 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 Hugo's beautiful. I don't like Hugo, but it's oh. been a while since I've seen it. It made me cry. Um, but anyway, so I think we're about wrapping up unless there's anything else anybody else wants we're to talk about. We're about wrapping up 20 minutes ago, but yeah, now I'm done. We still have another 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, that's what this, that's what the plugs and recommendations for <laughs> no, I, I section of the podcast is. Uh, <laughs> it, it is what it is, Darren. Hey. Uh, it is what it so is. So it's for Christmas. Are there anything you'd like to recommend for listeners at Christmas coming up? Some people. Okay, okay so Andrew, I'll let you go first. You wanted to unplug something. Oh yeah, no, I was. Jeez, I, that sounds um, massively rude. Very. Oh yeah, no, no, there's, 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 there's really no need. Um, okay. No. Um, oh, now we're teeth. Now we want to know. No, the, 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 if you were to plug something, plug all you want. Um, I plug something. I plug um, uh, Orange Rex County. Um, is a musician um, that I'm enjoying at the moment. Um, uh, has. Kind of peep, I, I believe it's been released as a single. It's called 10 out of 10. Okay. Um, it's done well. It's kind of, it's interesting because um, I feel like, like I grew up listening to 
Um, like in secondary school and that kind of listening to uh, primarily rock music and we had no kind of interest in anything else because yeah. anything else was sort of lame because it didn't have that sort of edge to it. I don't think men are making very good um, uh, rock music anymore. I think it kind of sounds really naff. I think the, 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 the good point. rock music and the stuff that rocks is coming from women and that men are uh, making... First aid kid. Men are making good kind of bedroom pop, which is what this is. And oh. and, and, and I this sort of can't enjoy it. This is Cansey Phil's reaction. Phil is making faces. Yes, this is Cansey no, Phil's. No, and, and there's lots of Phil is judging us like Peggy. I do like um, a song, Why? Uh, uh, Chocolate Ties. Um, and I can't recall the name of the the artist, but it's a, it's a, it's a good proper kind of men's... Um, uh, sorry, it's a man who, who is rocking. I recently did a thing where I created a playlist of music from the last 10 years so that I wouldn't Ooh. be kind of out of touch. Um, <laughs> and, and I found like I was using a lot of Rex Orange County, but a lot of stuff out of the genre uh, or the genres that I'm generally kind of like um, uh, uh, comfortable with. Okay, so you're branching out. You're yeah, branching. yeah. But, 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 that, that's good though. but that there, but that there was very little of the kind of stuff that I would have listened to in my teens uh, that I would listen to now. From the last ten years, probably because like it's just it, not—it's not comparing. Like it's yeah, probably fallen like, by the wayside. Also, like probably if, because you've changed as well. Well, yeah, but 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 like if if if, if I were going to listen to any of that sort of stuff, I'd listen to stuff from from then. Or yeah, from, exactly. Or from earlier. I'm the same like, way. I mean, I this is why I keep an iPod and I don't use uh, I don't use Spotify because I know the stuff I listened to was good enough the first time. Yeah, but uh, like I tried to, I tried try to kind things. of, I tried yeah. to kind of listen to. I the, tried the rubbish. Now, I tried to listen to the top ten of like no. MTV Two stuff, and it was terrible. It's awful. Or MTV Rocks. I and, love and that we have turned into the Irishman. <laughs> this podcast. No, no, no. But I, 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 goddamn I, kids. I do, I do like new music. But yeah. when it comes to kind of um, proper uh, mainstream, proper kind of like rocking, yeah. I, I've, I've, I, I, I felt like there were, there were, there were female artists. Who had kind of like interesting stuff to say, but that that there weren't really really that much men, and 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 that sounds like a kind of a a, a strange kind of a point to make about um, uh, gender. Really. The, the, I and I'd quite like to be proven wrong. It's, but it's just an observation, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And Phil, what would you recommend? Um, well, I was thinking about this. Uh, I suppose maybe something similar to what we've just been discussing. So I was looking back over like some Scorsese stuff and thinking. What would fit into this in terms of its tone in, in in that mournful tone? And like, Scorsese's done stuff like this before, but to me, the one that sticks out, and I'm waiting to see if Jay will guess where I'm going with this, uh, I'm going to plump for Bringing Out the Dead. Ooh. His 1999 film starring Nicolas Cage as a an ambulance driver who is haunted by the souls of the people he couldn't save. I, th- I actually think this is a remarkable film. It is. Uh, it's very underrated. Fairly recently, about about a year ago, a year or two ago. Uh, you recommended on the anniversary podcast as well, actually. Yeah, I, yeah. I suspect I was grumpily recommending that. Well, at that point, you weren't grumpily recommending. You were recommending it. I recommended, recommending everything there. <laughs> any any other any op- opportunity to recommend it is always going to be welcome. I think it's a, it's great. It's a, one of uh, Cage's finest under. Uh, underplayed performance. It is. And it's a great. genre piece, but really great genre piece. Great he keeps support. himself caged, as it were. In certain ways, But he, yes. no, he actually does. Like, he's, 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 he's allowed a bit of free reign, but uh, it's very much uh, against the, uh, it's, 
is comparative. Yeah. There's Tom Sizemore, Bing Rames, and John, John Goodman. John Goodman. So it plays off both of them. Yeah. So it's all three of them. Like great supporting different. cast, as you see. And uh, Scorsese, Patricia Arquette is in it as well. And um, considering that First Reformed was one of my films of the decade, uh, another great Ooh. script by Paul Schrader. Yeah. Uh, so I would say I highly, highly recommend that. And Jay, do you have anything? Yes, I do. Uh, unsur- <laughs> unsurprising listeners of uh, any kind of podcast in the last few years would not be surprised by this, but uh, I've just ordered the, the Agnes Varda box set from oh, uh, France. We were just talking about Varda earlier on. Yes, and we're saying Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro is... They've heard one of the films. We'll uh, catch him tonight. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I didn't believe that when... Not one of our best films, I have okay. to say. No, uh, not a very good first, movie. It was one of the first films that she was given a budget for. I was never given a budget again. Yeah. Uh, he, but it's fun film. It's not very well, he good. He learned his lines phonetically, you were saying. He did, yeah. In Darren a boat, didn't, sitting in a boat. In I didn't lake. know about this. Darren, Darren did yeah. not believe me. I didn't know. For some reason, Andrew. Yeah. discussed this. We, yeah. we watched it. Uh, well, I do occasionally lie to you. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you lied to each other like Bert and Ernie. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I, I, the box set has pretty much everything up to and including our last uh, film, uh, Agnes for Agnes. And I... Ronan has also bought it because he's been in Paris this weekend. So we'll uh, devour the season on Scott. We'll continue. We'll continue. Oh, uh, we're going God. well into 2020. Uh, I don't watch that. Aside are you from going that, to do, say, uh, are you going to visit bigger, any stronger of Varda uh, performance art? Kind of, I, I, sorry, any of the kind of... Um, is it just going to be movies? It's movies, shorts, uh, ads, all sorts of weird little sides. Oh, nice. In it, like the box set. Box set's comprehensive. But not, not, not any of the kind of stage stuff. Like no, in, no. In, or recordings. Yeah. No. Uh, take it on the road. I've always been saying to Darren, let's take it on the road. He won't I even... Do, I'd love to take it on the road, but I... Darren, Darren won't even take it on the road when he's on holidays. <laughs> like what most Does people... Darren take holidays? Um, like he takes time when he's when he's he's not getting uh, no wait sorry I was going to say you take time when you're not getting paid to work but you get paid for um, holidays uh, yeah as, as, as well all I'll say is uh, that's that's one of the things I'll say like that's the box that I'm getting anyway Perfect. regardless and actually but, uh, just in time for Christmas but yeah exactly but aside from that if I take the variety again because that's the way these things can be um, in terms of kind of media kind of things um uh, I, I really, really want to push uh, personal, which is probably the best thing Netflix has ever done. What is it, sir? Russian, Russian doll. Russian doll. Oh, Russian doll. Yeah. Oh, uh, Natasha Leon. Leone. Uh, it was my hero. Apologies to Natasha. She's fantastic. If you're listening. As an actress and fantastic creator. It's a, I, in my opinion, it's the best thing. I've watched it twice and I'll, and I'll absolutely watch it again. You can watch it in like four hours, the whole thing. And it's, beautiful and inquisitive and strange and really really profound and you might you might not get as much out of it as i do but i'm an old hacky kind of i, lo- I love things to speak to my age and this kind of does necessarily on this kind of relatively speaking my age and uh it kind of speaks to the kind of finality and again again thematically the relevant the as, well, as well is actually really interesting and the idea of like, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do with your life? This one and only life that we have, like, and and, and I really find it interesting in that regard. Um, and I can't stop thinking about it. Like, it's one of those shows. And as a performer, I think she's exceptional. As a creator and co-writer and everything else, she's unreal. And I, 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 I can't. I honestly can't stop thinking about it. Like, if you haven't watched it, you're and you have Netflix, you're doing yourself a disservice. It's 
unreal. And you can watch it in about the time it takes you to watch The Irishman. You can't. It's no, you're right. No, I, it is. It is. Like and, I, and I wouldn't put one against other in the sense that no, no. I'd watch both. Yes. Like, they're, they're both great. Like, uh, but they're both great pieces of art that try to do something. Or you can watch. Like. You and if you watch Burt Young, like, I was amazed to find Burt Young was still alive. I had one of those. He's, that actor was also in the show that, uh, what's his face, Louis. CK oh, Louis C.K.'s one. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, nah, that's not really watchable. Which was a great show. Some people. Not really watchable. How would you test something like that? He is an absolute... Some people. But... Not Burt Young, to be clear. No, Burt Young's great. But Louis C.K. is an absolute... Some people. But I was... Um, I was surprised... No, I had, like, when I was watching Russian Doll, I had a, that actor still live, a reverse 2016 moment. Yes. Where it was like, Burt Young. Yeah. And it's a great scene. Yeah. It's a Some people. great scene. Yeah, he's really, really good. Uh, Philip, have you watched uh, Russian Doll? I'm no. not entirely sure it would be. I don't watch stuff. Okay, watch um, it. You would love it. Yeah. You will absolutely love it. Yeah. For my uh, people, people. Recommend, <laughs> recommendations, very quickly, two quick ones. Uh, one that is on Netflix and is tangentially related to the question of morality as it runs through um, the Irishman. I'm going to recommend The Good Place, which is probably the best sitcom still running on air. It may be the best sitcom of the past four years, depending whether you count Crazy yeah, Ex Girlfriend. Yeah. I think Good Place is probably better. It's a sensational piece of television, really, really well put together, incredibly smart, very God funny. Bless Chidi. Um, it's the whole thing is just I, I really like that. it's I, I really well constructed I think it's it's, um, it's, it's, it's a higher order act like, in the, the highest yeah. sense of things and I mean everybody's doing their end of decade lists and stuff like that and I would argue that Dance Dance Revolution the second season episode is one of the best TV episodes of the decade comfortably if not one of the best episodes ever but the entire thing is very 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 worth watching uh, and very quickly the other recommendation because The Irishman is a trip through a fictional history of the United States so through pop culture and frames by the way we never mentioned that it was paid for by the government of Ireland as uh, well oh, sorry it was a co-production wasn't it with The Irishman yeah yeah no. No, I did, 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 you you didn't see in 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 the credits. Do no. we need to go to the fact machine? Is it too late? We're gonna go to the fact machine. Is it? It's, it, is it too late, Andrew? Sorry. <laughs> or such a fire brand <laughs> idea. You best believe. I mean, like, you, you sat on that for like however long. Three it's like, and a half hours. Some people. I had it written down. Jesus Christ. Irishman. Irish government. Funding. I suspect Irish it's no government of Ireland. I'd be surprised. Oh, I have a sneaky and we're back from the fact machine and the results are inconclusive I'm afraid, about and Andrew uh, had his own Frank Sheeran moment there I think yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he, he did in fairness he did mumble a little bit yeah. there, when he said, <laughs> I tell you why uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the film was uh, I think. Yeah. that's how naive I was I, mean, I thought I, the Irishman but I was saying anyway so I recommend The Good Place and I would recommend uh, because The Irishman is a story of an alternate history of America that kind of charts through the lens of Pulp Fiction I'm going to go with uh, Watchmen which is on television just wrapped up its first season interesting I, I'm up to date with it it's uh, pretty good I man. really like it uh, I did read the Watchmen back in the day I was about to say I was kind of wondering I, no I did uh, I don't remember a lot of it I have, okay. to, I have to go back and check but it's exceptionally produced yeah. like I'm a big Leftovers fan and we sat yes. Darren have talked about the Leftovers is one of the best shows of the decade it's easily. one of the greatest shows of all time yeah. in my opinion like um, it made me cry at least four times which is remarkable for any show and my lower lip quivered once um, you're a monster I am you're a an monster. absolute monster robot 
I cried my <laughs> Some people. eyes out. Um, I don't like dream sequences episodes. Yeah. Oh, the the um, yeah, the yeah, most powerful man in yeah, the world yeah, and his yeah. identical twin. But they work very um, well. But yeah, um, well, I particularly love the identification device that they have to get into the underground bunker. I would agree. Um, <laughs> anyway, Put so it in front of it. <laughs> yeah. We, we agree. Biometric scan, yes. Um, but anyway, so before we go, uh, where can listeners find you guys online? If people are looking for more Phil, a bit more Jay, a bit more Andrew in their lives. Yeah, Phil, where can we get you? They can't. Good luck to you. I, I don't like being part of this kind of uh, can't find me online club with Phil. <laughs> Why <laughs> not? Because <laughs> um, it feels like I have something to hide. No, <laughs> I don't have anything to hide. It's just that social media is evil and you people really should know better. Come on. I don't think it's evil. Like, New I'm Year's not, resolution, I'm, people. Get I'm, off that. Some people. I'm not, okay, I'm not, this turns very hard I'm not clutching my pearls about, about new media. We have such I, lovely I, girls. I just find it poor. I, 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 it's just That's not as good a reason it's just as not any. for me yeah but Ma- Andrew yeah. everybody's logged on who are you protecting you know Andrew what? I'd, they're I'd, all gone uh, pockets think P- of your followers P-O-C-K-E-T if you've uh, awesome. get, get the get the um, get that app it's great no, nobody's going to get that app no you, It'll um, it'll give you like a selection of articles and you can read those articles and there's sometimes interesting things. So and you can curate it to be the kind of thing you want to read rather than reading kind of like jokes that don't really make sense to you on on Twitter. Because you haven't been on Twitter in like in like a few days. So all of a sudden <laughs> everything's all changed. All of a sudden humor is different. <laughs> or on Facebook 10 days later. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a new baby Yoda meme. Um Okay, Jay, right. I know you are available online. I, am. I know that you do stuff online. I will point I out as well, actually, I'd say, for all the demonization of, of social media, which I wouldn't, I do also. Uh, <laughs> Participate in. If I wasn't, like, if I, I wouldn't be sitting at this table. Yes. With the people I'm sitting at. If not for. Like, all of the people I've met, Andrew, Darren, and Philip is on social media. So, you know. For all our kind of negativity, and I and this and this kind of on podcast as well, yeah. it's nearly all social media. It's great. Yeah, we say yeah. that, so, but at the same time, here and I, I some people. Yeah, but, you too, yeah but nobody loves you. For <laughs> whoa, so whoa, that's fine. Like, uh, Phil, whoa, I'm well aware. We tolerate you. Phil doesn't want anyone to reach out to him. This, no, he doesn't. This right, took I, a turn. <laughs> no, I know. No, I'm joking, of course. I love no, the, the, the that the Irishman podcast is like the Irishman. Wanna, Everybody's going to die alone. I just want to make it very that, clear. Like, we all love Phil. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, are God I, only I, knows I, why. I do it, we, we, we all respect him. Uh, my, my, uh, my point being, Andrew, <laughs> is that good things can become on social yes. media. Yeah. It's not all horrendous. No, I agree. A lot of good genuinely good friends I have are from social media yeah. in the last decade and I can't and if you can dismiss that I can't dismiss that like and Jay, I, I, and still meet and chat to really good people and Jay I think somebody should tell him that I, I, I might do that um, anyway I'm but you are at Jay Coyle on Twitter and you also co-host the Scanlon podcast uh, I am <laughs> yes I am now the new host because Darren had to go to a sanatorium for a, a rest uh, but I'd just like to say that it, it, it fits nicely uh, but yeah, I am hosting, and it's really interesting, really weird to host, because you have to research bollocks, and you have to go work into it. We just rock up and talk bollocks. Now I have to research. Now you research stuff. And research and talk bollocks, exactly. <laughs> uh, which is really good. 
But uh, yes, indeed, uh, we we hosted on our podcast. It's good fun. I don't know. You're not going to stop hosting the 250 because I don't want to do it. <laughs> Andrew, you're going to start, <laughs> Andrew, you're gonna have to start researching like a mother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Darren, the new host, uh, host of what, like uh, the ex, um, ex, the ex cast, uh, cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Andrew. Godspeed to you. <laughs> it's, it's a pain in the hole, I have to say. But I kind of like it, though. The responsibility is No, good. it is. And it's, it's, it's really nice just, to have, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. No, and it it's, is. and the, the you, you've inherited a very I'm quite frankly, I'd of, never have done it if somebody had to like, kind of shoved it away, yeah. which I kind of like. And you've inherited a wonderful group of contributors as well. well they're they're pretty also. amazing. Also, um, I'm very sexy on the radio, so, you know. I mean, yeah. listeners know this I mean, already. Listen to, listen to this voice. Yeah. But, you could have this You're in like your that ear. Guy from what well, Black Books, isn't it? Or the the the. the Not um, very Leonard, please. No, 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 no. <laughs> the, some people. Um, Bill Bailey or uh, Dylan oh, Peter Sarafinovitz. Oh, Peter Sarafinovitz. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah. Fran, Fran, what's happening? <laughs> what's happening? I'm, I'm coming, Fran. I'm, I'm, I'm coming. I'm, I'm coming, Fran. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, but I expect this. But yes, I'm on the Scotland podcast. Uh, there might be guests on the, the end of the year and the decade podcast. Darren might be coming back from the dead in that regard. And I don't have to do any research. He doesn't have to do any research. Well, except your own research. Yeah. You will do. Um, but yes. Cool. And then uh, some people, not me, but some people, might say that you can find the 250 online. You can follow us on Twitter, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, wherever they're sold. We'll be back next week because we pushed out our Christmas episode. It will now be our Christmas and New Year's episode, and it is the apartment. Billy Wilder's the apartment with hey, the yeah, wonderful Rena Gregor. It's amazing. Well, okay, no slight spoiler for next week. It may or may not be amazing. Uh, Rena Gregor is going to be joining us for that. Um, then to ring. I'm in... looking forward to watching. Yeah, uh, <laughs> have you ever seen the apartment? <laughs> I mean, this next is, week will be the is, first this time. This is what's that he has called seen... kayfabe. <laughs> um, uh, it's where where you create a fiction. Uh, um, oh, yeah. around the kind of production of things of course I've seen it <laughs> I apologise <laughs> and then the week after uh, the wonderful Graham Day no, no. and Breed Martin will be joining us to discuss Parasite um, uh, the best movie ever made allegedly I'm also looking forward to seeing that <laughs> uh, so it's going to be a wonderful couple of weeks and then in the new totally year not happening. and in the new year we're hoping we might against hope be able to do something interesting or special with Marriage Story if everything works itself out um, so we're very excited about that so that'll be coming I'd out say in well. so if nothing edited. special happens <laughs> you're, you're going to the film right <laughs> I mean I am a Frank Sheeran uh, like of this podcast but thank you very much you ran the film. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, um, Merry Christmas all, and we'll see you Fantastic. next week. Fantastic. Bye. Bye bye. Oh.